trouble with Americans is that they always want a tragedy with a happy ending. <laughs> That's a part of it. <laughs> well, welcome back. All right, this is it. Our grand finale yes. of our three-part year in review of 2022. We're finally going to leave 2022 after this episode. So all our... Know, a, a, lot of, a lot of 2022 talk. Yeah, yeah we, We've been milking it, man. Oh man, I, I think like if we we add it all up, it's almost like eight hours. <laughs> well, holy who, crap! Who knows? I was gonna ask you guys. We gotta be at least at six at this point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, depending yeah. on how long we go with this episode, and yeah, you you guys might have heard another um, new voice. We have a guest today. Ooh. It's Amanda. Oh, Hi, Amanda. thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, You're welcome. Thanks. There we go. You have your own Yay. entrance music. <laughs> Welcome, Amanda. Um, Thank you. Yeah, some people might be wondering, oh, who's Amanda? Like, it's just uh, <laughs> and anybody could be named Amanda. Oh, well, it's not Amanda Palmer. We have no, uh, yeah, Amanda. People might know her from film Twitter as W Mass Liberty. Um, yeah. You're pretty frequent on mm-hmm. Twitter, I notice. Um, and some yeah. of the things I noticed from you is like you're a collector of physical media. Yeah, I'm old. Um, you play video games. Yep. Um, and you post food. Yes. Yeah. And I have yes. birds. <laughs> and you have birds, yes. Um, yeah, I'm an internet it... weirdo. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> and are you occasionally political? Can we say that? Is that uh, something that you... Yeah. I yeah. used to be more political before, like, the world went to hell in a handbasket. So now I'm just kind of like, you know what? Fighting with movie about movies with people on the internet, like, just, you know, is enough for me. So I'll just stick with that sure. for now. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that. I like That's that. That's a lot safer, yeah. I feel. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, it's kind, it's, of, it's kind of like a contained arena, you know? Yes. It's um, a smaller one. Yeah. yeah as opposed to sure. being in multiple. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's why we started a movie podcast. It was kind of like, all right, we're either going to start a right wing fascist podcast, a center left <laughs> podcast, or a movie podcast. And we're like, yeah, hey, let's let's go movies. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, might the as well. We want to go. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to piss people off regardless. Yeah, it's yeah. funny how it has its own factions. I mean, you're more frequent on Twitter than we are, uh, Amanda, and you know about like oh. film Twitter and like how there's horror Twitter and what yeah. are the other ones? Oh, wow. Action Twitter. I, like, I mean, I'm afraid to say some of them, but you know what? Yeah. Who cares? Um, the, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Last Jedi Twitter, because apparently oh. that's a, the only movie that came out in like the last 10 years. <laughs> Star Wars Twitter. Oh yeah, dude. I used to be like, I guess Skeletons in My Closet, like the world's biggest Star Wars fan. And then Disney yeah, happened and that ended real quick. So Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've been very vocal about it. I, I've noticed. Oh, yeah. Like, every time yeah. you express it. and. You you've heard what we've had to say about Ryan Johnson and how we oh, feel man. about the last year. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and it's it's funny because like I remember when you were a guest on um on zebras and like yeah. S- Scott really had to emphasize that you guys were very different in terms of political um, yeah beliefs because <laughs> like, that really <laughs> mattered you know and yeah. you you know because did it really influence that episode like in terms of the movie uh, that you and the movies you were I discussing don't, I don't know I mm-hmm. mean. I would say now, I mean, I'm kind of in terms of my politics, like, I mean, I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but it's kind of like, what circus do you want to be in? And I'm kind of like, you know what, I'm okay right over here, and I'm just going to enjoy my movies and eat my food. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how how Scott yeah. took that, but um, mm-hmm. it was it was definitely a fun episode with them, and they were both sure. awesome to talk to. But yeah, I just remember talking about pizza, which was exciting too on that episode. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, and this is like New England pizza? Are you talking about uh, like Connecticut? No, pizza? not New England. Like, what, 
Well, I mean, oh, okay. the only state in New England that has that figured out is Connecticut. Um, right. And uh, that's New Haven. There's the New Haven pizza cult. Right, exactly. Um, and yeah, otherwise, no, stay away. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. So yeah, I'm very opinionated. So I hope you guys are okay with having me on the show. Oh, no, that's <laughs> those are the types of guests that we're looking for. Yes. <laughs> that's right, what sweet. we need. We need more opinionated people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Feel, feel free to light us up. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, Same. And if you, this, yeah, and I feel like this this episode, you know, we we kind of previewed each other's tens and honorable mentions a little bit. Uh, I mean, I would assume your eleven to twenty are your your honorable <laughs> mentions, and yeah, we can stick with that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and I, yeah, I would say that. Um, yeah, like there, there's definitely some I have opinions about that we might not agree on. So we'll see. We'll see I when mean, we I get can't there. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Good. All right, so I, I mean, you know, for our audience, for our listeners, just to, who aren't familiar with you, who aren't on, sure. frequently on Twitter, um, g- give us a sense, like, what are movies that you tend to rewatch? Like, what are like, oh. those mm-hmm. essential yeah, movies good. for you? Good like, question. Hey. Good question. Oh wow, essential mm. movies for me—that's tough. Yeah. Um, hmm. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm being totally candid. I'm not really rewatching that much these days because I got like a, a watch list of approximately like 6,000 movies going on and that is <laughs> just generally, it increases by the day and I'm just like, I guess I'm just stuck in this hole. Um, but, <laughs> um, a lot of and I have been on this like, um, I like Clockwork Orange, my eyes are stuck open or I guess, um, <laughs> Santa's little helper from the Simpsons of getting yeah, through. Eye drops in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Of getting through the 2022 movies, and so I've just been in that. But if mm. I had to rewatch anything, I mean, I mean, I loved, uh, I mean, Star Wars before it became like everybody, you know, hates mm. each other. Uh, club. Are you a prequel uh, person or kind of? Yeah, okay. and that could All just right. be my age. But um, I, gotcha. I'm not going to say they're God's gift to humanity. They're not. <laughs> I just like, I just like the um, that uh, basically it was George Lucas's passion project that right. nobody told him no when they should have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he was. Um, totally independent right he funded it himself so yeah he got to do whatever he wanted yeah they're not great by any means Mm. i'm not gonna lie there but at least they kind of fit in with the rest of what star wars is you know prior to where we are now like the story is kind of coherent um (laughs) so there's that and the music is good and it's memorable Mm. um where if you asked me about any of the music now i'd be like i have no idea what it is (laughs) so and and there's something very cozy about yes. the first about the original trilogy it's just like the cinematography yes. just like there's something that just like i just want to go back to that era yeah exactly and then i think in terms of other things i rewatch a lot like i'm i guess hollywood pre-code hollywood is probably one of my my favorite things ever and that's just that that specific era in time where um there were no real rules until mm. you know people got really upset and the church did and then you know <laughs> here we are now with the uh, all the different rating systems and whatnot. So I just love that period of time that nobody wants to acknowledge when they're like, "Oh, I, you know, wish movies were as wholesome and as wonderful, you know, you know, now as they were then." It's like, yeah, they really weren't if you paid attention <laughs> right. to like the twenties and the early thirties. So that, yeah, that's also stuff I'd like to rewatch. Yeah, that might come up again cool. a little later in one oh, of nice. my in my movies. So. Oh, <laughs> oh awesome! Sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I won't say. Yeah. <laughs> now you know. Yeah. <laughs> a little tease. <laughs> So yeah. are there any like particular directors though that you you would say like if they come out with a new movie you would like watch it like you would say um I mean I don't want to kind of I guess give away some of my list mm. but um mm. I would say I mean I don't know I mean I think Kogonada is is uh mm. somebody that's kind of newer that I, I like his stuff 
Um, yeah. Columbus in particular, I think like 2017 was, I thought was fantastic. So if he comes out with anything, I'm all about that. Um, I Are you think, a fan like, of his essays too? His, yeah. And then, and uh, Terrence Malick, I guess that's not all that original. Like I love anything Terrence Malick does. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, and yeah. Then, it seems um, to be fashionable to like dunk on him, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean sure. that's what people. It have really been doing, is, especially with yeah those uh, those movies before. Um, uh, what was the the recent one? The war movie. I'm blanking. Uh, oh God. Um. 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 um uh, is uh, the hidden life? A hidden life. Hidden life. Yeah. Why is I thinking yes. quiet life? Yeah. So hidden life <laughs> before that. Enough. Yeah. That, I mean, because yeah, I love. Uh, what I guess you could span it from like Tree of Life, um, yep. uh, to the Wonder, um, Night Night of Cups, Song, and Song. Song to Song. Those four, yeah, just yeah, I love those movies. Yeah, yeah, Song to Song was probably one of my favorite movie experiences because there were people slowly leaving as the movie continued. They were leaving the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh uh, yeah, that was wonderful because then there were less people, you know, eating loudly, and right. being obnoxious. I was like, this is great that they hate this guy. Keep leaving, like. <laughs> yeah, well, mine was worse so. because I actually there was a guy in the theater who just like kept on saying, "Man, this is so boring." Like he was like announcing it oh to the entire theater, and then I had to like yeah turn around and basically says, "Tell them like nobody cares, dude. Like if you don't like yeah. it, leave." Like, yeah, you know exactly like, yeah like, ask I'm not for your lie. money back whatever you want to do just get <laughs> out of here nobody cares about you complaining oh, this, no. this was at an amc he could have like snuck yeah. into another oh theater you know oh like, if he wasn't a fan of it or like tell them hey i just <laughs> want a ticket for something else because that day i actually saw song to song uh in a double bill with uh t2 train spotting <laughs> oh wow um, yeah those yeah, go well together fun, <laughs> yeah really fun double bill you know back in yeah. 2017 that was great <laughs> um but yeah that was it that was just that guy like announcing that you know he was so bored with it and i'm like yeah i just had to tell him that it's like nobody cares man just get out no nobody cares uh, yeah not, <laughs> not to go on tangents but like uncut mm. gems was probably my like my craziest movie theater experience in recent memory yeah. i had a guy get slugged at the end and i was like this this what? fits in with the movie this is great yeah. like <laughs> this is like Dang. an imax experience or like a disney where you have like the you know they're shooting the water at you and the bugs life experience like this is awesome like yeah. <laughs> and then the guy oh, made a run for it and i was like whoa here we go like <laughs> uh, did it just like happen without any kind of like Sound I had or, no idea. Did... Like oh, the wow. credits started rolling, and then some older guy just like mm. uppercutted this other guy that was sitting <laughs> oh next to him, <laughs> and then the guy that he uppercutted wow. just like went flying, and then the old man made a run for it, and like, <laughs> <laughs> and wow. then people ran after him, and I was like, "Yeah, get him!" And <laughs> <laughs> wow, what an experience! So, just oh, Al man. Bundy level mayhem. That's yeah. Yeah, because nothing is ever going to replace that that first time you experience that movie because it's just so no. high stress and like exactly. all that tension. And yeah, because I watched it the second time and it didn't work as well. So with that being yeah. your first time watching it with that punctuating, that's wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. We never, I think we never got back to normal. We were just ready to fight. <laughs> so another reason to go oh, to the movie man. theaters, everyone. Yeah. It's yeah. Experience. Absolutely. That's key. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'll I'll be bringing something similar or something related to that to my dishonorable mentions too. So, oh, yeah, nice. yes. So I think we should get into it. So, um, yeah. Do you do you want to start, Amanda, with uh, your Uh-oh. honorable mentions? My honorable mentions. Yeah, my eleven to twenties. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Lay it on us. 
Okay, so um, I think, um, I don't know, about Gagarine, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think you guys are going to learn a lot, and the listeners that, because I watch a lot of weird stuff, doesn't mean I know any language other than English, so I'm really <laughs> sorry. Um, but I'm going to make an attempt. Um, but um, it is this really cool um, movie um, about a young man living in like a housing project, uh, kind of, I think it's Paris that he's outside of. Um, and he has this, uh, he just wishes he was kind of an astronaut. And then that's kind of just interlaid with them kind of, uh, wanting to get rid of where he lives, um, and, uh, with the people that he lives with. And it's got this really cool, like fantastical, um, scenes of him floating around like an astronaut and Mm -hmm. kind of functioning and living in his space like an astronaut, but it's in his actual like apartment. Um, it's a really cool little weird movie. Um, I don't know if this one's on any of, of your favorites of the year, but uh, R I had is an honorable mention. Yeah, I just heard of it now, and I I, I think it's named after Yuri Ga- Gagarin, if that's how it's pronounced. The the Russian um, uh, cosmonaut. He was like the yes. first yeah Russian cosmonaut, I think, sent yes. into space. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's definitely. Um, I I I think that's I think it's on Amazon. Maybe it's on movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't remember where I watched it, but um, I definitely it's kind of there's another uh, movie that I'm going to talk about in my favorites that kind of has that um, where it ex- it's it's somewhat kind of this blend of reality and fantasy, and that's kind of something I I like, and I think it makes it a little bit dreamlike the movie. Um, I think that's kind of a few of these actually that I'm going to discuss, but um, I don't know why this went under the radar, but it did. And people kind of always say, like, oh, I wish there was something new or something different. This is definitely something different. So, um, Yeah, and who, who directed this? Fanny Leotard, and I think it has another director, and I don't know if I said oh, okay. um, Fanny's name correctly. Jeremy Trulu, I think, or Truly. I can't remember okay. how to pronounce that correctly. But it's 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 cool. there's two directors that did this. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, and Denis Levant is in it? Yes. Is it? The same movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's got a good cast. Yes, it's an I'm awesome. Just looking cast. it up right now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Did yeah, you want um, me to keep I'm... going or stop? Oh uh, yeah, keep going. Okay. Yeah. Um, R R R is another one. I don't know if you guys. I can't remember if you um anybody. Oh, had okay. So yeah, yeah. We're oh, gonna yeah. hold off on that one because uh that's definitely gonna come up later on. Got <laughs> yeah, it. So okay. All right. Yeah. The next one um I had was uh, X the the Ty West movie that everybody's talking about. Um. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yes. Um, so um, I think we all know what that is, but I'm, I'm happy to explain it a bit um, if if you guys want. Um, so sure. yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. All right. Um, so I think if you uh, love the little known movie, the um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you're gonna you're gonna dig this. It definitely feels like it's an interesting lighter companion piece, um, and it's basically just you know young kids going out to make an adult film in the middle of nowhere in Texas, and then kind of you know shit goes to hell in a handbasket without me spoiling things and there was another movie that came out last year as well about um mia goth's uh character so that kind of adds a little extra to this i think um i don't think it's anything all that deep it's just fun and you can definitely feel um i guess like the sweat if you will and the dirt and um it's just i think a, a fun movie to to experience especially if you like kind of grittier horror flicks even though this isn't i don't think it was all that scary i just think it was just a, a fun yeah. experience if you will right yeah it, w- it was very surprising and um yeah they made texas uh well they made new zealand look like texas yes. right like that that's where it was shot yes. and and the reason why it had like a sequel come out in the same year was because they basically shot them back to back 
Yes. Like, I think the idea was, I guess, from Ty West's experience from, like, filming stuff for TV, it was like, hey, we still have this set. Like, uh, why don't you just fund us to make another movie? Um, right. And we'll, we'll make, like, a prequel to um, to X, which is called Pearl. And then there's going to yeah. be a third movie, Maxine with three Xs. So, all <laughs> yeah, the, there's a, a theme going well on. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's it's got a good cast, like... Yeah, Mia Goth is great in it. Like, I totally get people, you know, the how is I don't think her her um, her uh, performance in, in either movie is overhyped at all. I think it's deserving. Like, she definitely is is all in. Um, I just wouldn't say it's anything like mind blowing. I just think it's something cool and fun if you're into those types of movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I think Steve, you would enjoy X. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Great. The, this would be a fun one, and it's kind of related to one of your your ten. Movies nice. too, so yeah, it's adjacent to it. All right, what else have you got, Amanda? <laughs> oh, pressure. Okay, so um... <laughs> <laughs> if you want us to switch up, we can. You know, um, do you want us to yeah. like give one of ours? Maybe let's like trade off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So cool. Steve, give us one of your honorable mentions. Okay. Um, one that did not make the cut. It was like fighting it out for ten. For a long time was beavis and butthead do the universe <laughs> okay um i just really enjoyed you know go- going back into this that silly mid-90s humor it's like a very um self-indulgent time where you didn't have to take anything serious and just make fun of everything and the more offensive the better and I thought the movie was like re- really enjoyable. I probably won't rewatch it. It doesn't have like great rewatchability, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it definitely m- made me laugh out loud a couple times. So you know, that's a an honorable one. Yeah, for sure. I we we briefly discussed it on an episode um, uh, last year, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was definitely enjoyable. You know, if you're just looking for something to put on and you happen to have Paramount Plus, you know, crap, I don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> just put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all, it was a direct to Paramount Plus. That explains why <laughs> I haven't seen right. it because that's totally something I would yeah. watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and then awesome. it kind of tied into them like bringing back Beavis and Butthead for you know, uh, like a, a limited run. Um, but yeah. yeah, it was like they they <laughs> they changed it because you know obviously there's nobody's making music videos anymore. It's so unfortunate. Um, so it, yeah, so what they do end up doing is just reviewing TikToks. Oh God, we really <laughs> yeah, have so declined. The reacted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, that's where we've gotten to. So the the episodes lean more on the you know kind of the the narrative stuff that happens to them. You know, their little yeah. like misadventures. Like I think the one episode that I watched that was kind of funny is like they try an escape room. Oh, you know, and they oh, right. yeah, and they think like that leads to them like being able to score. Oh God, I need to sign up for Paramount <laughs> Plus to... now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do the free trial; it's great. All right, cool. You, like you that's the twentieth all... streaming service. Yeah. I'm gonna have to yeah, have exactly. Yeah, yeah, they thought if you if they can get out of the room, they can score with the the cashier lady who like checked them in or whatever. That's classic. Yeah, right. and then and yeah. then there's also this whole thing of like I guess they need like a a requisite number of people <laughs> to do it. So these these girls they they thought they were gonna get paired with these girls to like go. Oh, that's into... what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, Paramount, here comes my wallet. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah, you can you can like binge watch all of them in a month and then you're done. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Like, I'm just gonna power watch them and yeah. cancel. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. It's fun. It's fun. All right. Okay. So my one is also kind of like a streaming thing. Um, it's actually just a single scene. <laughs> this is. Okay. Oh. It was just so good. Like I, I enjoyed the show, and I think it was real. It kind of went under people's radar. Maybe like people have basically just written off Mike Myers, but I still think Mike Myers has it. You know, and oh. it's the show called The Pentaveret. Okay. And it was on Netflix, and it was a really fun show. Um, I enjoyed it. It's only like six episodes, I think. And yeah, each episode is like 20 to 30 minutes. Um, but there's one scene in it that to me is like an instant classic. And it's a fourth wall kind of breaking scene where basically um, uh, a Netflix like executive interrupts the, the episode and basically says, uh, hold on a minute. Like, I think this scene was a little too, like, rude. There's too much cursing in it. So we're going to show the scene again oh. So uh, without the cursing. So they show, like, the recut edited version of the scene. And it's even funnier, uh, you know, with all the cursing cut out. Um, it, it's hard to describe. It's, like, basically, like, um, yeah. they go into a bar where there's, like, a really foul-mouthed uh, bartender. Who ends uh-huh. up like challenging him to uh, Mike Myers? Char- one of many Mike Ca- Myers characters. Obviously, that's what he does these days. Uh, one of his characters, uh, I think it's his main character on the show. Uh, he's like a news reporter from Canada, and <laughs> they're they're. It's a long convoluted plot, but like basically it leads him to this bar where there's this foul mouthed bartender who challenges him to like a pool game. <laughs> and yeah, I mean that. I, I really don't want to spoil it more than that. But, like, yeah. you know, once you see the edited version of the pool game without the cursing, like, uh, all the cursing taken out, it's amazing. Like, it's just brilliant editing. Like, I'm amazed at, like, I well, I guess Netflix doesn't want to clip it. Because if they did, like, you know how they have that account that's, like, um, Netflix is a joke on YouTube. Yes. Like, they would never <laughs> clip that because, like, it's the best thing in the show. So they want you to watch it. Gotcha. And I can't even remember which episode it was. And maybe it's like episode two or episode three, but it peaks early, basically with that, uh, with that moment. So oh goodness, that's a reverse of people being like, oh, you have to watch like two seasons before it gets good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all set. Like, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just scrabble through it, and then once you get to like the pool hall bar, like, yeah, watch that Stop. scene. It's just, okay, man. I, yeah, I've I've laughed so hard on it. like yeah more than most movies that I've seen last year in that one scene. So the Pentaverit, yeah, it's a it's a difficult title to remember. So yeah. I literally just put it on my watch list. So it's like six thousand and one, yeah. here we go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah. All right. So what what else have you got, Amanda? What's oh, no. another honorable mention? Um I've got um Bresson Donkey movie meets Mandy, um uh, EO. Ooh. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to um to be very much like, wow, what is going on? Is like Nicolas Cage gonna pop out here and like what was gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, but um it's the Jersey Skolmowski, I think is how you say his name movie. With that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that like Criterion I think just acquired and they put on the channel so I could finally watch it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but um it's um definitely uh worth watching and it's a little bit nightmarish i don't think anybody's really described Mm. it that way but it's uh through the perspective of of this donkey and you can kind of tell um that there's multiple donkeys that are eo (laughs) but um (laughs) (laughs) i will say though that uh it is definitely kind of more of an experience um since it's it's through uh the donkey's eyes with uh what he goes through and uh, it is uh, weirdly reminding me of Mandy in pieces, which I don't know if I'm the first person that said that. So I definitely, I definitely yeah, recommend watching Yeah, I think you are. That. Yeah. Yeah, but I, 
I mean, it, yeah, this is an honorable mention for me too. Yeah. Um, it almost made my list. Like it was, it was very close. And I don't know, like maybe if I had more time, maybe it might have slipped into the ten. But um, yeah, yeah I, I, for now, it, it's in my. It's on my honorable mentions, and I was pleasantly surprised by it too, because it's a hard sell. Yes, you know, a movie about a donkey. <laughs> yes, how can you convince people to watch a movie about a donkey, especially even if they're familiar with yeah. the Brisson film that you're referencing, right. which is Al Hazard Balthazar. Yes, um, which like I wasn't really affected by as much as this one was. Like right. I was surprised at how much I, I was affected by it because the Brisson movie is fairly like linear, and you know, um, yeah. if people are familiar with Brisson's style, he has like kind of what some people consider to be very dry kind of um uh, almost like cold um right. approach to it even right. though you know the donkey provides a lot of humanity but skull and mousy style is far from that i mean from the very opening of the movie you have basically like this jittery frame rate and then um the red light which i can see your comparison to mandy with yeah. that um the use of red light and yes. yeah it's just it 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 gives you more of a sense of how things feel, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, the first time, I don't know, go ahead. What, what did you want to say? No, I'm sorry. I wanted to say that it actually reminded me more of the um, Vittorio De Sica movie, Umberto D, than it did oh, the Ahazad Balthazar. Yeah, Cause that. that one's way mm-hmm. more emotional with the dog, even though it's not through the perspective of the dog, but this is definitely right. like, especially the ending. So I guess I kind of spoiled it somewhat kind of, but like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know yeah. if many people have seen Umberto D. That's another one that, like, you know, unless people are, like, checking off all their criterion or, like, their uh, yeah. Italian neorealist uh, <laughs> completist, you know, or a Zika fan, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, the the thing that really impressed me about uh, EO is that it, it gives you just a sense of how things feel. Yes. You know, and I, I think that's one of the best things that movies can do. You know, so maybe I'm I'm even like convincing myself that I should have put it in my ten now, but yeah, it's it's really to me like that's what movies should aspire to is like to give you a sense of like you know tactility and like yeah. kind of um, emotion without a lot of words. You know, I mean, there's right. dialogue in the movie, but it, you know, obviously when you're in, it's in the donkey's perspective, like how much they're able to express. Even one early scene that kind of stood out to me is. How threatened the donkey is yeah. uh, to that stallion that's in heat. Yes. Do you remember that part? Yes, I do. Early on? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you, you get that sense without any words, you know? It's right. like, it's just beautifully portrayed. And, you know, people have made a lot of um, mention of uh, Skolimowski's age because he's like in his 80s. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a young man film, you know? Cause it does. It's like he's, yeah, he has that kind of energy about it you know it's a very dynamic and the constantly movie. the the anim- like eo is constantly running away and it's like <laughs> <laughs> initially like so that it kind of made me feel like you know he's younger to your point than he really is and mm. i mean even though i mean i guess and i'm trying not to spoil this as much as possible even though i probably already wrecked it for a lot of people like mm. uh <laughs> um he's initially taken away from uh an environment that uh, animals shouldn't be in and but he has a bond with with a, a a woman um and the entire movie it's it's longing longing to be back with with his friend and um you can you get that sense of that with him constantly running away and then i think these dreams or these nightmares that the animal has that you're kind of a part of so it's definitely I think the movie's more of an experience than anything. I feel like it's yeah, it's more silent than anything. And I loved even um, a particular scene where he's in like that trailer and he's moving again. He's been sold. He's somewhere else, and you kind of see it from the perspective of what 
the donkey would actually see, like kind of eyeballing him looking out of the trailer and as they pull up to the, the new place that he's at. So there's just really these cool like perspective shots from like first person perspective too with the way the movie's done. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. All right. So Steve, what's your next honorable mention? All right. I think it's yeah, I think it's an honorable mention. Um we kind of shredded blonde on the on the, on the last half <laughs> with Bill yeah. Scur- with the <laughs> venerable yeah. Bill Scurry. Well, yeah. and then and Bill, you know, he defended it. Yeah. Yeah, he actually liked it. <laughs> and it kind of got me thinking, you know what? Like I kind of wanted to somewhat defend blonde a little bit here too and just the fact that Anadarmus's performance is really strong. She kind of holds it together. She's captivating yeah. you even through some of the some of the hard parts. You know, you're kind of there with her, and so I just yeah. want to give her a little love there. Um, sure. And then also, I, I I was looking through the IMDb trivia, and I saw that that uh, Marilyn Monroe, uh, I guess, was a, a stutterer. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. And okay. since I am a fellow stutterer or slight stutterer, I kind of I, I kind of feel a kingship there. So, oh, yeah. nice. Okay. Honorable nice. mention to Blonde there. Okay, great. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have I've I already mean, expressed all my reservations about Blonde, but how about you, sure. Amanda? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say I'm I'm a fan of of Marilyn Monroe, but I have seen I think all of her movies, and there's a lot. I mean, I think Some Like It Hot is like the best thing ever. But like, I do like how it, mm. even though it depicted her, I mean, in a, a somewhat very fictitious light, with uh, but at the same time, kind of gave her, I think, a little more respect than people realize. Like, they actually treated her in the film like the intellectual she really was. Um, mm-hmm. So I I did like that aspect of the film, and I did like Anna de Armas's, uh performance, so I'll give it that. Yeah, actually, yeah, I would agree with that, too. That is one of the positives of the movie, is showing how intellectual she was. Because yeah. uh, one of my favorite photos of her is actually um her, like, sitting down reading uh, James Joyce's Ulysses. Yes. And you know, it's, it's funny how, like, people would look at that and be like, oh, is she, like, just posing with a book? Like, they're looking at it through, like, a modern lens. But no, she actually liked that book, and she actually could understand it. Yes, <laughs> because, exactly. Because uh, that was one of the... She she actually had like a genius IQ, right? Like uh, yes. she had like a one sixty. Yeah, and that kind IQ, of so. and that explains yeah. her relationship with Arthur Miller. And I, I loved the that scene with uh, Adrian Brody uh, initially. Like yeah. When they, yeah, like I thought that that was like I was like, oh wow, good. They're like actually showing you know modern audiences that she just wasn't this blonde bimbo. I think that a lot of people initially you know superficially think she was. So I know that was that was something I I did like about the movie. All right. Well, okay, so my uh next honorable mention, again, I'm I'm going I'm sticking with TV slash streaming. This is establishing a, a precursor for my list, but um I have to give a shout out to the miniseries um uh We Own This City, uh from David Simon, who's um of the wire fame. And it kind of goes back to the world of the wire. Um it's again set in Baltimore. It's about, you know, the cops and the criminals, but a little more focus on the cops, but there's also, I guess, that blurred line of the cops are the criminals as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just incredible performance by uh, John Berenthal. Like, he, and I can't believe he did that and American Gigolo last year. Like, he had two different, like, series uh, last year. And I, I don't know which movies he showed up in, but he's been prolific. Uh, but yeah, he's fantastic in it. And then it, you know, I, I'm, I was a fan of The Wire. So, f- 
to just go back into that world and it's still done in that same style of like having no score like it's all diegetic music um you know it's all about the details like focusing on the the details of the investigation and how these different cops like build up to it and then you know they bring back some of the the wire cast as well but in a very inventive way like a lot of the criminal uh actors who played criminals in in the wire most notably uh Jamie Hector who plays Marlowe in the wire he plays a cop in we own the city so like that i think that was a nice touch yeah and just uh yeah great performances all around and you know it, it it's only a mini series so it's self contained there's not there's not going to be another season of it i believe but uh, it's also based on a true story, so these are actually real people. Uh, but I love how it's able to encapsulate what The Wire did in, I would say, four seasons. Like, the fifth season really fell off for, to me, even though yeah. it does focus on journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just how, like, it shows, like, how people are affected in different levels of institutions. Like, you know, on the ground level, in the, you know, political level, you know, um, in the bureaucracy level. Like, all of those things, like, it focuses on it, and it's brilliant, so... Shout out to um, We Own the City. Nice. And it's on HBO, by the way. Yeah, so the same channel that did The Wire. Nice. I just, I just added it to my uh, my list, so thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I ended up binging it, too. Like oh, wow. it was, It was just so, yeah, it was so compelling. Like, it's, it's brilliant. I guess the other thing that it does that The Wire didn't is that, because um, The Wire is fairly linear, uh, this one jumps yeah. back and forth in time. And it's oh. interesting to see, like, John Bernthal, like, in different, like, how his facial hair grows in the, in, <laughs> oh, you know, nice. during the course of the show. And yeah, it's consistent? So, um, like, they don't make yeah. mistakes where he has a mustache randomly? No, no. Yeah, okay. it's very consistent. <laughs> if, it's like out. a weird look. Yeah, I, I think they tried to make him look like the original cop interesting. Um, who, who he's playing. So, like, it's All a right. weird look for him. Like, he has a, a you know, a kind of a soul patch goatee thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, with no mustache. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it doesn't take away from it. And also, I, I want to mention, too, the opening credits. I mean, the the, the wire opening credits are, were always brilliant. But the one yes. for um for We Own the City is particularly powerful. Like, just to see that, it's, oh, nice. it's amazing. So, yeah. Definitely worth Sounds watching. Awesome. Cool. All right. So what else have you got, Amanda? I have um, up next on my uh, so many honorable mentions is uh, the Pink Cloud. <laughs> I don't know if this is. I think <laughs> it's a really prophetic movie and not spoiling things. Uh, so instead of the uh, COVID nineteen virus, it is a pink cloud that shows up. Um, it was a I think Brazilian sci fi movie, and it is. Uh, really fantastic and i wish more people were actually talking about it um i it's incredibly prophetic to the point that now this woman is stuck in an apartment with a man and they're kind of their lives just as time goes by what changes um and uh even to the point that now they're getting like deliveries through the window because they're under quarantine with this pink cloud and uh, just oh, wow. their quarantine and just them being in this lockdown just continuing to extend so kind of like if you're <laughs> with the covid pandemic where it's like oh it's just two weeks and it's like 18 months later like <laughs> that's kind of this movie um and like i said weirdly prophetic because it's it's pre what we kind of all dealt with when this was made um and instead it's this really weird pink cloud and then uh new characters are introduced and I don't want to spoil a lot, but it really just all takes place within this apartment and then people that kind of get stuck together as all of this unfolds. And it's it's interesting. It's actually really good. I think it's 
kind of one of the only somewhat timely things just based on what we experienced um, that'll actually be interesting as the years go by as opposed to being mm. like all of those you know 9-11 movies that came out where it's like Nicolas Cage right. is this firefighter like it's not <laughs> like yeah, yeah it, it's because I think it's just kind of came around naturally and, and like I said just at a weird time where it was just perfect with an actual pandemic happening so it's, it's a really cool eerie movie just with what its topic is and then you're you're kind of in that small space with these people as they experience it so it's a cool movie yeah I mean I'm just looking it up it's a Brazilian film yep. and um, the reason why the woman and the man are both stuck in the same apartment is because they had a one night stand yes yes <laughs> It's, wow, what oh a premise. They, they, they hate each other really quick, and I'm not spoiling anything. It's oh, fantastic. Man. So, yeah. <laughs> Definitely recommend it. How did you find out about this movie? Oh, God, I don't even remember. I get these, like, as, like, mm. all these, uh, I I, use so many, I think it might have been the Sundance movie, maybe, that I was like, that looks interesting, because I like kind of gotcha. science fiction-y weird things with, like, $10. Um, as their budget, yeah. and I think that might have yeah. been it. It might have been, <laughs> it might have been a Sundance recommendation if I remember oh. right. But um, oh yeah, I highly recommend this. It's it's a really cool movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. Awesome, yeah, for sure. All right, Steve, what's your other honorable mention? Okay, I want to give a little love for Prey. Nice, uh, nice. You know, yeah, the latest in the in the Predator franchise. I thought it was kind of cool to go back in time. Yeah, you know, to take it back. To the 1700s, like uh, and, and it was sort of maybe up, up north, like kind of maybe flirting with Canada because you had some French trappers in there. Um, and then yeah, the ending was fun and yeah. how it how it it ties into Predator Two at the end. Yeah, that Carlos that was a nice pointed touch. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fun and it and it, it just kind of has me think like yeah where else could you drop a predator and make a movie like like could you drop a predator into the renaissance could you drop a predator you know uh into <laughs> like um it's like assassin's creed now <laughs> <laughs> yeah like lasering like all these paintings <laughs> you know just <laughs> yeah oh it would be like last onion the Sistine just... chapel you know it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's man. why the leading tower of Pisa is like that. That's why it's leaning, yeah. Like, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> oh. cool. Yeah, there you go. It was a predator that did it. Cool. Uh, unsettled the foundation. All right. Um, yeah, okay, so I'm still like sticking to streaming, but it is a movie this time around. <laughs> it was a direct-to-Hulu release. Uh, went under the radar. It got a theatrical release in the UK, but here in the US, it just went straight to Hulu. And yeah, it it was really fun. Actually, I think both of you might enjoy this movie. It's called um, All My Friends Hate Me. Oh, I saw that. Um, yeah. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. Okay, you saw it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Like, it, it kind of falls between, like, you know, uh, Ben Wheatley and Edgar Wright, but, yeah. like, not as extreme as either. <laughs> and then it, that, that's the best thing about the movie is, like, it's playing upon this tension, but then, mm. you know, not really a spoiler, but, like, um, Maybe things are being blown out of proportion. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But a uh, brilliant cast. I'd never seen any of them, but um, uh, it was funny because I, I saw this before I saw Barbarian. Oh. And um, uh, the, the actress in that, uh, what's her name? Georgina Campbell. Campbell, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's in both, even though she has a smaller role in um, All My Friends Hate Me. But the guy who's playing the lead, man, he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like he's just so good because it's a very relatable situation. So it's this guy, 
he's basically going on like this country house getaway in the UK. Um, and you know, the UK, similar to like Ben Wheatley and, and, um, uh, Edgar Wright, like the, the movie kind of portrays the countryside as this evil, like potentially sinister (laughs) Mm. landscape where nobody's helpful. (laughs) Yeah, those damn He's trying to find the, yeah, directions. And then, um, (laughs) he, so it's his birthday and they're, they're having this getaway, but all his friends aren't really there to celebrate his birthday. And then there's this kind of uninvited guest that bothers him who's getting more attention than he is and then it's mm-hmm. this whole thing of like am i the asshole type of deal. yeah and it's just well done it's it, yeah like i really enjoyed it and like how it balances that that tone of like just being uncomfortable all throughout mm-hmm. yeah so yeah you saw it too amanda i did yeah it was uh in my uh you know like i said uh clockwork orange eyes open eye drops <laughs> getting through <laughs> the 2022 movies <laughs> Um, but so, definitely, I agree with you. It was it was definitely yeah. a, a fun a fun experience. Yeah, so definitely, Steve, check it out. All my friends okay. hate me. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, great title too. I I also remember. I think the reason why I discovered this movie too was because there was like a kind of jokey interview with the cast. Like it was like some guy who's kind of like um, uh, what's the comparison um. Like I would say, like kind of, he he seemed like a a Daily Show correspondent when it was okay. funny, <laughs> or like um uh who's the one who has a show on Netflix? It's like um her Kunk or something like that. Like the way she does interviews, it's kind of like that where it's just really awkward. And then I didn't realize that it was like a bit that I I thought like okay, this guy's just a terrible interviewer. Um, and then it was like totally in line. I didn't know the cast was also playing along with it because they make it seem oh. like it's like an awful interview but um you know it was like you know the press junket type deal where it's like it's oh, their yeah. like hundredth interview for the day um uh but yeah like I, I didn't realize that it was in the same tone as the movie and then i was like oh okay this is great um all right so uh uh um did you mention something amanda or is it's your turn uh, yeah. <laughs> where are we at i okay. think I'm, I'm losing track now yeah i think <laughs> I it's know. you yeah, because I just did all, all my friends hate me. I don't know if I'm at 11 yet, but I think I'm getting close. Uh, okay. To, to say, so um, my another movie that I had that I was an honorable mention was uh, Decision to Leave, which I think a lot of people oh, uh, yes. put in their uh, top 10, and uh, Park Chan-wook, which uh, makes some great movies. So, like, I think I kept this in my honorable mentions because I, as I was watching, again, this is Amanda's opinions, um, so come at me, I guess, on Twitter, but, like, stylistically, yeah. it is amazing. Like, it yes. looks really cool. Like, the, the shot transitions are just, like, super inventive. The movie is just, I don't know, it's just very fun to watch. Um, and it has, I guess, it's just such a tire trope at this point, but, you know, a good one. Like, very Hitchcock in terms of just the kind of things that unfold and the, the kind of the underlying story and, and the, the thriller, I guess, kind of aspect of it. Um, then the romance and whatnot. So it's it's got a very interesting, I wouldn't say any any sort of new type of story or thing going on. It's just stylistically very cool. And there's not a lot of other movies that kind of do the, the, the shots that this movie does. So it's definitely a, a really cool kind of detective story with a weird death of somebody and then the the man's um that's died his wife and then kind of his attraction to her and then but just the different shots and just the different ways the story unfolds is just it's all pure eye candy the movie um and it's just a really cool experience 
Yeah. I mean, the way it makes uses of screens yes. is incredible. Um, I mean, yeah, the trailer blew me away. Just the yeah. whole investigation of the guy who fell from the cliffside and just how it zooms out from that. Yeah, there's some really brilliant moments in it. This was yeah. actually my um my birthday movie last oh, nice. year. I, wa- I chose to watch this. Like, I didn't realize that this and Triangle of Sadness both came out on my birthday or close to it. Whoa, that's a cool birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I I kind of wish I watched Triangle of Sadness instead Aww. of this one. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. I, I really do think Park Chan-wook is like an incredible craftsman. Yes. You know? like, and I'll, I'll watch anything he makes. Um, yes. And I, I think uh, actually I need to... I still haven't seen Lady Vengeance. <sighs> so I need to go back and watch it. I, I heard of this version. It's like a noir version where basically... Basically, like it, it kind of gradually turns black and white oh, as it progresses. That's cool. I haven't yeah, seen like that the, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The color is like gradually draining wow. through the movie. Um, yeah, and I, it's like that's incredible. Like you nice. know, because I, I saw screenshots from it, and it's just how it's draining out of the movie is just so subtle while you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I, I still haven't watched it all the way through. But yeah, like I just wanted to see it just for that that effect you know i just yeah. wanted to see how it, it worked um but yeah like uh the, it just somehow came up short i don't know if you when you watched it amanda did it have the park chan uh introduction no it didn't because okay. i i think i didn't i unfortunately didn't see it in a theater i'd like to at some point mm-hmm. maybe if somebody does some sort of like park chan wook retrospective or something but yeah. wherever I streamed it, no, I didn't have his intro. Oh, uh, okay. But you, yeah. you, I noticed you posted the the Blu-ray, right? You yes, I, I, a oh, movie okay. released the Blu-ray, and I was like, holy crap. Nice. Like, yeah, I'm grabbing that. Yeah, so. rare for a streamer, right? Right, um, yeah. But does it say it on the, well, I don't know if you have it handy. Does it say on the back if uh, it has Give me a second, and I'll grab it. Hold on. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, while she's grabbing it, um, the intro really sets the tone for the movie when I saw it in the theater. Because um, the whole thing with it is that uh, he's really funny. <laughs> the way he talks about it, he's like, oh, so this movie's um in two parts. And uh, the second part comes after directly after the first part. <laughs> That's how he introduces the movie. <laughs> and it's just hilarious. And um, But the problem is, yeah, I, I feel like the second part of the movie doesn't hold up as, yeah. as well as the the first yeah it kind of collapses you know? a bit unfortunately like yeah the I, I i agree with you which is why i was like this is an old boy i'm so right. sad like because i i love old boy <laughs> old boy's great but i was like but you right. know what though like visually like you're a genius like so i'm mm. all about supporting you of course but um yeah it definitely collapses a bit at the end which was disappointing i found myself like kind of being like what the hell like what did we did we just give up <laughs> Right, oh, exactly. Bummer. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's still an awesome movie and probably better than than most movies that you will see these mm-hmm. days. So I don't mean to like you know say that it's crap because it's it's not, but it's just no. not a masterpiece. Yeah, I don't it just think. falls short. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, Tong Wei is incredible in it. Yes. you know, like she's really and I. She's like an ageless beauty too. She looks yes. exactly the same way that she did in Lust Caution. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> like how. How is that possible? I know. Um, I would even yeah. say The Handmaiden is better than this, too. And I thought The Handmaiden was oh, a really okay. cool movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually have, like, a rare cut of it that I found. Oh. <laughs> underground. Yeah. So um, it, it's apparently, like, an extended cut. What? And uh, I've, been wait, I've been savoring, like, wait, uh, waiting to watch it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, yes. uh, after this episode, uh, I'll I'll point you in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, please do that because um, I thought I was cool yeah. that I got like the Canadian Blu-ray because like at the time it wasn't mm-hmm. being released on Blu-ray in the U.S. and I was like, this is crap. Like I'm buying right. the Canadian one. Um. <laughs> yeah, because it's an it's an Amazon Studios movie, right? Yeah. yeah. They just, like don't care. Yeah, those jerks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I'm, I'm looking at the uh, Blu-ray and I don't see that on here. It says interview. It says introduction with him. Uh, New York Film Festival talks with him. Interview. No. Yeah, no. no Behind the scenes. No, oh, there's no so... intro. Yeah, because it was such a funny intro. Like, you know, but yeah, that's only it. Like, it really set the expectation. It raised the bar too much for the movie, yeah. I felt like. So, yeah, it's too bad. Yep. Oh, well. Oh, well. All right, Steve. What else have you got for your honorable mentions? Sure. I maybe only have a couple more, but just yeah, um... I only have one more actually. So oh no, this is the last one for me. Yeah, right. damn I'm it. Done. All right. Yeah, All right. <laughs> yeah. Amanda's well prepared. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, it's a, it's good. I mean, I don't think I see as many films as you guys, so it's a, it's a real honor to roll shotgun while you guys are able to kind of inform well, me. Well, if anybody life. looks at Amanda's. Uh... <laughs> If you look at Amanda's uh, um, letterbox, like, yeah. um, no, well, not just even a watch list, what she's seen. You're you're pushing yeah. towards 6,000, Amanda. Have you seen it? Like, your stats? Yeah, no, it's a problem. <laughs> like, I need, like, oh, to go man. to the doctor. Like, yeah. <laughs> you should if they ever do a follow-up to that, um, what is that, um, that documentary that just, like, shows all the people who, like, that's all they do. They just go see movies. <laughs> what, what was that called? Like uh, I forgot what that, that oh, movie crap. was called. I know what you're uh, talking about. I don't remember the name of it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it came out like a while ago, but it's like they, they even recognize each other because it's all in New York City. <laughs> That's so bad. And they all go to the same like rep houses. <laughs> I, swear to, I'm, like, I swear to God I'm not in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it's at that point. And then, you know, it, it also asks that question. It's like, do these people work? Like, I mean, you know, some of them are retirees. I wish I didn't stuff. have to work, but that's not me, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, who 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 said that? Like, I think it was um um uh, Truffaut that like yeah. uh what is it? Um, cinephiliacs or cinephilia is like a disease or something. It like is a that. disease because like, my list keeps yeah. growing. Like, and I watch like yeah. one movie a night, and I'm like, shit, I added mm. four movies today. Yeah. Like, this is never gonna end. <laughs> Like, <laughs> this happened. Yeah. 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 Oh, this documentary, I, I just found it. It's called Cinemania. Yes. I don't oh, know. Okay. Yeah, and That's it came awesome. out in two, 2002. Yeah, yeah, I'm not in that. I I've never seen it, but like, yeah, I got to see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. All right. Well, I'll, I'll just quickly mention, want to give a little love to Scream also. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, as, 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 a, as a 90s horror fan. Um, it felt yes. it felt good. It felt good to go back to S- Stu Mocker's house. Um, <laughs> it was fun, you know, to kind of be around. And I thought they did a good job of like reenacting some of the scenes in you know in that requel way that they talk about. Right. Um, and it, it, yeah, you mentioned it on on a previous step. It's just a fun cast. It's fun yeah. t- to see them be able to kind of put new people in, and it still works. It's yeah. you know it's like it's nice. one of the, it's one of the few slasher franchises that always will work because you don't need the same people. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. timely, Steve, because uh, Scream Six is coming out this Friday. I was gonna say it's this That's weekend, right. isn't it? That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. It's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, we're Six. gonna have to uh, cover it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and uh, the only thing though, I guess that's kind of a well, depending on how much of a fan you are, uh, is a quibble is that. It's missing Nev Campbell, 
and it, that's yeah. not a spoiler about like what happens in five, but she I guess there was some sort of um I guess like contract dispute or something, something. like kind of like Stallone missing from. I was gonna Creed say it's like Stallone from Creed weird. three. <laughs> yeah, it's just strange, you know. Yeah. <laughs> At the yeah. same time, it's like it, like it could be a blessing where it's like you know because you still have Barrera and Ortega to kind of hold it mm-hmm. down, and Courtney and Cox. now and now in the future you can like dangle. Oh, will Nev be in this one? You know, there's rumors, you know, and so it's like uh, it just it yeah, just it just yeah. adds to the lure. You know, it's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's a good spin on it. Yeah. All right. Um, how about you, Amanda? How did you feel about Scream Five? Unofficially, it's called. Five, I didn't right? see it, Scream. which is weird because I. Oh. Yeah, like it's it's mm-hmm. in that six thousand and two now pile that we have going. <laughs> on. <laughs> um, but yeah. I really want to see it because I love the original one and a few of them after it. Like I don't really think there's a lot of like god awful ones in the series. Like I think they're all enjoyable just because they lovingly kind of just make fun, obviously of. Um, that type of, of slasher horror film. So I don't know why. I haven't seen it yet. So I'm going to make a point to you because I am somewhat interested in the sixth one. So, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't wait for, for six. Uh, and, I, I yeah, five definitely played a part in it. But, yeah, yeah. and also just, yeah, the cast is great. So that, that, exactly. that makes it worth it. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, my last honorable mention. Uh, oh, crap. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> It's it's gonna be Damn all it. you from now on, Amanda. We're gonna hand the keys. Um, it's one of two Claire Denny movies that came out last year, and oh. uh, this is a preamble. I love Claire Denny; like she's one of my favorite filmmakers. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I I haven't been a fan for the past decade. That's just what Damn. I'll say. Like I you sound like last, Marcus Pinn. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're both. Um. Yeah. We're 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 feeling solidarity here and kind of oh, no. <laughs> being disappointed in Claire Denis. So, um, I mean, a lot of people like High Life, you know, with Rob I love Patterson High Life, actually. Yeah. 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 Mia Goth as well is in it. I, yes. I remembered. I, I, I think I just need to watch that again. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't in the right mind state and I think um, there was something else I saw in close proximity. I think because the year before was Let the Sunshine In and I think that soured okay. on me too much that like it affected yeah. High Life. Um, so I need yeah. to go back to it, but like I haven't really loved the movie of hers as much as like um, uh, White I Material. Mean... Like it's oh, been that yep. long. Um, yeah. yeah, like even Bastards. You know, there's certain things I like about it, but it's just like I don't know. Like I feel like she's really dropped off, and it's funny to mention that this is like honorable mentions. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah. um, uh, her other movie is actually going to come up <laughs> later on. You'll oh. see. But um, star stars at noon. Um, uh, man, so. I I didn't catch it in the theater. It only got like a limited release and then it just went straight to Hulu. It's on Hulu now. Um and uh how do I set this up? It's just um it 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 does feel like it actually is a spiritual like cousin to to white material, you know. Um mm-hmm. uh it it's also set in a country that's like under political strife. It's this uh it features, you know, a main character, a woman who's trying to leave but somehow she can't, you know? So there's, there's this thematic things, but, and then yeah. like, yeah, it, it, there's so many good things about it that it, it, it warrants an, an honorable mention in the sense that, uh, you know, Tinder sticks, like who's been her longtime collaborator, um, with the score. It's a brilliant Tinder sticks score. Um, and, uh, there's one scene in it that just reminded me of how good Claire Denis can be. And it's like kind of this interlude scene that happens where they, the, it's basically about this woman and she kind of falls in with this dude who may 
or not be like a some sort of like gun runner or some sort of political like um, uh, fugitive. You're not quite sure. It's played by Joe Alwyn, who's I think uh, um, Taylor Swift's um, uh, boyfriend. <laughs> they kind of look alike too. It's funny. It's like she, they do look alike. Like the male Good. version of Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and yeah, the the main character is played by Mar- Margaret Qualley. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah, yeah, it's the male uh, Taylor Swift with a beard. Um, but um, that just makes me think of like 101 Dalmatians, where all the dogs look like their owners. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> right? Exactly the hairstyle. Um, yeah, so uh, yes. yeah, it, it they have this interlude. They're kind of on the run, but they end up in this like empty bar where there's still like a DJ playing his set, <laughs> and there's, there's nobody there. Like it's completely empty. Oh, and it's beautifully <laughs> lit, and you know it evokes like one of my favorite endings of Claire Denis. Obviously, is the one in Botravai with Denis right. Levant. Oh, and Beau it, it evokes that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not on the same level, but, um, but yeah, that was just like okay, this is a classic Claire Denis moment. But there was just something about it that what bothered the hell is me. She that doing? This, this is why. Yeah, and it also feels like um. It's like a fan who made like a Claire Denis type movie. Like, oh, it no. like it doesn't feel like it's her, you know. Well, oh damn. She, it's not from her own material. It's it's based on a Dennis Johnson novel, but okay. I think she like she updated it. It's set during the pandemic, so you know, everybody's like wearing masks and stuff uh, like that. That's going to age well. Um yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh but you know, it, it, actually she did a good job of capturing like that uncertainty of that feeling and then you know added to that is the whole political strife and yeah. you know, it's a very sexy movie. It kind of captures like sure. you know, Claire Denis does that very well. It's like how how tactile things are and it, you know, it's it, you can feel like the humidity of it it's set in Nicaragua, okay. so it's like you can feel it, you know, and it's like constant just raining like monsoon okay. it's like set during the monsoon season and then it's humid you know and then um but yeah it's just like uh, that's really it it just feels like it's so below what she's like set up for herself and right. you know I- i've been listening to some interviews with her and she seems to be happy making these movies that she's making that's important you know yeah. um yeah but at the same time it just feels like they don't they're so inconsequential you know yeah. like it it felt disposable it's like i don't yeah. i don't really want to see this again and this is like a weird way to like end my oh, honorable mention you're like this i want to see this ever again it's not a mention yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but um you know it it at certain moments it Wait. casts a spell and it just reminded me of how good claire Denis can be so what one is this you know? both sides of the blade or stars at noon i missed that uh, this is stars with noon. Okay. Um, okay. The other one was bo- both sides of the blade, which is coming up. Got you. <laughs> so, okay. Um, yeah, and uh, oh, okay. you'll see where I feel about that. Oh, All right. Shit. Okay. So Amanda, how many have you got left on your your honorable <laughs> Damn. mentions? Damn. Um, I have one, two. I have four left on my honorable mentions. Oh, four. I'm sorry. Okay. We can. Um, can you just like list it for us real quick, Shh. and then which one you want to focus on? Just let us know. Sure. So, uh, Ling- right, so what are the four? Of course. So, Lingui, The Sacred Bonds by Muhammad Saleh Haroon, and then um, Triangle okay. of Sadness, uh, Ruben Oslund. Ooh, okay. And uh, Incredible But True, the Quentin Depew movie. And then... Oh, yes. I enjoyed that one, too. Yeah. I forgot about that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Top Gun Maverick, yeah. which nobody talks about. So... Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, but that one, I think, may be coming up later. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's save that. <laughs> All right. One. Okay. So that that leaves three. So which one would you guys uh, like to hear about? <laughs> um, I, 
I feel like we've we've talked a lot about how how we like Triangle of Sadness okay. or, or, already. Okay. All right. So, so so maybe let let's break off some of these. All right. Ones. So yeah. Lingui, yeah. the sacred bonds. So um, Muhammad Saleh Haroon. Um, so he is um, a film director from Chad. I believe he's like their only real huge, big, important film director. Um, there's a few of his films. Actually, all of his films are are worth watching. They're just generally fantastic um i would say like yeah, he made them the screaming man yes right? the screaming man durat yeah. um a mm-hmm. season in france um but like durat and i think a screaming man are probably my my favorites of his but lingui the sacred bonds um kind of fits i think it's it's a better movie than like happening that a lot of people are talking about so it's essentially a mother and daughter and then they're stuck in a situation where um she finds out she's like i think she's 15 or 16 um she finds out she's pregnant and in the country they live in um abortions condemned um by the religion and the law so now they have to kind of figure out how they're gonna get her out of that situation and it's a really good mother-daughter story and then kind of a story of our time and then just kind of what they're dealing with in chad um but if if you're familiar at all with that director i mean he's obviously from there um but it's just it 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 has this i don't know how else to describe it and i guess the words i'm using are not good enough but you feel like you're there and you can kind of smell it and and just kind of feel somewhat the experience of just what they're going through and there's just this tension and this emotion but there's also that bond between mother and daughter and how they're going to get through this issue um and it's a, a really it's it's really good powerful movie and i wish more people were talking about it i think like 20 30 40 years from now they're going to realize that muhammad slayerman was a really good film director that nobody really realized at the moment <laughs> um so yeah. it's yeah. it's definitely a, a great movie and i can't i don't know what what service it's streaming on but i would highly suggest you find this movie and, and give it a chance because it's just it's just a, a an awesome experience um Cool. Yeah, and, right. yeah, and then um, I think the since you guys talk a lot about Triangle of Sadness and then I think Top Gun uh, Maverick, uh, Incredible but True is a really cool yes Quentin Depew movie, and he's made some really weird ones like Rubber, um, which is essentially like Attack <laughs> yeah. of the Killer Tomatoes but a tire, <laughs> yes. um, and then uh, Mandibles, which is a really cool movie I liked in 2020 where these two guys that are friends discover a giant fly um not kidding you in the trunk of a car and then they decide that they can teach it how to do tricks and get money for it and it's a really crazy movie it's wild and then i was like you know what i like this one of my favorites yeah the movie was awesome um yeah and incredible but true was this really cool like super low budget time travel movie (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's seen it, but it's like they these couple buys this house, and like the guy's like, I don't know, like there's something really creepy about the basement. Don't go in the basement. And then like <laughs> the wife, of course, gets obsessed with going in the basement because she learns that the more and more she travels and opens his door and goes into the basement, she gets younger. Um, yeah, but it's like thirty minutes younger or something. Something crazy, <laughs> like so something she has to keep doing absurd. it. Yeah. And then, like yeah. the husband is like, "All right, she's just like obsessed with herself. This is freaking crazy. Like whatever." Yeah. And like you kind of, Hell yeah. you see their relationship deteriorate, but then it has mm-hmm. this wild Twilight Zone ending that you do not see coming. <laughs> like, and I don't want to wreck it for anybody, but the movie is yeah. freaking awesome. And like 
Anybody that likes, I want to see this. It's it's insane what like you kind of know what's going to happen because like halfway in the movie they're like, oh god, like like this is what happened when we put this item down there. Oh no, like I don't want to spoil it, but like, and then she's like, yeah, whatever. I like being young. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, she she appreciates the trade off because yeah, yeah, the the other thing about it, you you get younger when you go through this like whole, but then you also lose time because you're moving forward. Like, what is it? One day? Yes. Two days, yes. yeah, something like that. Yeah, oh. and <laughs> so it's like there are it's, it's repercussions. She does but, not care. Yeah, and those repercussions yeah, and are not a, worth it. Hell yeah. Right, <laughs> and then that—that's also why they, yeah, their relationship suffers yeah. because it's like she's never around. Yeah. And then meanwhile, like the husband, who's um played by Alain Shabat, yes. who's great, it like um he's also he's involved in some sort of thing, right? I I can't remember. It was so long ago since I saw it. I completely forgot about it, but yeah. like he—he's also like in some sort of mess, like yeah. with work or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like <laughs> so ridiculous, and you know, I mean, Depew—he's—he really works in like absurdity. Yeah, like, that's what he does. Um, yeah. And some people have accused him of kind of being like one note because a lot of his movies just have kind of that one premise, and then he milks it for as much as it's worth. <laughs> he does, um, but it's but way better really than funny. Nope. Like, I don't want to, like, yeah. destroy anybody's, oh, like, wow. top ten list, but, like, <laughs> this has more meaning and humanity mm. and, and purpose and politics than Nope does. <laughs> so, Wow, I never even fired. thought of that. Yeah, that comparison. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> we'll we'll oh. get to Nope soon. Um, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I am excited to see this. Like, I like a dumbass time machine movie. Yes, like, that's I, what I realized that mm-hmm. after watching we watched uh time crimes oh time crimes is so <laughs> good <laughs> oh and no, like yeah, and like you, you know I, li- I like that it only sends you back an hour and a half so this thing's sending you back 30 minutes yeah that's, that's even better yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have to do it so many times but then you lose so much time in the future too it's just crazy and it's wild that you had two movies last year but i i don't yes. think the other one really it only did like a festival run it's getting yeah. a theatrical release this year which is his take on like Power Rangers, yes, <laughs> and the the yeah the movie's called mm. Smoking Causes Coughing. Yes, I can't. And wait they're to like see called that. the Tobacco Forces. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait for that one too. Yeah. I from what I've heard, it's actually better than Incredible But True. I know, as well, so. I know. I can't freaking yeah. wait, man. Yeah, yeah, and I would say also with Debut's like filmography, like Wrong is like tops for me. Like that's oh yeah. Um, I we don't care. Yeah, I'm We're a very offended. proud owner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and like, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, it it's really hard to uh, uh to come by. I mean, I think it's on YouTube. You can watch it like with ads, but like the Blu-ray is like so expensive. And like, yeah. you know, you, uh, I'm I'm very proud that I have one that I was able to find Damn. for like twelve bucks. Good for you. Yeah, like in a store. Yeah, because like I guess they they didn't know what it was. They were like, oh, it's like a <laughs> dude with like a dog brain. Yeah, you know, um, on the cover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I think it was released by Draft House. Oh, um, Alamo Draft House. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think their their kind of um distribution like wing like that released all these these movies on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Like it, they it, they folded, so all the cop the titles went out of print. Of course, they did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean one of the most expensive ones before until like I guess Vinegar Syndrome picked it up was um Miami Connection. Oh, like that was one of their big releases because you know they discovered Miami Connection, right? Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, but now, yeah, that's already available. What, wrong? Yeah, for some reason, yeah, because it's a great Blu-ray, you know, it even includes, like, um, uh, have you seen it, Amanda? 
wrong? Uh, Miami Connection, yes. Oh no, I mean wrong, wrong. No, the, I've not the, seen the, the that. No. Movie. Oh, you haven't I seen have it. Not. Okay. Well, no. um, the the basic premise of it is just like a guy who's trying to find his dog that went missing, <laughs> and yes. it leads him down this journey of like um, there's like a new agey guy who basically like speaks to dogs and like he has like, this whole <laughs> kind of guidebook. Yeah. yeah, and the Blu-ray That's is fantastic expect. because it, yeah, the the guidebook for the dogs, it it's the it's the booklet that comes with the Blu-ray, so oh, nice. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> so you get like the sample pages of it. Yeah, it, it's so good. Yeah, and it's got Jack Plotnick as the main guy, and it it really captures also just, it you know speaking of like a a consistent theme that we've had over the show, um, is uh Los Angeles plays itself. Yes. Like it really captures that weird feeling of like being in LA and like um, uh, the way it's shot too. Because I, I Depew also shoots his own films, like he's his own cinematographer, which is incredible. Yes. Yeah. Um, he really captures like just this weird like midday lazy feeling that you have in LA. You know, mm-hmm. like um, yeah. So yeah, it's fantastic. So yeah, definitely um, incredible but true. Yeah. And we're definitely looking for towards uh smoking cause causes coughing (laughs) yeah all right so we're gonna transition into our dishonorable mentions which hopefully isn't as long sorry um Um, but the the movie that i actually wanted to start off with because i'm this is gonna i guess say a lot about your criteria amanda of like rating and stuff because i'm I'm really curious behind this so my first dishonorable mention is this movie that a lot of people actually who have seen it loved but i have issues with it it's called um uh, speak no evil okay and i'm really curious about your your rating amanda because you rated it two and a half stars <laughs> but then Did you I? also loved it yeah <laughs> so where do you stand like you love it but like you <laughs> Uh, so, um, did I give it two and a half stars? You did, yes. Yeah, damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think, hold on. I don't know. You know, I'm realizing that maybe I'm watching movies too fast and they're all becoming okay. a blur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did I give it two and a half stars? Damn. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Um, I think... It was because I felt like it was, I'm trying to remember watching it, um, a lot of shock and no depth. Right. Um, kind of just like, I want to disgust my audience. And I'm I'm okay with movies that are, you know, gore for gore's sake, if there's some sort of deeper meaning or, you know, just some sort of, it fits in and it with the actual story. And I kind of felt like it was like, you know what, I feel like my audience is going to sleep, so now I'm going to do this. If that makes any sense. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, talk about like a movie that really falls off at yeah. the end, and that's what it was. Because yeah. I thought, yeah, it really established tension. Yes, very well. And uh, we kind of have to tiptoe around it because Steve, I, I believe you haven't seen this. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Yeah, oh, no, but no. Uh, I think you you might get something from it. It's it's worth watching. That I, was I the remember. ending, though. It was like yeah. I want to disgust you now, audience. Like. <laughs> Because yeah, I haven't so, had your attention for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> right. Um, which is a shame because it really, you know, uh, alongside like an honorable mention, the All My Friends Hate Me kind of establishes that that also like kind of funny, like awkward, uncomfortability. But then it, it goes there. You know, it, mm-hmm. I, All My Friends Hate Me strikes that balance. But then this one, it really tips the scales too much. 
Yeah. And then, oh, man, it's just like, uh, I was on board. I was on board for it until, yeah, and it, it, it's, it also has this thing where, like, stupid character does stu- uh, something stupid, you know, where it's, like, totally unnecessary and it's only in service of the, the plot, yes. you know? Like, um, yeah, and it's just like, oh, man. I'm trying yeah, to remember. That was the, really that was the kid's t- tongue getting cut off, like, right, not to spoil anything, right? I'm trying to remember that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's what it was. It was just like, um, okay. That, hence the speak no Yes, people. yes. <laughs> um, and I was just but, like, um, okay, this is like, yeah. like, now you've lost me. Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. All oh, right. that's when the movie lost you. Because for me, it was earlier. Yeah, I would, no, really... I'd give things a chance till the end, and I was like, all right, <laughs> okay. now we're just cheap. Like, <laughs> Yeah, okay. So just to set the, the table for Steve and other listeners who may have not seen this. Yeah. So it's basically about two um like uh, couples with, with kids, uh, yeah. both one kid each, and they're, they're like vacationing. So one is a Dutch couple, and the other one is, um, are they uh, Danish? Yes, they're Danish. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Danish. Dutch and Danish, so... Uh, you know, they obviously don't speak each other's language, so they're speaking in broken English to each other, which, you know, I thought was an interesting premise to start off with. And yes. it's like they become, yeah, vacation friends. And, you know, it's part of the misunderstandings, too, which, you know, like, I, I thought that was well done. Right. So it's like the vacation friends. Uh, shout out to that movie, by the way, another Hulu movie. I enjoyed that movie with um John Cena <laughs> and Lil Rel. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Direct to Hulu. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it it starts off that way, and then they get invited to um the the Dutch couple's like house, which is in the middle of nowhere, you know. So no tropes um, there. No. Yeah, exactly. And then you know misunderstandings happen, and then uh yeah, it just there's there, a stoning there's too. Not to spoil things for people. <laughs> cool. A stoning? Yeah, isn't there? Don't Do people get stoned to death, or am I? I mean, God, there's like lots of spoilers in this episode. I'm sorry, oh, but like, man. don't people I don't get stoned to death? That. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Oh wait, no, no, you're right. You're yeah, right. Oh, but, isn't that the end? No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I'm sorry. I'm like, I was thinking Lord, of like a... like Old Testament. Like, what are we doing? No, yeah, yeah. Because I was imagining it like somebody's tied to like a stake and being stoned, <laughs> not the way that it happens in the movie. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's like it it it, it carries that tension for for most of it. Like oh, yeah. the whole thing of like they, they get invited to dinner, and then <laughs> you know it's like the the the. Because it's basically the Dutch couple that are kind of rude and, like... Yeah. Um, you don't like anybody, know. though, throughout the entire movie. Like, I think yeah. it's important to say. So yeah, like, they're pretty awful. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's uh, likable. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, yeah, that, I guess that also affects how you feel about the ending. Because yeah. Because, like, yeah, at that point, you just don't care, you know? It's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, like, people uh, stoning, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Yeah, there's just something, like, needlessly cruel about it. It's almost yeah. like it was just, like... Yeah. They they set up the situation first before they they thought about like the character nuances and stuff. Yeah. So you so you're gonna remove that heart from it, Amanda. You're not gonna love it anymore. Uh, <laughs> is that, I think is that, that I think the heart is gone. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been now a, that I'm a slip of the this. thumb. <laughs> yeah, I think I just like movies that are like I have ten dollars and I'm making a movie, and then they're like somewhat mm. inventive. So I'm like, all right, you get a heart. Like you're trying. Yeah. But right. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with mm-hmm. you. I I mean, okay. it, yeah, I just very much I think it ends with a shock value for shock value's sake and mm. I'm just not a fan of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I am curious Steve what you would take w- away from it. <laughs> oh, yeah, god. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh god. I, yeah, I I think it's on Hulu. I I don't know. It's yeah, one of it's on one of the streamers. It's a Disney yeah. movie, I think I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horrific Disney movie. Yeah. All right, Amanda. So, 
Do you have any dishonorable mentions, if any? Um, I mean, I watched a, a shit ton of twenty two movies or twenty twenty two movies. I would say Bullet Train was a piece of crap, and I oh wow, <laughs> okay. I really do not understand why people like that movie. And it's like, I guess you guys have never seen like any sort of like heist or thriller type of movie that takes place on a train, and you're like, mm. oh yeah, I like Brad Pitt, so this must be great. <laughs> um, I yeah. just. I was like already. I was like, yeah, I like stuff like this, and I was like, oh boy, this is a return to form. Like Hollywood's doing these train heist movies again, and I was like, wow, yeah. how is this boring? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like this is boring. Like this is like people fighting and, and basically, you know, like like they do with most movies these days. Like they give away, I think, all the fun sequences in the trailer. So it's like, right. well, if I didn't watch the trailer, maybe I would have liked this a little more because you know these little like yeah. fights that take place are are clearly. Um, told to you in that trailer but um it's just yeah. somehow really boring and kind of nonsensical yeah. and convoluted and it's just really just a bunch of assassins that frankly don't like each other on a bullet train in tokyo and that's the movie and it is somehow yeah. a little over two hours long <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so, definitely way too long it's uh I, basically a piece yeah. of crap so um <laughs> cool. okay. yeah the- did you see it, Steve? Did you see Bullet no. Train? Okay. I can avo- uh, yeah, but I can safely <laughs> avoid it now. So okay. Yeah. Well, I, I would say I probably enjoyed it more than you did, Amanda. Uh, but I, I have no intention of watching it again. Yeah. Uh, I, it's yeah, so it, forgettable. It's just one of those things where it's like it reminds you of like better things that you could be watching as yes. you're watching yeah. it. You know? Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, there's like even a sequence that reminds you of Breaking Bad. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, the whole Bad Bunny like flashback. Yeah. Um. Uh. Or yeah. And then the forgotten '50s movie, which is really cool, and it's a film noir, and it takes place on a train, I think, from like Chicago to L.A., and it's called The Narrow Margin. That's a really cool movie. Oh like, yeah, Richard Fleischer. Yeah. Yes, that's a really awesome mm-hmm. movie, and I'm like, oh yeah, I can't yeah. wait. This is a movie on a train. Thank you, Hollywood. You're remembering that you do cool things, and I was like, 30 minutes in, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> we, yeah, we, we don't know what we're doing. So. Yeah. yeah, it's really squandered because yeah, the yeah. Pre- any premise of a movie set on a train like it should work, you know. It's yes. like um Under Siege yeah. 2. Yes. <laughs> Great train <laughs> action movie. Or even yeah. um I I I actually kind of have a fondness for um Source Code. Yes. You know. Um Or like Runaway Train, movie. the 80s canon movie. That yeah, movie's really cool. Yeah. Like the story like I think like Akira Kurosawa did the story. That movie's awesome. Mm. Yeah, I need to watch that one. Yeah, I, I still nope. haven't seen it. But yeah, it's on my list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's so many great train movies. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, I mean, even um, as flawed as it is, I also like Snowpiercer, you know. There you go. Yeah, Super- Snowpiercer is cool. It's a good movie. It's fun. So for controversy's sake, did you want me to tell you another one? Or did you guys want to keep yeah. going? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. All Quiet on the Western Front 2022 is a piece of shit. <laughs> yes. Yes. It has nothing to do with All Quiet on the Western Front. It should have been called Call of Duty the movie. Like, it had nothing to do with the novel. Like, the ending, the story, nothing to do with the, like, the actual story. The ending and the was totally... Yeah, the it was ending horrific. was not poetic. Yes. Like, I was... I So I went in and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the original from, like, 1930, which is a classic, and it's a great movie, and the ending, yeah. and I guess it should not be a spoiler in 2023 since it came out in 1930, but whatever, so I won't give away the ending, but just <laughs> the whole point of the movie and 
what happens to the main character and what unfolds and how he initially decides to join the front and, and go into the army and just the propaganda involved with it and how it's a complete lie and everything's miserable and it's just a complete freaking nightmare for him and destroys him and destroys his life and that is not the movie. Like, mm-hmm. and it was so disappointing to me. I was like, why is this called All Quiet on the Western Front? It should have been called, you know, World War One movie Electric Boogaloo. It is nothing... with all quiet on the western front not even the television movie from the 70s like is this terrible i'm really happy that you're you're saying this yes yeah i tried giving it a shot yes and i found myself bored and scrubbing through it because i was watching on my phone and i was kind of like what what?" i was Mm. like am i missing something like yeah no you're not should i should i be hooked into this no yeah. You should not be hooked into it. And even even the shitty score, like I don't care what anybody says, but I like this is like this is a horrific score. And you know what? It fits the movie. <laughs> and initially I was like I liked the beginning. I liked the idea. Like when it first started, I was like, Okay, this is interesting. That they're literally recycling the uniforms of the soldiers that have died for the new recruits kind of in this war machine. Mm-hmm. I was like, This is cool. And then that was kind of it. Then, like, <laughs> that idea of, of, of them recycling those uniforms to, to feed this machine. Um, and then it just kind of ended and it turned to a super generic war movie. I was like, that's so disappointing. And, yeah, yeah so it's, it's super sad to me because I'm, I'm afraid that, um, speaking of film Twitter, that people are only going to see this and they're not actually going to see the original film, which I think does a real service and... Uh, to yeah. the actual novel, um, yeah. they're just not gonna bother to see that. I guess because it's old and in black and white. And why would I? Because that's boring. But that's yeah. that still remains the best version of the movie, and it yeah. deserved the the best picture when it got. So yeah, yeah, the old one doesn't have a guy getting squished to pulp by a tank. Yes, that's so. I think no, that's, so it's, what it's, the, that's what. Yeah. yeah, that's that. I guess that makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh, is that practical? I think that's practical." Oh God, <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Um. So I guess is it my sure. turn now for um this sure. armor one? Okay. So <laughs> here's the second Claire Denis movie oh, no. of 2022, Both Sides of the Blade. Yeah, which um basically was my worst theater experience <gasps> of last year, uh, on top of the movie being terrible. Uh, Did somebody get slugged? <laughs> um, no, I wish it was that entertaining, but Damn. no. So here's the thing: like, um, usually, you know, I, I'm, I, I've mentioned this in previous episodes. I'm a frequenter of of AMC. I have, you know, a list. So, uh, I live near an AMC theater, and I usually avoid it. Like, I will drive like farther away, mm. <laughs> just <laughs> to be at a different AMC theater because. Um, yeah, it's just the, it's in a mall. It's basically like, it just ushers in like, you know, the hoi polloi, people who just don't care. And also, um, it's one of the few AMC theaters, um, that they haven't upgraded the seats yet. So it's still the old, like, kind of, you know, the thing that like pops up kind of thing. Like that, that's the kind of seats that they have. They don't have recliner seats there, you know, and we're paying premium for AMC like you know I I want recliner seats why am I paying for these cheap ass seats so that's one thing that's one of the main reasons but yeah it's just like the when I go to screenings there it's just always the the people there are awful and you know I always think like okay if I go late enough like um 
it's a subtitled movie. Like, you know, I go to a nine o'clock screening. Like, that avoids a lot of these people. You know, they're not going to go to see a subtitled movie, a Claire Denis movie. Um, and it, the theater is going to be empty. And when I booked the, the the seats, it was just me and then another guy that was like several rows ahead of me. So it was perfect. You know, like we, we you know, I had the row to myself. Love it. Um, and then uh, just like, I guess, late into like, I think the movie had already started. This couple shows up, a middle aged couple, and they seem to be lost. <laughs> no, actually, the movie hadn't started yet. Actually, it was, it was still trailers. I remember that. And, um, so, like, they, they seem to be, like, disoriented or something. And then, like, they, they walk all the way up to, because I always sit in the back. And, you know, it's stadium seating. So, they're walking all, all these flights up to, like, the back row. And I'm like, are you guys, what's going on? Like, you know, and they're just standing there. And it's almost as if, like, they think that I'm sitting where they're supposed to be sitting or something. And I'm just like... What's up? Yeah, you know, I just asked him. It's like, what's going on? You guys are just standing there, and then the the husband is basically saying, "Oh, my wife has the ticket. She's just checking where it is, or something like that." And I was like, "Okay, but why are you just standing there? Like, didn't you check the tickets like before you enter the auditorium? And it's like dark." And then they they basically end up like sitting like one seat away from me, <laughs> on a completely empty row, and there's like five empty rows ahead of us. And that's where they decide to sit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why? And, you know, Steve, we've discussed this in previous episodes. Like, this keeps happening to me. Like, why do people always book, like, seats next yeah, to me? Like, when there's cursed. so many other choices. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, what is it yeah. about? It? It's like, oh, there's that one seat that's reserved. Let's, like, let's like uh, reserve near that so, so you know, I'm for sorry. warmth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, like, it keeps happening to me. And then... So, okay, th- that's not even it. So, I was just, like, thinking, okay, so, you know, they sat, like, one seat, seat away from me. And, like, okay, they're, they're going to realize they're in the wrong movie, you know, when the movie starts and they're going to leave. You know, it's, like, uh, that's what's going to yeah. happen. But, no, the movie starts and they're still there. Yeah. And then they start talking to each other loudly. Like, not even, <laughs> you know, it's not even, like, the movie's fairly quiet. And they're shouting, talking to each other. It's like, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'll give them the benefit of a doubt. Maybe they're hard of hearing, you know. But do you really need to talk to each other now? Like, this is a thing you have to do? Yeah. And then I even asked them, like, excuse me. Like, can you stop talking, please? You know, like, one seat away from me. And they completely ignored me. Like, they just kept on going throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, exactly. I'm interrupting their viewing yeah. Which, yeah. you know, basically, oh, no, we rented this whole theater. You're just a guest here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is our theater now. Um, and it's just like I was wishing that, like, I only thought of it after that I should have just turned on the flashlight on my phone every time they talk. Like, you know, just yeah. like to catch your attention. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. It's just like you're not even bothering to, like, whisper to each other <laughs> of what else, what you're noticing about, like, what's going on on screen. You know, I, I it's so just like man, I have a so, question. So, yeah. did it ever cross your mind or, like, was it ever an option to be like, you know what, I'm going to move? Or were you like, no, right. by principle, I'm staying here. They need to move. Like, like, that, like That's what, a fantastic what, question. What's your position? Yeah. <laughs> I think I was just so, like, it, it, it was, like, kind of a traumatic mm. situation, you know, where you're just not thinking anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what happened. Like, I, I basically froze. 
where I, it wasn't even like I, out of principle I'm going to stick through this but it did yeah. cross my mind at one point where I was just like maybe I should just leave and you know um <laughs> ask for my money back well I you know it's an AMC reservation so basically I just get the reservation back yeah, it's not like sure. I, yeah. I get money yeah. from it but it's like can you can I just have a different booking to another movie like it it did cross my mind at one point but it was also okay now talking about the movie where the movie actually kind of got interesting <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe I'll stick this out. Because, like, midway through the movie, I haven't even talked about what it is. So, it's basically um great cast. It's, you know, a lot of Claire Denis, like, stock people that she's worked with before. So, it's Juliette Binoche, um, Vincent Lindon, and they're also, like, a middle-aged couple. And it's about this idea that, like, basically, they, they still can't trust each other somehow. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's like their past haunts them and... Uh, Juliet Binoche was basically involved with Gregor Colleen, who's you know who's been in Claire Denis movies from almost day one, you know. Yeah. Um, and it this is the fantastic thing, and that was also I guess one of the things that kept me watching the movie was seeing all of Claire Denis like stock company show up, like mm-hmm. Alice Howery and um, uh, I'm blanking on somebody else who who shows up, uh, Maddie Diop. Yeah. From um from Thirty Five Rums. Like, seeing them, like, kind of older, like, Gregor Colleen, like, you can put all her movies side by side and you see him growing up, Mm -hmm. you know, from, like, U.S. Go Home when he was just, like, a teen kid and now, like, you know, he's he's a middle-aged man as well. Right. You know, it's great to see. Um, uh... So yeah, that that's what kept me like I guess engaged a little bit was that, that that value of just seeing them again, and the the part that like actually I was like okay this movie's now finally it's getting going like I'm really feeling like it's a Claire Denis movie was there's an incredible like party sequence where basically it it shows like all the emotion of like the jealousy and like the attraction that Juliette Binoche still feels for um uh. For Gregor Colleen, like, and, it, you know, a lot of it, the way Claire Denis does is wordlessly, you know, she does it so well. So I was like, okay, now it's going. But then it, it like, keeps, like, going back and forth between, like, so, you know, petty domestic squabbles and then, like, uh, other family issues that Vincent Lindon is dealing with. And it, it it's the type of French film that, like, I really don't like, which is, like, you know, the bourgeois, yeah. like, you know, arguing. And then that's the whole movie. Yes. And, it, you know, again, it's like, Claire Denis, you're better than this. You know? It's like, she is. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that was just the icing on the cake was this middle-aged couple who sat one seat away from me and talked through the whole mo- shouted. <laughs> Through the whole movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, both sides of the blade, man. Oh, yeah. You know what? What's what, what's funny is like before the days of um, getting your seat reserved, mm-hmm. they would they would have just walked in and picked a different row, like immediately. Yes. Yeah. But yes. right. But because of the reservation and because of following the rules and doing, you know, it's like people just lose their mind. Yes. <laughs> Even though it's a completely empty yeah. theater, you can sit anywhere you want. Nobody's gonna yeah. come up and uh, show up here. Like it's like, uh Dishonorables? Yeah. Oh. I have one. Um, if I can squeeze it in here. Um it's a movie that I liked, you know, it's uh the menu, but I realized something I that and I'm sure you, you guys are probably well aware of this already. So, um, you know, the big climax of the menu, um, Anya Taylor Joy she gets the chef to uh, cook her a cheeseburger and it's it's similar it's a similar premise to another movie but it's flipped 
It's a very popular movie. I'm sure. I'm sure one of you guys could. I don't know. Like, does it sound familiar at all to either of you? Uh, that it, that that it's like something about this specific food causes Ray Fines to um, kind of change his tune. Oh, it came out last does year. Does it sound familiar? <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a movie from maybe about ten years ago, but a really popular film. It's basic. It's basically the Ratatouille ending, <laughs> but flipped. Hey, that's true. It is. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> you know it's um it, oh it, instead God. instead of the food critic biting into the Ratatouille, um here Ray finds makes the cheeseburger. Yes. And it's that process that then allows him to kind of like ease up on Anya Taylor Joy and let her go and all this stuff. So. Yeah. Not that it's like wrong or, but it just was kind of like, oh, that's a little, all right, all right. So I don't know. Not, not my favorite. So that's my dishonorable mention. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, is it Amanda's turn? Um, I would agree with you on the menu. I think it was like kind of like baby's first, uh, <laughs> you know thriller with involving food and uh, it was super disappointing because I thought it was just all shock value and it was just re- became silly at some point but um, I guess come yeah. get me internet um. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was definitely having fun yeah yeah um, I mean I would th- I mean I guess glass onion I guess come get me internet like I do not mm-hmm. understand why people think mm-hmm. that movie is good <laughs> It's so superficial and just silly, and it it exists within 2023, so five to ten years from now, it's going to feel incredibly dated, because it's just dealing with current conversation that exists entirely on Twitter or in 10-second videos on TikTok, and it is so superficial that it only has any sort of interest if, if you actually care in any of these people that star in the film and they're all kind of sleepwalking through it and th- yeah. there's no depth in it and it's just just entirely stupid and it just exists for I guess just <laughs> making people on Twitter that are his fans happy like I do not understand like it is I almost fell asleep watching it like it was just so bad and I was like you know what like I really hate The Last Jedi I think it's a colossal piece of shit <laughs> and I am going to sit through this because people on the internet think this is great. So maybe something's wrong with me. And I was like, no, I'm halfway done with this, and fucking nothing has happened. Yeah. And like you know, I'm all for tw- I'm all for Hollywood going back to realizing that this type of movie is great and something that should be made consistently. This subgenre should exist. And I'm like, this is a colossal piece of shit. Like there's. There, and I guess for shock value now, somehow the Louvre has has uh, given us the Mona Lisa, and now we're just because we like to burn things and let things, you know, just 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 go to shit because you know what the past is behind us and fuck the past. Yeah. Like yeah. I was so annoyed at the burning of the Mona Lisa scene because I was like, we're just burning this for for the sake of saying we burned the Mona Lisa. There is nothing smart about this. Like. There, there is nothing meaningful here. We're just a colossal idiot, and this, this script is a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't think I made any sense there, but I, I really think we are an idiot, and we make movies that, and we have a little cult following, and and that is the the glass onion. <laughs> I hate that movie. It's stupid. So, would you say it's yeah. it's worse than Last Jedi, or 
is Last Jedi still? I don't know. I think it exists in the same field of we think we're doing things that are... It exists in that same plane of we think we are doing things that are challenging, but we're not. And, 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 you know, whether or not you like Star Wars, like, I don't care. But, like, it was essentially just different and insulting and to its, its audience... And, and yeah. for the sake of being shocking and, and, and not for being not for being reinventing the story or taking the story anywhere further. I think if we actually were, were doing something new with the story, I'd be more, you know, interested in it as opposed to, you know, just destroying it for, for the sake of, of being shocking, if that makes any sense. Like it is that superficial. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just there's no there's no depth to the story. There's no. There's nothing interesting. There's nothing. There's nothing complex about it. We're just doing it to do it because the internet thinks that I'm 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 cool and, and it's fun and it's it's witty and it's and it's shocking. Like it's 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 be. I don't I don't know another word for the word superficial, but it's just very within the moment. And ten to twenty, thirty years from now, nobody's gonna care. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a classic example of like too too clever isn't clever. Yes. Yes. It's um, not. There's nothing smart about the story. And too and and too funny or too witty isn't funny. Like I like our idea to recast it with like actually yes. comedic actors. Yes. Um it just like if it's going to be silly, have at least have it be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Like I feel like almost nothing happens other than like, you know, oh, um Rich people are evil. They're all bad. And Edward Norton is the evil rich person. And it's super obvious. And oh my God, the ending. He's the re- evil <laughs> rich person. And now we're so rich and evil. The Mona Lisa is burning because we're awful. And that's the movie. And it's like, you know what? Like, why did I sit through that for over two hours? <laughs> over two hours. It's long. Yeah. It's, it's long. long. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Glass Onion. I hate it. So come get me on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, speaking of long, I also want to just dishonorable mention Bardo. I feel <laughs> yes. like I feel like Bardo would have been a really cool sh- sh- series of shorts. Like yes, like if you just had like little vignettes, each l- little section w- is like kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, but it's like you you can't digest that that whole thing. It's just no. it's it's gnarly. No, no. I, I only have really just one more dishonorable mention, and it's not really like <laughs> a, a, a major rip. Uh, it's just really just like a filmmaker that I'm a big fan of, and I just wish yeah. that he did something better because also it's it was a personal story for him, you know. Um, and the details are there and present, and the craft is there, but it just doesn't really go anywhere, and it's like so heavy handed, and like all the issues that people have with it are basically yeah. like it affirms what people have issues with these movies are and I'm talking about Armageddon time uh, Armageddon oh, time I, I guess yeah, yeah by James Gray who I love you know and I'm always excited right. when a new James Gray movie comes out and I, I I defend most of his movies that people like consider or they consider him to be pretentious but this one right. it just didn't quite work like it, it's like uh Damn. uh you know it it there's just like this new historicist like revision of it where it's basically like Mm -hmm. trying to you know it's set in the 80s and like all the details about queens in new york is is perfect in it and the performances are great even though it's just so weird like i i don't quite believe that anthony hopkins is the grandfather (laughs) of this family but everybody (laughs) else is great like jeremy strong and um and hathaway too is fantastic and the kid um yeah i forgot his name but he's fantastic but it's just like 
you know, there's all this Trump stuff that's going on in it, like this foreshadowing, I guess, of the Trumps and their rise to power. What? And then there's um, Trump stuff in it. Uh, uh, just like the yeah, the political aspect of it, of just like there's there's some BLM in it too, which is just like. Oh, oh yeah, damn. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this one wasn't actually. This is going to age well like, too. He, speaking of it's which, it's a weird thing because it actually yeah. happened. Like you know, he he went to a school which basically the Trumps, I guess, basically um, heavily donated to. <laughs> so they would they'd come to the school and like give these talks. No way. Uh, yeah, exactly. So all of that, it just doesn't quite work, you know, because it's like he's he's looking back on it from a modern lens. And yeah, it just it, it feels forced, you know. Um, so like it's just really too bad. So it doesn't quite hang together. And then again, it it's another movie too that f- that falls off at the end. Like he just doesn't know how to end it. So he he just like forces this kind of yeah like uh um uh Deus Ex Machina, which isn't like it's actually making it seem worse than it is. But but you know it's just like it, yeah he just didn't know how to end it. So <laughs> um yeah it's too bad. But yeah, disappointing. So Armageddon Time by James Gray. Oh well. All right. So here we are. <laughs> okay. And this is it. This is the finale. We're we're finally uh, doing our tens. Um we're finally and- at the top ten. So only thirty movies to go, guys. <laughs> thirty movies. Well, there oh, there may God. be some overlaps. Right. So right. um just to establish yeah. the, the ground rules, we, we had shared our lists with each other, uh prior to this recording but we didn't share what number we had it at what rank we had it so that will be a surprise um the whole purpose of us sharing us ahead of time is just like so you know to prepare for what we had to say for each episode so the rule is if we do have an overlap if it's like a movie that we've you know um that we both have on our list we'll mention we'll talk about it with whoever has it higher on their list Mm -hmm. so if i have something at number eight and then say you, Amanda, have it at number two. We'll talk about it when we get to your number two. Gotcha. Cool. All mm-hmm. right. Cool. Okay. So, um, yeah. And also, you know, if you guys just want to have, like, some sort of guideline about how to talk about these movies, um, you can talk about, like, the experience surrounding the, seren- the screening, um, okay. a standout okay. moment, or just your <laughs> overall impression. So feel free. Okay. okay. All right. So, Amanda, since you are a guest, you want to get it going? What's your number 10? Oh, no. Uh, My number 10 is a movie that wasn't nominated for Best Animated Film at the Oscars because it's not Pixar and it's not a family movie. And that is Mad God. Oh, Um, yeah. It's the the Phil Tippett movie that is like 30 years in the making and it is um, something that is I really don't think meant for kids unless you want to upset them. Uh. Um, is not at all. <laughs> it is stop motion animation, and yeah, um, as cool. much as I love Guillermo del Toro, it's um way su- vastly superior to his Pinocchio, which I think is just a really cool movie. Um, just with its appearance and the fact that it's stop motion, but I just think it it has its issues. But I don't want to go into Pinocchio. Um, but Mad God is this basically just an, it's an experience and it's n- there's not really much of a story here other than this um assassin i guess descending into hell um through this diving bell and just these levels of experiences he has which are just totally nightmarish and it's all stop motion animation 
And it's, like I said, 30 years in the making. I think he came up with the idea of Mad God, uh, Phil Tippett, when he was working on RoboCop 2, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. and then recovered and remembered he was working on it like a long time later, more than 10 years later, and then members in his own studio decided they were going to start working on it again, and there were a lot of people that just didn't have the experience with stop motion. It was more CGI at that point, and they completed this movie. And uh, it is definitely an experience. And it's um, terrifying, honestly, even though it's all stop motion. It's definitely a lot of it's unsettling. um, But it is this crazy, nightmarish, experimental stop motion film from um, what I think is a person that's a genius. And he's, you know, worked on, you know, Star Wars, Jurassic Park, the Robocop movies, Willow, so much stuff. He's just amazing creative. And... um, it's a really cool movie and I think it didn't get the attention it deserved this time around. It's in my opinion the best animated movie of 2022. I think it didn't get the attention it deserved because especially America has this idea that animated movies are for children and that's not entirely true. It's a a style and a way of making movies. It's not for, it's for everyone Um, and uh, I think it's going to have some sort of audience years from now especially people that like you know, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and Paul Verhoeven movies like RoboCop, they're going to realize, oh, this is, you know, Phil Tippett's project and he made this movie and the whole crap. Where was I in 2022 when this actually came out? Um, yeah. And it's on Shudder, I think. So it's it's something that's easy to stream, but it is definitely a really cool, creepy um, stop motion film. And it's it doesn't feel like it exists in this time it feels like something that he made you know 30 years ago which is when he started making it it's a really cool little movie yeah he's basically the ray harryhausen of our lifetime yes incredible and i'm glad that he's he's moved and i hope he does more uh i haven't seen this uh but it's on my list i definitely want to watch it i mean yeah from the clips that i've seen of it it's incredible and you know, I love his, his his effects work, especially like Ed Two Hundred Nine. You mentioned RoboCop and the bugs mm-hmm. from Starship Troopers. Mm. Uh, yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah, so yeah, he's he's a genius for sure. It's a very creepy movie too, and there's something about stop motion that's always been a little bit unsettling yeah. to me, especially yeah. um, just because you can kind of see that it isn't living yet obviously you can see kind of those fingerprints of somebody moving that if it was ray harryhausen or if yeah. in this instance it's phil tippett and um it's uh, and this is especially creepy it's it's very much a, a nightmare which is what some people uh, compare it to and there's no linear real story to this other than you're on this i guess journey if you will with this weird assassin just kind of gradually descending these different levels in this in this world that doesn't feel familiar um, but yes, it's, it's still kind of has this primal, terrifying feel to it. Um, and it's, it's just a really cool little weird movie. And like I said, I think it's going to have some sort of following when people realize who it is that, that made this and, yeah. that, you know, he's made, you know, and has his, had his fingerprint on a lot of movies that they love. Like, I think even movies like, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and like Dragonheart even, like he's had some sort of. Um, imprint on right. with with uh, a lot of the things he's created. So I think I think it's just something that's going to get the respect it deserves years from now. Unfortunately for him, but um, it's my opinion the best animated movie of the year. Excellent. Yeah. All right. And Steve, what's your number ten? 
All right. My number 10 is Athena. Nice. Nice. Um, uh, that appears on your list, right? Yes, it does. Uh, it's at my number six. Okay, so, so we'll, we'll to, get there. We'll have to wait. We'll have to wait <laughs> okay. on that one. All right. Okay. So I guess that that uh, moves 10? to me. Yeah. All right. My ten is another cheat, <laughs> and I will just say also. <laughs> yeah, cheat. Um, my list, I should just say as a preamble, um, is basically like I, I have some pairings. I have um, like some that are yeah, basically just. Uh, they're sourced from TV. Like I, I, I drew from everything. You know, I, I'm expanding my definition of movies, basically, of what I, I basically nice. just had like an exhilarating like motion picture experience that that counts for me in my ten. Um, and this was heavily inspired by uh, Keith Ulick, by the way, um, because he, he used to do lists like this where it was basically he would incorporate TV, and they would be um sometimes it would just be like pairings because they're tied together by a theme. So um, yeah, uh, my number ten is a three-headed monster from HBO Max, which is basically three individual episodes from three different um, series. So the first is um, <laughs> the Fielder Method from uh, the rehearsal, mm-hmm. uh, Seven Ten mm-hmm. North from Barry, and uh, Bull Elephants from uh, White Lotus season two on Barry season three. So in the rehearsal, it's the only season so yeah I, I feel like these were like the standout episodes of each respective season and they all had like an incredible moment in them and uh, for the Fielder Method episode it's my favorite episode of the rehearsal Um, it, it really was the whole thing of him just setting up like this acting school uh, and which is the, the, the Fielder Method which I loved had some like parallels with Mike Lee's like method of how he mm. he workshops actors, which is basically to like, you know, base your character on somebody you know, and then you know, kind of mirror them in a way. But he takes it to this whole level where it just like he keeps raising the stakes and layering on top of layers, and he gets involved in it, and he starts like imitating one of the actors who's supposed to be imitating somebody else. And it just like, yeah, it, it's an insane episode. Like, uh, and you know, from a really crazy season. Um, did either of you watch the rehearsal? No, no, I did not. Uh, I know what it is. It's yeah, on my watch list. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really is like, I guess, it will solidify how you feel about Nathan Fielder and <laughs> what he does. Okay, you know, he, it, you know, he's given free reign. Like, he's he's basically like, um the chains are off from like what he had with comedy central with his great show um uh, nathan for you mm-hmm. but like the rehearsal is really him like okay here's a lot and here's a an open sand pit like do what you want you know like that's really and you know yeah and yeah whether you um you question his sincerity about it uh, it's i don't know i'm just curious where the show's gonna go in the second season because it it kind of get stuck in a certain place at one point whereas you think that it's gonna be like Nathan for you mm-hmm. where he's like doing something different each episode and then he starts dwelling on one thing and then that kind of you know I don't know how I felt about it actually even like uh, towards the end of it but everybody made a big deal of the finale and all that and then uh, 710 North from Barry season 3 um, you know it's just like incredible uh, similar to White Lotus you know um it's uh, Bill Hader's baby. Like, you know, he, he's involved in writing and um, directing episodes. And I think he directed this episode. And, you know, he also stars in it. And 
Mm-hmm. If, if you're just going to pick one moment from this show, even without context, if you just watch this one moment, it's the chase that happens on the 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 freeway that the episode takes its name from on the 710 North, which is basically the freeway that um, starts in Pasadena and it goes south all the way to um, Long Beach. And um, okay. yeah, and it, it's just an incredible chase scene. Like it's it's better than a lot of movie chase scenes that I've seen. And there's even like a breakdown of it of like how he he did it. Like there's a lot of invisible like visual effects that were involved in it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also like a great actor um, involved in it who was like I think Matt Damon's like stunt double, <laughs> and he's like, given a featured uh, <laughs> role uh, in in this sequence in this chase scene. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it dropped off mid sentence. That's crazy. <laughs> So where did I leave off of? Uh, did I mention White Lotus? Okay. Okay. So Bull Elephants from season two. I pleasantly surprised by season two. Uh, I mean, nobody was really expecting it too, I guess, because it was supposed to be a limited uh, series. And I think they've removed that now from like the Emmys or something. Like now White Lotus is a proper show. Uh, but yeah, again, Labor of Love from Mike White. Like he wrote and directed every single episode of, of this season. And um, yeah, it's got a great cast. But th- the moment that I wanted to focus on, which also like I felt was very cinematic, it actually pays tribute to a scene from another movie, which is um, uh, it's set in, in Naples. And um, there's a scene uh, in La Ventura where basically Monica Vitti is mm. like watch, uh, walking through like the streets. And it seems like the men are kind of like gravitating towards her. And mm-hmm. she's walking, and they seem to be also like following her. And it's an incredible, mm-hmm. like, you know, Antonio is just so good at these mesmerizing moments. So Mike White pays yes. tribute to that. And there's a scene where Aubrey Plaza, it happens. And I think it's the same location, too. Like, they actually went to that location. Really? Or they found, yeah. yeah, they found a place that was very similar with the steps. And she's walking along, and like, wow. it's like, yeah, this like um, ancient, like, uh, landmark. Um, but yeah, it's an incredible mm-hmm. scene. Like uh, when I saw that in this episode, I was like, okay, I'm sold. And yeah, it was an incredible season. So likewise with oh. Barry. So yeah, that's my 10 is wow. three episodes from HBO max. So I have to ask, cause like <laughs> one of my, one of my favorite things about white Lotus is at the end of each season, I create a power rankings of, <laughs> of the characters based on like the most evil to the least evil. Because like the whole mm-hmm. point, I feel like in the show is like each character they kind of show there's a there's you know a little bit of both. There's yeah. a mix in all the characters. So um, in my ranking, I had I had actually had the the prostitutes pretty low mm. in terms of like you know <laughs> really? like that that evilness factor because I feel like they were just they're doing oh. what they're doing like 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 it's out in mm-hmm. the open. Uh huh. And so Albie's the sucker for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like they have a code, mm. and you know you're you're aware yeah. of the the code. Okay. Whereas like Valentina, the um you know the, the person who's kind of running the hotel. Yeah. She's maybe a little more evil than the prostitutes, because she's kind of like deceiving herself. She's kind of like, um, I don't know, like overly controlling. You yeah, know, she's like very all... mean to Rocco. You know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, at the moment that anybody shows any interest in her, mm-hmm. she kind of like mm-hmm. put everything aside. 
and kind of hone in on that whatever that interest yeah you know that source is i mean she has one of the best quotes in in the show it's like when uh, <laughs> when jennifer um <laughs> asks like what who, who am i like <laughs> peppa pig <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah, man good, brilliant yeah show. all right okay so um yeah i guess uh amanda what's your number nine? Oh no um it is Jafar Panahi's son's movie, his first movie, uh, Panapanahi's uh, Hit the Road. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's this kind of contained um, family in a car road trip movie, except they're um, kind of smuggling their adult son out of Iran into Turkey. Um, and just kind of what ensues on that trip. And it is kind of a dark comedy. Um, also sometimes plays in, uh, kind of a a fantasy. Um, there's an awesome scene involving a discussion about Batman and the Batmobile getting scratched and how it would decrease in value. (laughs) Um, there's also... A discussion about how the greatest movie of all time is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, It's this really cool, fun experience. It's kind of like what I wished A Little Miss Sunshine was. Um, And it deals with uh, kind of the politics and the experience that these people are going through in that country. Right. Um, What it what the sacrifices they have to make in order to experience and actually have some sort of freedom, which a lot of us take for granted. Um, and it's a really amazing movie since it's uh very first film. Um, and it kind of has this really cool, magical um, warmth to it, um, as stressful as I can be at times. And it's, it's a really cool movie. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his dad's movies. I think Offside's one of my, my favorite movies of his. Mm. Um, and, uh, I unfortunately haven't seen No Bears yet, which is Jafar Panahi's movie that came out last year. I just haven't been able to see it and I've heard great things, but, um, this movie I think is really flown under the radar and I don't know why, because it's just a fun little movie that also just has a much deeper and important meaning to it and it's just a really really cool experience and it excuse me a lot is said in this movie without actually saying it you kind of learn more about this family and their love for each other um through this experience on this road trip and it doesn't really tell you a lot of things like you just got to kind of pay attention and see their conversations and their interactions with each other to kind of know what their purpose is and and where they're going and kind of their love for each other so it's 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 a great movie i think um more people should definitely see it yeah i i heard of this one and i mean you know i i didn't know that he was the son of of jafar panai i i just saw that the the last names were similar um but it's just it's amazing that you know like the i guess you can say like the triumvirate of uh, or the holy trinity of um iranian filmmaking of uh panahi and uh yes. and uh Mokmalbaf. like you know they yeah. they all have like filmmaking families like all yeah. their kids are now making movies as well um yes. but yeah i think that uh, yeah when you're talking about yeah. like it like flying down uh, flying under the radar it's like um I, it, it's just i think yeah. with with Karastami's pa- passing a couple of years ago and um 
yeah. it's just like people are kind of taking Iranian filmmaking for granted, which is a shame because like it's such a rich yes. and incredible like filmmaking country, and some yeah. of the most original like storytelling comes from there. Like um, mm-hmm. from the Malbuff mm-hmm. clan, I really love like um, the day I became a woman. Like that's a really incredible film. Yeah. Uh, I'm not as mm-hmm. well versed in Panahi, but I do want to watch more of his films, especially you know. Like the stuff he was making under house arrest. I don't. Is he still under house arrest? Or um, I believe I remember reading he was just released on mm. bail. Um, okay, that's good. I think good. that was like early, yeah, like early February. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, what's what's incredible about him and even his son is clearly they just they just have this this courage and this level of like not giving a shit and doing what mm. they think is right in a, in a kind of environment that that I think all of us just cannot simply comprehend like yeah. we're not in that. So like it gives these movies like this energy that is just I don't know, you know, I can't compare it to anything else coming out at this time. Like it just has this extra life to it and right. um I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's kind of it gives this movie hit the road something a little extra special than other movies that might try to be like this. Like so, yeah. it's just I mean, yeah, like there's there's a lot of guts in this, and and there's a lot more against them than like I said, any of us could could fathom just based on what our situation is versus theirs. So it just it's it's a definitely um an interesting experience. It is incredibly lighthearted for the kind of mm. uh situation mm. that they're all in. Like the fact that they're joking about uh there's this amazing sequence in the movie where it's a father and son just joking about what would happen if the Batmobile gets scratched. It would instead of being worth six hundred million dollars, it'd be five hundred million dollars. And it's <laughs> it's really just it's just so funny. Like yeah. and it's just silly and there's just um, or like there's this dog that's with them on this trip that um, is dying and they're just realizing that one day it's going to die and oh well. And then they just like the father, I think th- that is like has like a, um, he has a cast on his leg and he's just like hobbling around the whole time. And he also has a toothache like and he's joking about it and how miserable he is like ties the dog to this like plastic disposable chair. So there's this one hysterical scene where they're at like a rest stop and he just looks out the window and he sees the the plastic chair just go flying by and he knows the dog just took off and he just doesn't care. Like the movie has like that type of humor in it. Like (laughs) despite what they're all going through. And I think that just gives this extra life to, to Jafar Panahi and his son's movies. But yeah, he's, I think he was released on bail, but it's just this ongoing battle and he just seems to like, have this level of courage that I just can't comprehend in right. terms of, yeah, sharing what it's really like over there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just fascinating, I guess, in terms of the future of, of filmmaking there, because you know it's obviously yeah. heavily censored, and you know they oh yeah, it's almost like that they use that to be creative. It's like that's um the and it's organic though. It's mm, like not forced. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's 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 very very real. Mm. So yeah, all right. And guess where it's streaming, Amanda? Where is it streaming? Paramount Plus. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> well, they already go. got me on what you suggested. Yeah, all right. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're, yeah. we're not shills for Paramount Plus, by the way. <laughs> Just saying. Nah, that is actually the studio I decided to visit when I went to LA. Oh, so nice. I guess you know you guys got like more than one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, from me. That's gonna yeah. come up later in one of my picks. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Why is Paramount so? Uh, yeah. All right. Okay, Steve. What's your number nine? All right. All right. Uh, going coming off of uh, Hit the Road, kind of similar. I'm going yeah. Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Whoa. Nice. Okay. 
<laughs> this one is for the parents out there. You nice. know, we often get get stuck watching a kid movie, and you know, you're lucky if it's at least humorous and has some elements. And this is a a, a a kid movie that also has a musical soundtrack. So obviously, the kids loved it and no. they want to hear the soundtrack. But the good news is, <laughs> um, if if you don't mind the dulcet sounds of Sean Mendez. <laughs> He he is the voice of Lyle the crocodile, <laughs> and he's a great singer. And All right. so and so we, we are listening to Lyle in the car pretty much every day, and it's it's okay. It's pretty right. good. Okay. It'll get you through as 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 far as family movies go. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the book series Lyle Crocodile. Um, no. It's a pretty ridiculous premise, and the movie makes it even more ridiculous. Basically, a family moves into a New York apartment, and there's a crocodile that lives in the apartment. <laughs> but once they realize that the, that the crocodile is talented it's like and friendly, then it's all good. And they, and they okay. become like best friends with the crocodile, and they're trying to save the crocodile. And, um, but I would say the best part for me with the movie is, are you guys familiar with Brett Gelman? Yes. Yeah. He's a character actor. Most famously, he played Murray in Stranger Things. Yeah. Um, okay. And and he's in this as a he plays the the landlord. He's Mister Grumps, and he's just so funny. He's so great. Okay. Um. And so yeah, it's just one of those films where it's like you watch it. It's good. It's good for the kids, and there's a little su- something in there for, for the adults. So. Yeah, it's it's my number nine. All right, yeah, I that definitely stood out to me when I you sent the list, Steve. I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, okay, all right, I can get behind that. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it sounds like a book I would have enjoyed as a kid. You know, I mean, it, it totally. seems like it's totally in line with Roald Dahl and like, um, uh, it's really cute, yeah. uh, yeah. Doctor Seuss, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic stuff. <laughs> All right. So for all you families out there, and yeah, some of our most loyal listeners, they're family people, you know. Um, J- shout out, shout out to Jacob Rivera Jacob, and yeah. Um, yeah. Brandon. Yeah. So yeah. maybe they can watch it Don't with their kids. Don't have them watch Mad God. Have them watch Wild Wild <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah save exactly. Mad God for the late night <laughs> when the, yeah. the whole house yeah. is sleeping. That's, uh, Unless you want him to cry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about going to hell, kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of hell, by the way. <laughs> Uh, that's Ooh, that's a good segue into my number nine. Um, oh. it, it's a movie that I'll never watch again. It was a one-time experience <laughs> mm-hmm. in the theater, and that was it. Um, so, okay. and that's Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, oh. that's my number nine. And I noticed too, hell. Amanda, you've been like. <laughs> You've been doing like a Baz Luhrmann kind of res- retrospective. You've been rewatching yeah, his movies. I've mar- I regretted it immediately. Oh, <laughs> oh my man. God. Okay. Um, yeah, I was like, I need to rewatch and see a few of these that I haven't seen before I watch Elvis, you know, just because I'm a psychopath. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it made me intrigued about Gatsby. Like, I was like, okay, now yeah. I, maybe I need to watch Gatsby now because of Elvis. It's a visual yeah. feast. I'll give it that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I... I mean, I would say I might like his Gatsby a little more than the 1974 version with mm. Robert Redford, Redford and yeah. Nia Farrow. Mm. Yeah. Um, but neither one are fantastic. I don't know yeah. if anything's really done the novel any justice. I think like the lost silent film um, has maybe that one when they actually find it. You know, fingers crossed will yeah. actually do the novel justice. I just think the movie was... I mean... 
it's New York. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. It's The Great Gatsby. And what could go wrong? It, you no, know, it's, it's just it's really cool. The Roaring Twenties, but it's just kind of all flash, no substance, in my opinion. And, <laughs> and that's that's the same criticism that's leveled against yeah, Elvis. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I mean, you know, it's better than Bohemian Rhapsody. But what isn't? Right. So. <laughs> exactly. And, and then the, yeah. the the miscasting of Austin Butler, and isn't he nominated mm-hmm. as well? Like, yeah. Uh, for I was he like, is. What the hell? But, Jesus. Um, yeah. But it's exactly those things about it and I mean I almost paired this with another movie that's gonna show up on my list later on but because they're both like very excessive but the only reason why like I guess I separated the two was because the other one held up after a second screening whereas I feel like Elvis won't like it really was just that that one theater experience and I saw it with like an uncle of mine uh, who's been a guest here on the show JR Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm kind of shouting like um putting on blaster a little bit but like you know uh it, it happened a year ago so he got covid at that screening <laughs> oh god <laughs> that's terrible but, yeah and also like um we actually went to an elvis themed restaurant before we went to the movie <laughs> like we had oh, dinner at, god. yeah because we live near an elvis uh, themed restaurant so we were like oh let's oh, let's watch that's- before watching it and yeah, so that made him hate the movie so much because he was out for like. I a don't blame week. him. Yeah, but it was weird. Like I didn't get it because we were sitting next to each other, and I guess it was somebody on our row, but oh, I, I didn't man. notice like anybody coughing. So it might have been like you know the that asymptomatic thing going around. But yeah, he got it, and I was perfectly fine. <laughs> so yeah. Oh my god! And yeah, I, yeah. I yeah I just had a blast. Like the thing that really like stands out to me with the movie with the excess was just like the the dizzying like revolving camera that just keeps on swinging mm-hmm. like reminds me of mm-hmm. Gaspar Noe a little bit like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's just yeah the, <laughs> the grotesque like Tom Hanks performance is just like oh yeah. man <laughs> I don't I, understand I saw somebody on Twitter say that was like the greatest performance of all time and I was like have you seen 10 movies <laughs> like <laughs> well it was the one of the the costume people of that movie that was saying that it was just the best performance and I was like what the hell like oh man yeah exactly yeah it's like i want to know the other nine movies you've seen (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i thought tom hanks was like beyond this like he you know after like uh, lady killers like he learned his lesson but no he 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 just turns it up to 11 on this and it's just man yeah yeah. the the entire movie it's just all excess and yeah very much so yeah and that's why i can't take it anymore like that was it it's like i (laughs) you know I, i i did the vegas like kind of um you know, appropriate for Elvis, you know, like I went to the heart attack restaurant or whatever that's called. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what Elvis is. You know, you go one time and then, you know, never again. You throw up afterwards and then you're good. (laughs) Yeah, you're stuck in the international hotel and (laughs) no international tour for you. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that's Elvis. Steve, did you see Elvis? No. Oh, man. (laughs) It's an experience. I'll just say that. Cool. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's a wild ride. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So shall we move on? Number eight, Amanda? Okay. Wow. So my number eight is, um, I believe, a debut movie. I hope I'm not wrong. I'm sorry if you edited that out. I think it is her first movie, uh, a Charlotte Wells. Um, yes. And a lot of people are talking about this, so I don't think it's anything too um, different. It's After Sun. Um so after son is the perspective of an adult daughter kind of looking back at a vacation she had when he was she was 10 or 11 with her dad 
um, on a holiday they were on together, I believe on his 30th or 31st birthday um, at a resort. Um, and what's really cool about it is it's, um, kind of has this feel and there's another movie I'm going to talk about, um, very soon where I'm kind of noticing a trend here. Um, it's, uh, family oriented, um, and kind of this, uh, looking back at the past and it has this family video vibe and, um, very much, uh, I guess that, that, that real feel of kind of revisiting, maybe a a a photo album um yeah. but it's so it feels very much like they they made this movie with ten dollars but also that it's very heartfelt and very personal for the director and um it, this really interesting uh, kind of back and forth between um her as an adult looking back at this experience with her dad on this trip and then her on the actual trip with her dad and kind of culminating in the ending with them dancing together. And that's not really a spoiler. It's kind of more just seeing them, you know, her her remembering and looking back on this vacation with her dad. And then kind of the, the fact that her relationship with her dad when she was younger, of course, was closer versus where she is now, where she um, is remembering uh, that relationship she had with him. And it's um, a really beautiful mature movie and it does not feel like somebody's first movie and it's it's kind of uh, a lot of the the um the visuals and everything it's it's very uh like i said kind of almost family video organic simple um but it but it works and it's i like a lot of the uh the cinematography and the lighting and everything it just it kind of flows and it kind of feels like i said like you're kind of peeking into somebody's family photo album and um at the same time it's it's a little bit relatable i think it might be for a lot of people and it was it was a really a really cool experience so that's, that's after sun okay cool nice yeah, yeah um i feel like uh yeah this is like high on a lot of people's lists it's even like yeah. number one i think for certain people um mm-hmm. yeah i i just feel like i i gave it a try but like i it wasn't anything against the movie <laughs> it's really just like it's me. not elvis forget this no it's not <laughs> elvis yeah it just doesn't start off that way. how do how can you follow up like you know filleting a microphone i mean um yeah or the crazy colonel or Tom uh, but uh like, you can't. yeah exactly you can't i mean paul mescal i mean as great <laughs> as he is but uh, he's not he's not tom hanks um but no it's no. like i i really feel like you for me, I just had to be in the right mood for it, and it it just wasn't yeah. time. But I think it, it will. I'll, I'll get there. You know, it's just it's it's not. Yeah. At this present moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's definitely. funny though. You mentioned that memory of like being a daughter and stuff, and uh, yeah, that might come up yes. later on. You know, that's like a theme. So. Oh. All right. Okay. So, yeah. um, Steve, your number eight. Okay. My number eight is uh, another Carlo wreck. Ooh. I feel like Carlo, you recommended a lot of good movies to me, and nice. you have a pretty high hit rate. Like, especially when you're like, <laughs> I think this is one you'll like, Steve. Oh, and this nice. one is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. All right. Um, oh yes. I absolutely like this movie. <laughs> it's a who. It's, yes. it's a who done it with a satisfying build and a satisfying ending. The ending's great. Um, I I, yes. I I laughed. I still kind of think about it. I still think about wow, like yeah. Why? Why couldn't Glass Onion just do just like yes. just like you know just keep it simple, right. and um and they kind of they don't muddy it up. I really like all the characters. I really love yeah. the color palette of mm. the movie. That's kind of a theme. The I've neon, kind of, yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> Glow I, sticks. I, I, I like. 
I, I like a neon-y look. Mm-hmm. Ever since, ever since um, Godzilla versus Kong, yeah, it had kind of a, a, ne- a <laughs> yes. neon-y look. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like that aesthetic, and I think I really like Maria Bakalova. Yes, um, mm. who plays B. She's uh you mm. know she's from uh the, the, I think that her was was her debut her 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 debut her debut <laughs> um uh <laughs> Borat two yeah well that's definitely her breakthrough <laughs> yeah. performance yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. yeah uh yeah from just the small sample that I think we we've, we've had of of her performances I think she's definitely one to watch yeah yeah, yeah. yeah uh, she's awesome and um. Yeah, it 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 just it it made me laugh and 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 it was interesting and I was curious. Yeah, who d- who did it? Who was the murderer? <laughs> oh and yes, then you find out. You're like, oh <laughs> right, twist, okay, though. okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I think that that's always the thing. Like you know, the the air is like drained out of the room sometimes once the reveal happens. But with this one, yeah, yeah I think it was a fresh spin on it. <laughs> Yeah, like yes. literally, yeah. there was a spin, <laughs> something spinning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think also like the you know making fun of podcasting, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, woke uh, speak was I think scene. was pretty spot on, and um, uh, mm-hmm. you know everybody loves Rachel Sennett, and I want to see that movie yeah, that every, yeah everybody was praising um uh, Shiva Baby that movie came great. out a couple years ago, which I, yeah. you know She's they compare it to like different character in that movie, but she is amazing. Yeah, and it, it's like as tense as um un- uncut gems I've heard. Yeah, it's it's I think honestly I think like uncut gems is way more stressful an experience, but. Shiva baby, she's awesome in that. And there's definitely that level of tension that okay. you're like, oh my God, right. like this <laughs> okay. is Yeah. It it's it's an experience, but it's kind of I think maybe a level of tension that hopefully none of us ex- have experienced at a family gathering, but maybe we have. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Okay. I just have a quick question. Is is Bodies 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 an actual game? Huh, I've never heard of it until the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I was curious about that. Mm. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's just something rich kids play, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like when they have all the time in the world uh, during a storm. Like. <laughs> um. Yeah. And just like real, really creative way of using the location and lighting. You know, like they're mainly lit up by their flashlights and their phones. Like I thought that was brilliant too. So, yeah, uh, enjoyable movie. All right, so I guess it's my number eight. I have, um, I guess this is my most like meat and potatoes pick. Uh, it's Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. That's my number eight. <laughs> um, so The Fablemans, did you see this, Amanda? I did, yes. So yeah, Fablemans by Steven Spielberg. Um, in a strange way, it's just like, you know, Steven Spielberg is the biggest filmmaker in the world, you know, one of the most yes. successful of all time, but... This kind of got buried. Like a lot of people didn't go to mm-hmm. see it. Like it had a yeah. weird like release. Like it was like limited, which is strange for him, you know, especially because his his last movie was like such a big Christmas movie. I am um, uh with um West Side Story. So yeah. uh but yeah, it's his most personal film and it took him this long to make it because I guess he was waiting for his parents to die. That's <laughs> a bad way of putting it, yeah. but it was just like, yeah, he he I guess he wanted to honor their memory <laughs> without them being in it. Um, well, the meter round. <laughs> yeah. Um, so bad. But yeah, it it 
I, I was not expecting it to affect me as much as it did, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, I would even say, like, Spielberg was definitely one of the filmmakers that inspired me to become a filmmaker, even though I feel like right. my my approach to filmmaking has, has changed a lot um, yeah. from wanting to be like his, his movies. But, um, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's nice to see him kind of look back and there's this attention to detail. And one of the things that really stood out to me was like when they do the dinner scenes, mm-hmm. like people talk over each other, which I'd mm-hmm. never seen in a Spielberg movie, you know, it's like that. So he's still trying new things with it. And obviously his love for, for cinema like pours through and I, I thought the performances were great like I, I'm I'm kind of hot and cold with Paul Dano but I thought like he was really good in it mm. yeah and obviously by now it's not a secret that at the end David Lynch shows up as John Ford and he's fantastic and that really like puts a nice capper to the end of this movie so yeah yeah um Fablemans mm-hmm. cool yeah so how was it for you Amanda <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was more of David Lynch's John Ford, frankly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because like, that was like the highlight for me. And then I thought that the high school stuff was the best part of the movie. Mm, so for sure. I would have liked a lot more of that. But to your point, like it was really disappointing that it flew under the radar because it's like, do people not know who Steven Spielberg is? Like, It's not a secret. It's nothing obscure. I right. guess he's not doing like you know superhero movies, so nobody gives a shit, which is a real sad state of things if that's the case. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely another, I mean, maybe, maybe the issue is, I mean, I don't know if I agree with this, but maybe the issue is, is that it's Hollywood talking about how great it is and, and making movies. Right. That was really the, the turnoff, but, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was definitely the, I, I mean, I thought Paul Dana was really good. I thought Michelle Williams was really good, especially that, that scene where she's like kind of dancing under the light was, was, was nice. Um, yeah, but, um. I think there were moments that were definitely great, especially something that was somewhat predictable about the kid that was the bully disliking him and then and then liking him when he saw what he did with uh, right. that uh, Trip to the Beach movie, which I thought was a really good scene. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. And um, yeah. uh, I think uh, the principal uh, of this, the high school is played by James Urbaniak, who I love, yeah. you know, in anything that he yeah. shows up in. He's a great uh, Twitter presence too <laughs> yes um yeah so it's great to see him and spielberg collaborate together you know uh, for him to be in Definitely. that movie uh yeah it, it I, it's a strange thing to where i also feel like maybe this isn't a movie i, I need to revisit but maybe mm-hmm. i will but it will take some time and i mean you know yes. the beauty of it is just how also how it starts because uh, i think it's something that isn't really um shown enough in movies is like how you know your expectation of your first movie, well, what that what that's like, like right. he just really captures that, you know, and because uh, yes. you know my my memories of my first few movies, it's always like vague, like it's always like a collective yeah. of movies instead of just one, but it's like that expectation of well, what you're going to see, and yeah, to your point, Amanda, about like you know the people like almost fatigued before it even happened mm-hmm. that all these movies were coming out that were basically like the love letter cinema and they were making you know fun of it and memeing it and all that stuff so it's a shame but you know um uh, all the things that steven spielberg like is accused of of, like being sentimental like i think it 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 belongs in this you know yes yeah it 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 makes total sense so definitely good stuff all right so number seven what is your number seven amanda Uh, a movie nobody's talking about and i'm kind of 
I mean, it's it's great. I mean, it's in my top 10. I really loved it. But I'm a little concerned that it's going to... I mean, honestly, why should I even care at this point? But I think it's going to sweep a lot of the uh, Academy Awards little categories that they're all excited about. Um, and I'm not going to say it's not good, but that's... I mean, there, there's better movies, I think. But this is still great. Um, okay. It's definitely the best movie, I think, about the um, the multiverse. Um, oh. And that is everything, everywhere, all at once. Yay. All right. Yeah. So um, I don't know how much I can say that people don't know about this, but I think every genre is covered in the movie takes place in an IRS building, which tells you another reason why you shouldn't go to an IRS building. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's just a really fun time and a really fun movie. And I think there's only a, a handful of movies last year, if ever, that are like, wow, I had an awesome time at the movies. It was just a really fun experience. Um, pretty much every genre is covered, and I think it really um, honored Michelle Yeoh's, uh, you know, um, experience as an actress, and a lot of movies that a lot of people are just completely unaware of that I have liked and have seen this. Everything she did in Hong Kong cinema, for example. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a really fun movie, and it was really cool that, oh, yeah. um, you know, short round finally, you know, got the attention he deserved. You know, K. Hugh Kwan. Um, yeah. So, yes. yeah, I mean, the movie was. And at times it was freaking hysterical. It was just an awesome time at the movies, and it was a lot of fun. And I think it's deserving of all the praise. Um, but at the same time, I think there's other movies that are as well. So it's a little disappointing that this is kind of drowning stuff out. But, I mean, it is a great movie. So everything, everywhere, all at once. All right. And, Steve, yeah. you saw yeah. this too? I'm conflicted. Yeah, it's on It's on my list. I oh. guess, yeah, I should just <laughs> I should just talk about it now. Yeah, so all right. Yeah, we already did. Since we're talking about it. So, this was my number four. Whoa. Okay. Oh crap! Nice. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, it's uh, so yeah, you, you you said it was a great uh movie watching experience. Yes. I saw it on an airplane. Splitting oh wow. Earbuds, spitting, uh, splitting earbuds, yeah. rather, with my wife. Mm-hmm. And so we were both just kind of locked in watching it, and we loved it. Like, yeah. it's it's you know captivating from start to finish, just like mm-hmm. you mentioned. K. Mm-hmm. Hugh Kwan is just so dang cute, so yes. charming. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and I, I had a lot of nostalgia and emotions seeing Michelle Yeoh kind of kick ass again. I don't know. Yes. It's just like, yeah, it's um, she's so versatile. Seeing her be a star in the movie, you know, like at one point, you know, she's like a movie star and, and, and another time she's an action star and then she's a mom and then she's dating. Yeah. Yep. It's just like so. It's so cool. You, yeah. you just like root for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the only, my only knock of why it's it's not higher on my list is I don't really, I don't really care to rewatch it. I don't know if it's like, really? if I if I have the pull to be able to watch it again. But it's <laughs> in your top five. <laughs> That's crazy. It's number yeah. four. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's be, yeah. Be, because of how much I, I I really enjoyed it the first time. Okay. It's a great movie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I guess I'm the the party pooper here. <laughs> I'm the one yeah, like who's crap. No, I mean I don't think it was crap, <laughs> but like I'm definitely I just wasn't sold on it. Like I just really uh-huh. yeah. Uh, I I think and I I I gave it another chance. Like I I watched it yeah. again, and yeah. it's just I think my problem with it is really that. It's just trying to do too much. I know that's the title of the movie. It's everything. The, yeah, Everywhere but all like, at once. You know, Hello? I'm praising Elvis for its success and another movie that's coming up for its success. Yeah. But 
for some reason it didn't work for me here like the maximization mm -hmm. and i think uh, the second viewing really solidified it for me which is basically that i don't like things being explained to me all yeah. at once <laughs> yeah oh, <laughs> all man. at once yeah and that that was the thing <laughs> i i don't like exposition like i wish movies uh. would have less of them and this yeah. one had too much, you know. It's basically that's the whole. You're Kim like, Kwan I hate hot dog fingers. Either, forget yeah, this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the yeah. quirk, all of that. Yeah, it just you, rubbed me the wrong way. It really damn did. pet and, rocks. Yeah, the rakakui thing, oh, man. You know, rat <laughs> oh, you know, it almost sell for a hundred thousand dollars at auction, oh, rakakuni, yeah. <laughs> and I was the the psycho that was like, I might bid on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it was just like I was so excited for this um, uh, when the trailer dropped. You know, it's like um, mm -hmm. I just remember too. I think it was like uh, this also affected my my experience of it. It was like it was the the basically the climax of all these early movies that were coming out at the beginning of the year that seemed yeah. original and i was like yeah. oh man like you know 2022 <laughs> it's like we got like uh i don't know if you guys even still remember this movie big gold brick no <laughs> like, nobody even remembers it but it was like it no. presented itself as a very quirky original movie very okay. disappointing and then the nick cage movie came out the unbearable <laughs> Um, yeah. whatever, talent, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, weight of massive talent. And I thought, okay, yeah. and then, and then it finally led to this. And then I was just like, it was like, oh man, like I'm, I'm not enjoying any of these original movies, even though it's like, mm -hmm. that's what we all like cry out for, right? Like, let's, yes. let's have new, fresh movies. Uh, yeah, exactly. And this might yeah. be it. And you know, that, that is the thing. Like we also scheduled this this episode to be like leading up to the Oscars and you know there's a lot of talk of it potentially winning big yeah um, those jerks yeah <laughs> yeah I hate and the I, academy yeah that's exactly topic. yeah <laughs> that's a whole nother thing yeah that's why we're presenting like our alternate <laughs> list yeah to, uh, in time for the Oscars like there's more to their 11 nominees that they're doing now but uh yeah it's just like I, I i'm one of the people that was just like yeah this isn't really for me like um <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm i'm not yeah, yeah i'm not it's understandable bigger. yeah yeah all right so what number are we on are we on number seven? Oh, it's my number seven <laughs> yeah okay so again actually another movie that's of excess <laughs> that but it's I not everything need. ever all at once no so. that isn't uh, it's uh, Michael Bay's Ambulance. <laughs> oh, hold on. You like Ambulance more than everything ever all at once? <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, Ambulance. Steve, oh. help me. <laughs> um, I don't know Ambulance. Oh, man. Oh, Steve. All right. So I'm going to need an Ambulance. Okay. <laughs> we got to we put you in an Ambulance. We got to yeah. trace the lineage of this movie. All right. Okay. So first we had Hold heat. on. <laughs> Michael Mann's he has 10 nominations for oh, what for what lots of ambulances yeah technical stuff <laughs> and it's probably yeah, every the, technical the, category but wrong like shots of ambulances Indian Film Journal Association something like uh, that. okay like, not the Oscars uh, but um, no. Yeah, no it would sweep the no. Oscars for me <laughs> at number 7 <laughs> all the, the MTV give, movie awards yeah, give the all the technical yeah exactly best kiss <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think there is a kiss in the movie, um, but um, no oh, man, I just enjoyed it. Like uh, it's off screen. Yeah, the yeah. thing is, I, I I was definitely when it was like fashionable to hate on Michael Bay. I was definitely part of that. Hold crowd. on, those days ended. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people are coming around now. Oh, um, those jerks. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and I think it really started with um with Bad Boys Two. Like that was the oh, one where yeah, people were like, "Oh, what the hell is this?" Especially yeah, the the infamous morgue scene. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I I also started to you know because I enjoyed the first Bad Boys and um. You know, yeah, the, the Rock yeah. is fun. You know, it's like Armageddon. I mean, actually, I think was really what the start for me. I was like, yeah, this is corny shit. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the Transformers movies, and then I actually liked Six Underground again. But the problem, the fatal flaw, was that there's too much exposition in that one too. You know, yeah. too much explanation of their past and all that. And I know that's essential mm. to like them like starting over in their identities. But I would rather not know what who they were. But with this one again, it's just like it moves at a clip. Like it pretty much like gets started once you yeah, get it's all over the two hours of a clip. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's plenty of criticism too of like how like badly edited it is. Like you know like yeah. there's a drone shot where there's like an unnecessary cut. It's like why cut that drone shot where it's like going straight down a building. It looks like because he was told he had to cut something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just for the sake of cutting. Like let's just yes. cut it there like randomly. Yeah. I'm I'm not denying that Michael Bay is an inept filmmaker. Like you know, he, yes. he's like Tony Scott light, basically. Yeah, uh, I, I think even like very Edgar, light. Yeah, Edgar Wright like making fun of Michael Bay's style in oh, in God. Hot Fuzz is you know he does it better than Michael Bay. Uh, yeah, but that is just to say, yeah, I had fun with Ambulance. Like I enjoyed it. I, I yeah. And this speaking of movie that I would rewatch, yeah, this is something that I would definitely rewatch. Like I, you know, cool. I, I even own yeah. it on Blu-ray. Like I found like a five dollar <laughs> Blu-ray, of it. and I, I was like, yeah, this is a must buy. I gotta get it for five bucks. Um, but yeah, Ambulance at number seven. Cool. Yeah. Um, it seems like a lot of car explosions. Yeah, yes. cool. Yeah, yes. and drone shots, awesome. like overkill. Ones. Yeah, hell yeah, slow mo. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. I um, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, so uh, are we at number six? What's your number six? I I think I have to do my seven. Oh, okay. Oh, you haven't? Oh, we skipped you. Oh, sorry. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I'm losing okay. track. All right, what's your it's number okay. seven, Steve? Of my list, this is the one I have the most like. I'm the feel the most self conscious about, but this is, but the, but it's it's the truth. Okay, <laughs> uh, my <laughs> my seventh favorite film from from 2022 was Halloween Ends. Ooh, um, Uh-oh. I know, very very weird, um, but here, but but here's why. Okay, I can't stop talking about this movie. I keep like bringing it up, thinking about it. Talk, I don't know, like, and. As much as it's like it's like my subconscious is telling me, "Hey, I think you like it more than you are willing to admit." You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, so this is kind of just like a self-report. Oh no! Like yeah. if you were, you should own it. If Steve. you were to run, yeah. if you were to run into me like on the street uh-huh. and be like, "Hey, is Halloween ends in your top ten? I'd be like, Psh, "No way." Well, hopefully, it's not in the sewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you were to drag me into the sewer by my yeah. neck and say, "Is Halloween ends in your top ten?" I'd be like, "No way. Of course not." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, I got to do a, a full self-report. Okay. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for these franchises. Uh-huh. I liked all the Corey Cunningham stuff. I know it's like you know you could kind of go either way there. Yeah. And um. And I guess yeah, similar to bodies, it has that you know the um, the middle section where the, it's more of like of like a rom of like a romantic drama, I guess. Is yeah, it? you know it kind of it, it kind of. Ha- I don't remember. 
<laughs> it kind of had. Well, yeah, it's like uh, between Corey Cunningham and. Um, oh yeah, I remember. Oh it, yeah, it was. Yeah, like it was like yeah, Andy Matichak. Yeah, angsty like uh, like Spider Man Three like, with the bangs in our face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's exactly. the most like David Gordon Green part of the movie. Yes. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, and so yeah, it, it, and that kind of also had like like a neon kind of color palette. And yeah. So I'm just it's just kind of I'm just I'm I'm in. That was yeah. the Padme I killed them all scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's got a lot of dumb stuff in there. Um, it's got that quote where about Lori showing grief her tits, <laughs> and um. I, I just yeah. want Danny McBride to come out and say that he he's responsible for that line. Like, just admit it. Like, just say yeah <laughs> that he wrote exactly. that line. So, That's Steve, a bumper yeah. sticker. Yeah. Question for you. Um. Mm. So, which is the better Jamie Lee Curtis performance? Halloween ends or everything everywhere? All you know at once? what you want him to say. You don't want him to say everything <laughs> everywhere all at once. Um. I I really liked her great. in every everything everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's a lot of talk, I, talk I, over I, it. I actually, I actually think she deserves the Oscar. Yeah, over yeah. The other, yeah. I, th- I think yeah. she's gonna win. Yeah, like there's, there's, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of talk yeah. of her. Even it, it's like kind of a career win kind of thing. Yeah, she's gonna wear know. the hot dog fingers and everything. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, the the God. the the stamp on the head, the forehead, the you know, the the mm-hmm. anal probe dildo <laughs> award oh, on her desk. Like all of those things are are fantastic. Um, yeah, and I mean, Steve, I, I, sure. we discussed this movie. Like, I I I, <laughs> I mentioned it's not without its redeeming features. I actually do like that middle section too. That's the David yeah. Gordon Green movie, yeah. and then the the chemistry between. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it's they're liars. Yeah, it's, JR was right. They're freaking lying, yep. man. It doesn't end. Oh, and and it's got good kills. I will yeah. say that it's got you know it, it, is it scary? No, but it's got some good kills. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, this movie made me a fan of um, Andy Matichuk. Like I, I want to see more mm-hmm. more stuff with her in it. Like I think she was fantastic. Sure. So, cool. yeah. All right. So I, I guess now we're moving to number six. Um, so Ooh, yeah, we'll we'll continue we our order um, with with you, Steve, after Amanda. So number six for you, Amanda. Um, it's a super popular movie called The Cathedral. Um, okay. <laughs> man, these like gems that you're digging up, Amanda. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so similar to After Sun, this movie, um, even more so than After Sun, kind of feels like you are watching, um, a bunch of old family videos. Um, and Ricky D'Ambrose is the director, which I'm sure everybody's heard of. He's a household name. Um, I think this is his <laughs> this is his second movie, and he said it was um, drawn from his childhood, and you can definitely feel that. And I think he's my age; like, I think he's in his like mid thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's he like in one interview I saw with him, he said he was obsessed with this photograph of his mom's sisters um, having he doesn't know what kind of conversation on a bed together. They're both teenagers and then just kind of the lighting of the room and the clothes they're wearing and just the vibe of the room and he was just obsessed with this photo of his aunts talking and it got him, I if I'm remembering correctly, got him to want to make this um, ultimately want to make him this movie of kind of his childhood and growing up uh, in the suburbs of New York City and then um, kind of also experiencing all the events as he grew up as a millennial. So like, you know, historical events like the 1993 bombing at the World Trade Center um, and then obviously 9-11, all sorts of events that took place. But the movie is 
really kind of cool because and it's kind of hypnotizing and dreamlike especially if you're I guess my age and his age and you've kind of experienced a lot of this of just kind of going through those changes and then those family events and then those historical events and it really feels like you are watching somebody's family videos except it's actually interesting and captivating especially if I guess you're a millennial um Mm. and it definitely you can feel and smell it it's just really odd and it's a really cool um i guess it's going to be some sort of historical piece 10 to 20 years from now but i think it's going to age pretty well um which is kind of something i try to do when i'm like somebody's like hey what's your top 10 movies of a particular year is it's like well what is going to exist outside of its time and actually um be interesting and relevant and important and just i guess just interesting and not just a lot of these uh comedies that i guess hollywood tries to make where they're just these inside jokes that only we would find funny and interesting at this moment in time and would date themselves fairly quickly like what would actually you know exist outside of outside of this time um and i think this is this something that does and uh it's just a really cool i guess experience more than it is an actually a movie where you kind of see his him grow up and his childhood up until you know where he is now um and it's just a, a really cool almost like timepiece it's just a really a really weird little movie and you kind of see his family even fall apart and a divorce that takes place and just how it it really changes that dynamic in family events and birthday parties but it just feels like a like i said a series of you know if you're you know your your family videos that you're watching and um it just feels like you're there. It's a really odd little movie. It's cool. It's definitely an experience. Oh man, yeah, I'm I'm putting that on my list because uh, I'm also yeah. just seeing that it it has a uh, Monica Barbaro in it from uh, Top Gun. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Top Gun Maverick. Uh, yeah, and cool. I'm I'm a yeah. fan of hers. Like I I didn't even realize this, but I guess we'll we'll talk about it when we hit Top Gun. But um, yeah. yeah, like uh, yeah, she's she's really an interesting presence. I'm I'm a fan of hers for sure. Cool. So, nice. all right, yeah, adding that to the list. I think it's on movie if people want to watch it. I'm okay, sure that's where I, I streamed it. But yeah, the cathedral. Yeah. All right. Um. So, Steve, uh, what's your number six? All right. Number six is Carter. <laughs> oh, this is uh, perfect. The, oh my god, oh, this is my number six too. All right, Yay! I'm just gonna come out with it. All right, so my number six is actually a three-way tie. Of Athena, Triple R, and Carter. <laughs> They're all in one. Whoa. I just packaged them all in one number. Triple R yes. is in there too. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So wait, hold on. So it is everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In one number, in number six, which also happens to be my favorite number. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wait, so yeah, what's the reason for the packaging just uh, uh, I mean they were action packed yeah they were all like the visceral experiences that I had and you know they, there's definitely a, a running um theme of, of violence uh throughout oh yeah um <laughs> yeah and I guess like uh you know your your um your metal being tested I guess is another thing that's uh, that's, that's consistent through through all three um uh I don't remember if uh uh, yeah, there's a lot of fire <laughs> in all three movies, mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah, uh, so, yeah, I just had to to put all three together. And, you know, when we did kind of, like, our midway point last year, like, these movies were, like, in my top. 
So when we get into my five, like there were five better movies than these three, <laughs> you know, that I felt. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. but uh, yeah, so Carter and yeah, we, we put a pin on it because you, you mentioned Athena earlier. So and sure. we've dedicated episodes to these movies. But yeah, what else do you, would you like to share about them, Steve? Sure. Yeah, I'll just kind of add um, with Athena there really is a skill in the filmmaking and the, in the first 45 minutes, like, like you and Bill mentioned on the previous app, the tension and the performances are so good. Um, I do get lost though in the geography. Like I'm a big, like I like the floor plans. I like knowing where I'm at in, in, in this space. And I feel like I definitely get, get lost in Athena. Hmm. Um, and then also, you know, like the druggy brother side story that wasn't necessarily my favorite there. Um, and also, I guess for a quick sidestep into Steve's racial corner, <laughs> okay. um, my main, I don't know. Okay. So this is a, a dumb thought, but I, I'm curious if, uh, what you guys think. I don't think French is like the toughest language to be yelling. <laughs> oh, God. But you're like, it's not German. So what are you guys yeah. doing? Yeah, so it's like there's so, there's something about all these French guys yelling that it I, I it it kind of took me out of it at times. I was kind of like, all right, <laughs> um, but yeah. So and, and then, but with them with Carter, God, it's so fun. Yeah. Just like you were saying, and and I think what makes it even more fun is it's a movie that we've championed here, and like I get a sense that not a lot of other people appreciate it or can kind of like it maybe makes them sick. The super realistic CGI might be it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, but them being put off makes me like it more. Yeah. It's like... It, 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 oh, man. It has, like, local band vibes. Yeah. It's kind of the, the vibes I it get. Does. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just funny how, like, I, I thought it was going to be this biggest thing that was going to catch on, especially with, like, uh, action Twitter, but it didn't. No, there's no capes, so no. Yeah, yeah, it's like, man. We were kind of like left on our own there. Yeah, yeah and I, I saw, Amanda, <laughs> you you saw this, and then you also watched his previous movie, um, The Villainess. Yeah, How was that for I'm, you? Like I said, I'm a psychopath like that, so I'm like, I haven't seen another movie, so I'm going to pick another one and watch it before, because mm -hmm. I like to see like how somebody changes and just kind of similar themes and whatnot. Um, I thought The Villainess was just kind of... I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was very La Femme Nikita, which is what a lot of mm -hmm. people try to do. Um, and yeah. then mm. Carter, I thought, was a lot of fun. I just I just honestly started to feel its length at the end. Um, right. But I thought yeah. it was these huge, yeah. awesome, like, action... Crazy action set pieces. Like, the, the helicopters on the train scene was just absolutely bonkers, for example. <laughs> yes. And then yeah. it was just completely fucking nuts. And... Mm -hmm. <laughs> And uh, definitely entertaining. Um, I will say that the yeah. really shitty CGI did take me out of it at times, but then I was like, they don't have yeah. any money. They don't have any money. It's okay. They don't have any money. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, it was just it. It was definitely fun in terms of like it was just one ridiculously crazy, insane action sequence after another. So I think anybody that likes and is into yeah. action movies is doing them a disservice if they haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think yeah. that's also my connection between the three movies uh, uh, along with Triple R is that, yeah, they, they seem to have, like, this relentless 
feel to them for the most part and you know it it does yeah. flag for all three at certain points you know and different points in the movie um but you know for the most part it's just like yeah that momentum that carries these movies is just incredible especially at the start yeah you know all the openings of, of these movies are incredible so yeah. all right um so since that was both our sixes steve i guess uh we're gonna move on to number five right Ooh, top five yeah here we go oh. all right so what's your number five amanda um, a movie nobody talks about, and it's called The Banshees of Inisherin. Ooh, it's the, okay. Yeah, the Martin McDonough movie. Um, In Bruges is an amazing movie, and I think it's totally deserving of its, like, I guess, like, cult status now, where everybody thinks it's the greatest ever. Um, <laughs> but The Banshees of Inisherin, I really liked because it's, like, I was watching it, and I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? And, <laughs> and I was like, this is great. And I was like, this actually reminds me. I was like, these are grown men on this island on the west coast of Ireland. And one of them decides he suddenly wakes up, and the other one's boring, and he hates them. And this is great. And I was like, this actually reminds me of an experience I had in high school um, as a teenage girl with other teenage girls when we were on a competitive cheerleading team together. Um, and one that decided she didn't like me anymore and decided to like not talk to me for two weeks. I mean, unfortunately, she didn't cut her fingers off. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's but that's literally what this reminded me of. And I was mm. like, oh, my God, this is great. And then <laughs> and then I'm um, just kind of that just how and then Carrie Condon, I'm a huge fan of because I love the HBO mm. show Rome that like nobody really knows existed. Yeah, you are a Game big of, champion of this show. I freaking love that. <laughs> show like game of thrones has nothing on rome like game of thrones is like you guys haven't seen rome so you don't Mm. know how great rome is like game of thrones would not exist without rome and this show has um kevin mckid in it too right yes yes i love him yeah he's fantastic it's i on my opinion one of the greatest tv shows of all time rome and and um but anyway so i was like oh she's in it and good lord and like Mm. um barry keegan's in it like nobody cared when he did that that crazy spaghetti eating scene (laughs) um and i'm glad you all care now um and i love that movie when it came out so yeah (laughs) Yeah, and um exactly and uh this movie is just kind of great because it's just such a simple premise but it's just so human it's just so petty at the same time and it's like this is very real and the fact that like Colin Farrell will be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to burn down your house now. But you know, <laughs> but you know what? Like I, at the same time, like don't want your, your, <laughs> your dog to die. So I'm going to take your dog out when I burn down your house. Like this movie's great. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think yeah. a really underrated animal movie for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah Sorry. Yo, this too. is better than you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Cause it also has yeah. a donkey. Right? Yes, or a pony. It does. Is, uh, his donkey's uh, killed yeah. by the. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve, did you see this? No. Yeah, I've been he- I've been hesitant to get, like. There's been some activation energy or some. Mm. Th- th- there's been like some barrier to, for me to actually like get into it. Mm. Oh. But like I, I like but like I know I'll like it. It's just one of those. Yeah. It's just one of those where I'm I'm hesitant. I'm waiting for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I spoiled a lot, but it's definitely. No. <laughs> oh no, that's cool. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely a ride, like so. right. Uh, it's slow yeah. and it's a slow burn, but it, it's a ride and it gets pretty freaking wild. So yeah, yeah. It, it definitely feels like Martin McDonough kind of scaling back after um yeah. uh three billboards. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. I I don't know. I guess I I love In Bruce so much that um 
uh, I just feel, and actually, I what I love even more is his short film that preceded it, which he won an Oscar for, um, a Six Shooter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah All right. Back. Okay, I'm not allowed to talk about Banshees anymore. No, you're not allowed to talk <laughs> shit over. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. I was about to say something positive about it. I don't it. believe you. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah. Like I, I, I guess I just wish that it affected me as much as other people did. It affected other people, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was relatable um, to me. I, I'm willing to gi- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm willing to give it another chance. Um, because I, I do think like just objectively the performances are fantastic in it, and I love oh, the great. setting where yeah, it's just I don't know. There's some sort of thing like yeah, similar I guess to how you're feeling, Steve, about like some sort of barrier. That you need to get past. I I feel like I I also need to get past it somehow. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Okay. So uh, did you do your number five, Steve? Not yet. No, I think okay. this is my my, okay. my five. All right. What's your number yeah. five? My number five is the Northman. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> Our guy Eggers. Uh, Eggers can't be beggars. Um, <laughs> he uh he uh. I, Again, another Carlo wreck. You thought I would like it, and I liked it. And um, I guess kind of a surprise because when we did the movie tournament, I picked Carter over it. Mm. But I, in thinking about it, I, the Northman has a better ending. Mm. So I think so. Mm. That's why I've, I have the Northman at five and Carter at six. Mm. Um, you know, the, the Carter the Carter ending I didn't really care for. Whereas this baby, it, this thing ends with Amalith doing all the pranks on the village, <laughs> al- yeah. along with Olga, Olga of the Birch Forest, mm-hmm. and then he ends. It ends with the, the the Valkyrie riding off into the into the oh yes that was into cool. the star or, or whatever it is yeah and, or, or, yeah. or or to uh, Valhalla. Valhalla and I actually Valhalla, do, I actually yes. do I do have that as my phone backdrop I, nice I a, a screen grab. Um, so yeah, the Northman. I don't really know m- much else to say other than it's pretty badass. All right, yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, you know, Alexander Skarsgård. He even has a new movie already out this year. Yeah, great follow up to that movie. I highly recommend uh, Infinity Pool. <laughs> uh, oh, to, yeah, to, to pair with it. <laughs> okay, um, I'm scared. I'm scared to watch that one. Is it? Oh, like, is yeah. it? Is, really? is it? A, is it a trip? Brendan Cronenberg. It is. Yeah, yeah, and then it has um, Mia Goth in it too. She's fantastic in it. Um, uh, <laughs> there's supposedly like uh, an uncut version or a, a kind of like a recut version of it, which is basically like a little more explicit. Um, mm-hmm. And it would have gotten an NC-17 rating, so now I think that's doing the rounds. So um, yeah, I can't wait to rewatch it and see <laughs> what the difference. Is but um but yeah the Northman we're bearing the lead here um yeah we we dedicated a whole episode to it um I you know I definitely enjoyed it and you know it's just like a movie I guess that uh, I I don't need to rewatch for quite some time mm-hmm. that's all I'll say <laughs> you know um yeah. but yeah when when that's time when I've forgotten it like and I'll rewatch it again yeah I think I don't I'll enjoy it so mm-hmm. nice cool all right okay. Um, speaking of Cronenberg, it's his father. It's Crimes of the Future. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so when I was like, oh, wow, like uh, David Cronenberg is like kind of returning to form with the body horror. And as much as I liked uh, Eastern Promises and uh, History of Violence, they're not 
and even Cosmopolis was really cool. Um, it's it's not you know what he's known for the the body horror like sci fi. Yeah, did you yeah. see this, Steve? Nah. I oh, it. okay. Yeah, it, it, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I liked it, and I, I love too that it's also on Hulu. Like it's, you know, both the Cronenberg's uh, father and son, their movies are streaming on Hulu, uh, owned by Disney. So fantastic. I mean, you know, um, and, you know, it's a commentary on performance art. Uh, I got cut off, so I don't know if uh, you mentioned that earlier, Amanda. Sorry if I'm repeating that. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I also uh, really admired its its originality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then the the performances, you know, um, it's just, uh, yeah, they, they were great. I, I actually like Kristen Stewart's performance. And mm-hmm. um, uh, also there were these two characters that were just like a side, uh, two side characters. They were like, uh, they, they appear as like cleaning ladies, but uh, they're also, they also happen to be assassins. And I, I love that whole subplot involving them. You know, um, so yeah, there was a lot to enjoy, but I, it's weird. It's like, I don't know if it has like staying power for me. Um, and that's one of the things that I guess I, I'll have to like, I guess, reckon with in in the future. <laughs> no pun intended is um, to just like see if uh, if it holds up for me. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, well, we'll see. But yeah, it was an enjoyable movie. I just remember that from my viewing experience. All right, so number four uh, for you, Steve. My number four we already talked about was Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh, there you go. All right, so my number four I definitely know is on neither of yours list, and this is like, I guess, my – well, no, I have a a couple more gems. Um, So uh, – uh, this is we mentioned. I mentioned this on a, a previous episode. It's uh, Le Olympiade or um, uh, Paris Thirteenth District. It's also streaming on Hulu. Coincidentally, um, it's the the new film by Jacques Audiard, and um, it's adapted from um, uh, these uh, short like comic stories by um, uh, Adrian Tomine. And yeah, it really caught me by surprise. It's a black and white film. Um, it has Naomi Merlant, who seems to be in everything <laughs> this year, this past couple of years. Uh, but she's brilliant in it. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just really loved it. I mean, it's a very good adaptation of, of the Tomine comics. But yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I've I've spoken praises about this movie in a previous episode, but it's just like a really nice like little gem, you know. There's there's not much to it, um, but that that's the beauty of it because that's how Adrian Tomine's like comics are, you know. They're like about small moments, but you know they're relatable and uh, the performances are great. And yeah, I really think Audiard, you know, I mean, he got a lot of praise for a profit, and then. People kind of just dropped off with Deepan, and that you know was like his most successful movie because it won you know the Palm d'Or that year. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel like he, and then I guess a lot of people hated his western with John C. Riley and uh, oh yeah, that sucks. Uh, or d- yeah, ignored it. <laughs> what is it? The Sisters Brothers? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but no, this is a uh, if if you didn't like that, Amanda, like this is like his kind of comeback. Like I really feel like you okay. know, um, if 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 you liked his previous work, like A Prophet and um, yeah, uh, what is it? The um, 
It's the one that, that was his remake of Fingers. Uh, the Rust and Bone? Uh, oh, I didn't see that one. Um, no, the one uh, okay. that's his remake of um, Fingers. Uh, uh, the, the beat that the heart uh, stopped. Um, that Or skipped. Oh, the beat that my heart skipped. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, that's my number four. Okay. So now we're entering top three territory. Wow. Oh, no. All right, Amanda. What's your number three? Um, my number three is uh, Petite Maman, mm-hmm. which I don't even know if it counts, but I saw that like 2021, it didn't have a U.S. release, so I assumed 2022 it did. Um, and that's uh, Celine Siama's movie. Um, she did the Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I think she also had a say in the My Life as a Zucchini, the animated movie that came out like, and the Oscars nominated I think a year ago, if I remember correctly. But anyway. Um, it's another time travel movie, and I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. Um, but the title literally translates to English as "little mom," so it might give you some sort of idea. And um, I don't want to talk much more about it because I think it'll spoil it. Mm. But it is a fascinating time travel movie, and it is uh, a v- uh, there's something. It's super simple, but there's something. Um, there's something uh, deeper and special about it, and uh, it, it definitely is another. I mean, I think it's similar to After Sun, except of except of a uh, father and daughter. It's a mother and daughter experience, and um, the premise initially is um, she is with um, a, a young daughter. She's like eight years old, is with her parents, and they've gone to the home of her mother's mother, so her grandmother's house. She just passed away, and they're cleaning it out, and then. Um, it turns into somewhat of a time travel movie and uh, I think that might give it away a bit but it really kind of doesn't and I think it's something you definitely um, have to experience because it's really interesting the way it's done and um, I think I like it more than uh, my portrait of a lady on fire wow. um, it's okay. uh, yeah Ooh. I think I might mm. it's a it's a really great movie and it's it's short the runtime this this movie like flies and it's uh definitely um Definitely another movie that I think is an experience. So it was really good. All right, yeah, I awesome. I, I definitely yeah. want to check it out. Uh, I I feel like with with Shyama, I'm I like pick and choose her movies. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I I am very selective. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen every single one, but like the ones that I have mm-hmm. seen, you know, they all have something in it that you know stand out to me or make them worth watching. Like you know, I I think nobody ever talks about girlhood. You know, but like yeah. that scene with the Rihanna yeah. song, it to me is just yeah. like so powerful. Like, and I don't even like that song, but yeah. it's just the way that that scene uses the song is is incredible. Um, and yeah, you know, people have sung praises for for um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, and it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, Petite Maman. Okay, so um, it's super hard to talk about without giving it away. Right. So cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have you back uh, if we end up watching it, and we'll we'll break it down. Oh no. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Steve. <laughs> number your number three. All right, number three. You already mentioned it. Triple R oh. made it all the way up here. Three R's. It's, you know, number three. <laughs> three. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Why is Roar Revolt? We've we we've talked about this movie a lot already. There's not much more to say other than. It, I guess the biggest detraction is again the length. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would like I love eighty five minutes. Like 80, 85 to, to like to like ninety three. <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm. whereas this is coming in hot at at three hours. 
Um, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's great. It deserves all the things. It looks cool. It's uh, exhilarating. Yeah, triple R. Yeah, and for me, like we've we've already talked about it, but like yeah, for for a while, this was my top spot. Like this movie was like number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just. I guess I, I, aside from seeing movies that I guess resonated with me even more, I don't mind the length at all. But I, uh, I think what affected me in terms of this movie is really just its reputation. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, I, I, I just can't help like separate that from the movie at this point. That it's just uh, mm-hmm. the people getting up and dancing during screenings is just like Awful. so annoying to me <laughs> it's just like yeah i don't want to get worse when they do not to not to at the oscars exactly so it's gonna do. happen you'll you, <laughs> we'll see like very cringe videos of like this these hollywood elites oh, dancing damn. in their seats and or standing up and clapping he's gonna be like meryl streep like oh, breaking it down exactly. and i'm gonna change the channel yeah she's gonna be memed again you know <laughs> like her yes yes or whatever it is or her shocked face when uh it was uh, Moonlight that won over La La Land kind of thing. Oh, um, yeah. God. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really just it. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to be that person who's like, basically, you know, like the movie should exist in a vacuum, right? Like it's, it shouldn't matter yeah. what other people think of it. But yeah, at this point in time, it's just really it. Like that's what's affecting my viewing of it is just that all these these people who are coming out and I'm glad it's getting all the support and I hope that, you know, as is Rajamuli makes yeah. another amazing movie, but um uh yeah, that's just really it. It's like uh uh like a movie that's coming up soon too for me. Uh it uh um I just find myself like alienated <laughs> from from the other people who like it. <laughs> that's yeah. just what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. So um that's all right. Funny. So that was number three for you, Steve. My number three, three. is Apollo Ten and a Half, which we just talked about wow. on a previous episode by Richard Linklater. All the yes. way at number three, Carl. Yeah, Dang. it was like a late, like clutch, yeah. like just shot up my list. Uh, I wasn't expecting to like it uh, as much as, I did. and it was also a movie that took me a while to get to because I remember it came out like I guess in spring of last year mm-hmm. and then we had kind of discussed Steve about potentially talking about it um, mm-hmm. but it never came up again I just forgot about it and then I think it took just watching this short film by Richard Linklater that I also mentioned it another day at the office and I was like okay let me let me get back into this like let me let me give this a shot and I yeah I was pleasantly surprised I really enjoyed it and you know it basically has everything that I mentioned that was missing from from boyhood for me you know, like I really mm-hmm. feel like the the details of of coming of age was more um, like pronounced here, and like, it, I mean, it is closer to Linklater's childhood. You know, he grew up in in he was born in 1960, and you know, he grew up in Houston. Houston. Yeah, exactly. So all these things um, play play a part in it that I, it feels more uh, lived in to me than Boyhood did. You know, even though you, we do see that actor grow up, but it's just it, it it lacks that nuance and detail that I think Apollo Ten and a Half has. And plus, you know the the rotoscope looks amazing. You know, Bill was saying mm-hmm. how much he loved it. Um, and it's it's a lot steadier rotoscope compared to the previous two movies that he had done with this style. But it works. It totally mm-hmm. works. So, yeah, Apollo Ten and a Half. Yeah. You saw this, Amanda? 
I like just watched it. Yeah, I yeah. I really liked that it wasn't actually about a boy necessarily going to the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just a kind of the you know, backdrop, yeah. if you will. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and I was like, oh, this is great. Especially, I love like the sequence of like talking about like golden age television and all the shows that were on TV and just Fantastic. little kind of scenes like that that would relate to a generation older than myself. But I was like, this is so cool. Like, this is great. There's just kind of like a time capsule of his childhood. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. All right. Okay. And Steve, do you yeah. have anything else to add to Apollo 10 and a half? No, no. All no, right. Okay. Good. Here we go. Number two for you, Amanda. <laughs> Another movie nobody talks about. Um, so uh, Todd uh, Field uh, came <laughs> back after he did. Uh, <laughs> um, I think this, this is a movie somebody's going to talk shit about, probably. Um, Tar. So uh, Tar is getting. <laughs> Uh, crazy amount of love. I think Kate Blanche is amazing in it. Um, and I, what's really amusing to me is a lot of people actually think that she's playing a real person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <And> then, <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, but you know, credit to Todd Field making this so real and her doing a great job. Right. Um, <laughs> that's it's just, like, that just kills me every yeah. time I think somebody thinks this is a real person. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of like early so. internet, like 2000s, where, you know, like the narrative of the movie would continue yeah. online. And that's so, it's weird that yes. it's taken this life now. And, you know, yeah. it's beyond memes, even. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's way beyond memes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I think she's incredible mm-hmm. in it, and like um, I love just um that uh, this is I guess what he had you know in the works for God how long? Like I think the last movie he made was like what like early two thousands before this, like little children. Yes, two thousand six. So yeah, it's been that long. Yeah, so like holy crap! Like so um, and you definitely, I mean, I I think this movie is uh just it's it's kind of amazing and i think it's it might be a hard sell because it's just kind of like oh yeah you know kate blanchett's a a conductor (laughs) (laughs) and and she kind of starts the movie in an interview where she's at the peak of her career and then you kind of just see you know like what her day-to-day is like and then you know onwards from there but um it's it's um she's incredible in it and um i mean she's a very talented actress but um it's just there's just an energy to this movie. I think that's what it is. There's an energy to this, and it's um, it's uh, a fascinating. I was captivated by it, and I thought it was it was an awesome experience. But it it's going to be a hard sell for people. I definitely think so, especially if they're like, oh yeah, you know, Thor: Love and Thunder is a great movie. Like they're not going to want to watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, what was her yeah. character in in Thor the previous Thor movie? Um, uh, oh God, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. That movie yeah. actually. <laughs> That might be my favorite MCU movie. Like oh, that wow. movie was, I thought a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. But then again, I'm not. I'm not the biggest advocate. I think she's Hella in that. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, and she's anyway, barely recognizable. Tar's great. In it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yep. All right, Steve. Did you see Tar? No. This is a, another one that's just I. I keep wanting to, and I, and just that, yeah, I just can't get the energy up to like actually click it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and also because I guess of, of you know much has been made of the pace 
of the opening of just like I mean the yeah there actually had to be like disclaimers and notes in movie theaters telling people that hey this is supposed to be this way that <laughs> it's supposed to start oh with God. the credits we, we fucking yes decline of civilization yeah. is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah that we need that uh, that it's gonna have credits for um you know uh what is it um. <laughs> For uh, the entire end credits with no music, <laughs> and and also just like single cards. There's no cards. bonus scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's no bonus scene with Thanos. It's like God. Right. <laughs> well, I have to ask you this though, for regarding the ending, Amanda. Since you are yeah. a gamer, how did you feel about uh, Tar's fate becoming, um, you know, uh, a composer for live performances of a uh, of Monster Hunter? <laughs> Um, and it was kind of inevitable, <laughs> like decline of civilization, if you will. Like I said, like she kind of starts at her peak. I mean, I'm not the biggest Monster Hunter fan, so I'm probably not the best person to ask. But um, <laughs> um, I it's kind of I mean, if if the I guess the point is is just kind of I mean, maybe I'm interpreting it wrong, but I kind of felt like you start at your peak and then it's just kind of all downhill from there, almost like all about Eve, if you will, except not really anybody kind of taking your place, but just the natural um, order of things. And of course, she's going to end up, you know, in that kind of almost like L. Mm. <laughs> um, you're going to kind of end up in that space. Um, I mean, people talk about, you know, I guess The Last of Us is a weird exception. I haven't seen the TV show yet, but the reviews are great. And it's kind of like almost anytime any sort of video game, anything moves over to television or movies, I'm like, yeah, that's going to be shit. And <laughs> yeah. there's kind of, most of the time it is. And a lot of it just doesn't translate well. And at the same time, like kind of like the way it's ending, like, okay, so now she's scoring the Monster Hunter series in front of, I think like a lot of cosplayers she does yeah. at the end. Um, like a lot of the video game industry, I believe, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong when you guys edit all this crap in this that I did. Um, I'm pretty sure the video game industry makes more money now than, than Hollywood. Does. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's oh yeah. Mm. So they're, why the hell would they, why, why would they want to make a movie or TV? Like now they're ahead versus being behind. So it's kind of just, I think to my point, like the digression of things and, and her in the arts and, you know, kind of like La La Land where, like, you know, he has to play the keyboard and this sucks and this is beneath <laughs> me. Like, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean, I guess so, from... Uh, I kind of kind of fit. Yeah, from, like, the artistic, creative, like, peak. Correct. Yeah, that, that's where it is. But she's probably even just making yeah. good money. Like, the... Right. Yeah, the conducting... Right. She's for, a sellout Yeah, now. exactly. That, that's <laughs> yeah. really it. But it is strange, yeah. too, that, you know, she ends up basically in the Philippines. Like, that's where she's doing yes. it. Yes. Um, yeah. but it's, it's, that was one of the curious things about me because, uh, for me, but about the movie, like how specific it was with each location until she gets to the end. Because in the end, it's kind of right. like, um, it's vaguely Southeast Asian because, like, it's so strange. She right. shot it and they shot it in the Philippines, but, um, there's like Thai actors in it. Like, it was just really mm -hmm. strange to see that. And, you know, I mean, I don't think they subtitled. Um, the Tagalog parts. So, like, I understood. I don't remember them. Doing yeah, that. yeah. That's yeah. why I understood. Like, you know, it was like the, the or, or, like her first meeting with like the the Filipinos. Like, they're actually like trying to pull mm -hmm. uh, a fast one on her, and you know, mm -hmm. she, she she doesn't understand the language. Um, uh, right. but yeah, I guess he left that in there. Um, yeah, I I have reservations about this movie too. Uh, and it's really. 
mainly, I guess I'm just not, I don't buy into Kate Blanchett as an actress. Like, I'm one <laughs> of those people. That's totally understandable. Yeah, I love her. That's totally understandable. Yeah, I love her as a person, though. Like, I mean, her whole tour mm-hmm. for this movie was great. The Criterion Closet stuff and Hot Ones, like, yep. was fantastic. Like, you know, yeah. I, I really think she's yep. a very charming individual. And she can be good, like, but I, I just feel like she kind of can default into her, like, technical, like, um, uh, she's... Like she's technically adept, but it's just um, mm-hmm. I can see it. That's my problem. It's like I can tell that it's like okay, she's she's it's mannered. It's like I can tell she's acting. Whereas I I lean more mm-hmm. towards performances that I can't see that. Like I feel I I want like more seamless performances. Whereas I can tell like she's deliberately giving. You know I I mean I recently like rewatched um uh, the Aviator and I didn't even know that she won an Oscar for that role as. As Catherine Hepburn, yeah, she that did. That movie is like the, so disposable. Yeah, it's just terrible for me to say, considering well, the that, cast and the, yeah, all that. I actually yeah. like the Aviator, but I'll, I'll, we'll save that for another oh. episode. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, yeah, I enjoyed it even more on this <laughs> recent rewatch. But like, I mean, it yeah. is a Martin Scorsese movie, yeah. so <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But yeah, just um, her performance in that is is it's so mannered. Like she really is. Like it, it's also like a very toothy performance. Like it feels like. She had like dentures put Isn't in. Isn't she Catherine Hepburn? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, she's playing I feel Catherine. Like she Hepburn. was on the plane with Howard Hughes. Yeah, 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 and it's like this wild thing of like, um, basically, uh, she, um, uh, yeah, that was her first Oscar, and then she won for Blue Jasmine. So if she wins for this one, this will be her third, you know. And it's like, man, mm-hmm. but people forget that she won for, um, for for the Aviator. So. Uh, yeah, but yeah that that's really it. Like, that's my main like I guess uh, obstacle I can't get past is just I, I when when Kate Blanchett. You don't is like being... her as an actress. <laughs> I love her as a person, you know. <laughs> you know. But I think she can. She can <laughs> okay. She can give good performances. <laughs> I actually going back to Terrence Malick. You're like, I... She's not Jake Gyllenhaal in the ambulance. So <laughs> no, she's I not. Am... She's totally no. not. Or <laughs> or um, Abdul Yahya <laughs> Mateen. He's <laughs> she's not. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Uh, but no, she she was actually good in in the Terrence Malick movies. I liked her in Night of Cups. Yes, yeah, and Song to Song. So, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I think that that's really the main thing, and okay. that her performance makes or breaks it. And uh, okay, here's the other thing. I guess I'll mention that's why also, uh, the performance kind of really like I'm prickly about it because she's put sure. in the same screen as uh, we've mentioned Naomi Morlant, who's in everything. Uh, she's great, yes. but also um, uh, Nina Haas, who's like Christian Petzold's like yeah. muse, and she she yes. is a more natural actress. I feel like, and you can see it in Nina Haas's performance in Tar. Like, I think she, like, just right. you can see like in her eyes her jealousy of when you know Lydia right. Tar starts favoring that amazing like prodigy cellist uh, girl mm-hmm. who's actually a real. Uh, um, cello prodigy. I, I I looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, man. unlike Lydia Tarr being a conductor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's really it. But I I can't deny the craft. Like I I really think like um, it, it's very different from I feel like Todd Field's previous films. I mean, you know, he's had all that time. Oh, big time. Yeah. There, there's um, even, yeah. yeah. There's there's still like a, I guess a thriller aspect to it that you know the other two had, yes. but. Um, yeah. formally, like he's doing certain things, that are, you know, the much has been made of like the long takes and, and all that. But yeah, it, it is beautiful. Like, especially the way he handles like the apartment interiors, I feel. 
Um, yep. Yeah. And that one scene where... And just even that dynamic with her partner yeah. where, like, they're clearly equals despite her, her fame. Mm. Which, so there's a lot of, I think, things that a lot of directors would have yeah. done incorrectly, if that makes any sense. Like, belittling people and not under- like really showcasing their importance and kind of their roles and everything. So I think that's kind of something that, like... Speaking of of Todd's, like uh, Todd Phillips would not have been able to handle. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, to my point, yeah. like, you know, it's, there's just clearly we we are. Um, to, to Todd, I think he's like legitimately like an auteur, unlike a lot of a lot of directors yeah. that are are currently working. To put it nicely, so yeah, and you definitely feel that when you watch this. Yeah, and I really hope. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the next thing. Like I hope this gets it going for him because it wasn't like he wasn't doing yeah. anything since little children he was trying to do a lot of projects but no. none of them were just like getting any traction and yeah right. so i hope this this kind of gets things like jump started for him again and you know uh we see yeah. another movie this decade from him um yeah that'd be nice yeah yeah all right okay steve what's your number two? Oh god okay this is the one i'm most n- nervous about oh wow uh oh nope um, Uh-oh. all the way up here again, it just, it gives me a lot of what I like. I be liking UFOs. I like looking for <laughs> stuff on screen. I like, um, looking up at the sky and just in life in general. And, um, and I thought the ending was good. It was fun. It's like the last 30 minutes I could watch, uh, right now. I'll I'll probably <laughs> rewatch the end a bunch more times, and it's also it's yeah similar to Halloween ends. I just I keep thinking about it and talking about it, so I must like mm. it. Um, yeah, I guess it's it's like the last movie with a similar theme kind of that I liked was maybe Cloverfield, where it's okay. like mm-hmm. where it's like you're sort of it's sci-fi and you're looking around at the screen. You're not sure if you're going to see the thing. You might catch a glimpse of the thing here and there, but ultimately it, de- it delivers and it, it, it showed you what it was. It's pretty creepy. And, um, yeah, I liked it. Nope. All right. Okay. So Amanda, before you tell Steve, he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. I'm not going to say that. I promise. <laughs> I just want to, uh, also just like point I'm out. I'm already not coming back. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back for sure. Um, yeah, the um, it's interesting see, to see how you've like evolved on this because I remember the first time we kind of talked about it, you weren't a fan of no. Nope and you kind of mm-hmm. came around. Like it, it's funny. Like I had to basically convince you because I guess I saw it in IMAX, which was like just the ideal way to see it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it's just yeah, I I think Jordan Peele just made such great use of um the format. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel it is pretty flawed, but, uh, I also, it's just because I hated us so much that (laughs) for me, like this was like a welcome kind of, I guess, return. Um, uh, so yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right, Amanda. Well, let us know, (laughs) let it out. What, how do you feel about Nope? I could take it. I, I won't. (laughs) I just kind of think it's a disposable Twilight Zone mm-hmm. episode, and that's kind of funny to me because obviously he t- took a stab at yeah, Twilight Zone. Right. I just and failed I, spectacularly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I I think the idea is interesting. I just it's just I don't know. It just kind of reeks of something kind of um, 
I guess you see Get Out and it has, and, and it actually, I mean, I honestly, I, it's hard for me to say I like Get Out these days just based on the, the, the conversations that take place online. Yeah. That, that I still think is far and away his best mm-hmm. movie. And at this point, I think may, maybe it will remain that way. And I think it's just, this wasn't really what it was sold as, which maybe was my larger issue. It wasn't sold as this. And then you went to it and then it just had this weird like ad astra monkey aspect which is trying to act <laughs> deeper than it honestly really was to create some sort of um, character development that was just, I don't know, it was just, it seemed just kind of silly and, and ridiculous. And, yeah. and, and the premise, honestly, it was just, so they, they get into this, 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 this bed sheet of an alien <laughs> thing, and then it's just kind of sucking people up. And then it's just like, how is this scary? Like, and it kind of looks like they're going through, they're going through like a dryer, like, like your actual like dryer, yeah. like they're going through like the dryer tube where like the lint yeah. goes. And I was like, all right, yeah. like I wouldn't mind dying that yeah. way. And then you're just, <laughs> and I, I just, I don't know. I just, seemed silly and i'm not saying that that makes it bad i just think you make a movie like get out and you're like really this is it so maybe that's where my issue is with it is i'm like okay you made get out now thrill me and you're like damn it like this is like shia malin stuff and i just saw lady in the water now like son of like (laughs) like (laughs) so i don't know like maybe it's just me being tough on the guy but i just went in expecting something and then when i went to go see it i was like really yeah. like i thought this was gonna be like the episode with like william shatner with the gremlin on the wing and it's not yeah and it's, oh my god that's so yeah. good terror at thirty thousand feet oh, yeah fantastic. and it's not and yeah. so so maybe it's just kind of all there could be was disappointment but mm. like i don't know i just felt there was a, a larger something larger yeah. missing from this like there's no. i i don't know if maybe he had something deeper and then they were like no you can't do this you know people can't handle that right. you know, I, I don't know if you know what i mean he was cut off at, at, at the ankles at that or at the knees at that but it just this felt like there was something missing yeah. from this and that could just be me expecting more with you know after seeing get out and being really disappointed with us yeah. but i don't know it just felt like a an, a meh Twilight Zone episode to me. <laughs> yeah, it definitely there's there's an alternate universe where there's a, no, a a version of Nope that's a little sharper and cleverer and shorter. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, in, and that yeah. universe, it's like really good, really really good film. Exactly. And it just yeah. happens in this universe. Yeah. It's a little too long. It's a it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it there there's a twist. It's not the most clever twist, but um yeah. you know. For Amanda, she's out. For me, I I was still yeah. rocking and rolling because I just like that stuff. Yeah, it's the Michelle Yeoh uh, hot dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess I'm somewhere in between. Like, uh, I I have no intent. Carlos like no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there's I, I I guess one of the things that really resonated with me with the movie is just how um uh, and some people have issues with it with Daniel Kaluuya's performance. And I actually thought mm-hmm. it was, like, very accurate of, like, grief and depression. It's there. Yeah, like, I really felt yeah. like he really got, caught it. And then, you know, that he still hasn't lost his sense of humor as well at certain points. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when he says the movie's title. <laughs> yeah. When he, yeah, he opens <laughs> the, the door. It was a great moment. Um, but, yeah, I it, it's definitely flawed. And my, my suspicion is actually it's more to do with with the hype you know it's yeah. really that you know jordan Peele yeah. now like you can sell a movie on his name like you know when when that trailer Which is rare yeah right now. like when yeah. that trailer dropped and you see the from the mind of jordan peele like kind of thing it's just like okay yeah. that's it he's at that level now he's like mm-hmm. uh, in just like three yeah. movies he's just like a hop skip and a jump and now he's like 
on Spielberg's level and you know and obviously there's a lot of connections right. being made with that with Spielberg's movies with this one and yeah I do feel like once it reaches like you know the 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 climactic part there is definitely a lot of air that's also sucked out of it because it's just like that's it you know that's really what I felt too right, and all you can do is disappoint people like how can you live up right. to that hype yeah. too to yeah. be fair right you can't like you can't. and it's just I don't know maybe I I wish there was more mystery like the the whole incident involving like the TMZ guy on the yeah. bike was totally yeah, was random the- but like that <laughs> that was intriguing you know like there was something about that and then it was great to see what Michael mm-hmm. Wincott on screen again because I guess he he had retired and and Jordan Peele like got him out of retirement to be in oh, another cool. movie yeah so um yeah he's like god damn it <laughs> and he basically plays the cinematographer of the movie Hoyt Van Hoytema <laughs> like that's who he's playing um but yeah like uh there, there's enough for me to enjoy about it and I, I guess for you and I Steve like you know being from from SoCal and, and living in LA it's like you know we have an affinity for fries that the Jordan <laughs> yeah. Peele understands as well sure you know R.I.P. fries um, but yeah, uh, that, that's really it. Yeah, it's a, it's deeply flawed, and I and the hype thing. Yeah, that's really it. Like, I'm 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 really concerned that it might be like you know Jordan Peele is just surrounded by yes people, and yeah. you know he's they're all saying that he's a genius. You know, you won an Oscar for your first movie for original screenplay, so it's like you can't do any wrong. Because even with us, like yeah. even though yeah, there, there were a lot more detractors for that. Like people still think that that was a, a work of a genius you know so it's like uh i don't know i've seen 10 movies yeah <laughs> so we'll see all right um so is this my number two now yeah all right sure. my last pairing okay um one movie you guys have never heard of i can guarantee it and one you probably have okay so the and they're they're kind of related i mean I guess that's why i paired them up so the title of the first movie is the last days of humanity and i'm mm-hmm. pairing it with babylon David Chazelle's Babylon. That's my two. And, you know, I've been holding back on talking about Babylon for several episodes now, Steve, because it's just like I I was saving it for this episode. And, oh, man. And I almost paired this with Elvis because this is my excess, my completing of the excess. And I'll make the connection with Last Days of Humanity in a bit. But um, I almost paired it with Elvis because I always also thought okay this is just a movie that's gonna hold up on one screening and it's gonna fall apart the second screening mm-hmm. but um when i made this trip to new york uh, i managed to catch it um on 70 millimeter uh at the um oh, i'm blanking on the theater now the the village east and they're playing okay. 70 millimeter it's one of the the few like remaining movie palaces in new york city and mm-hmm. You know, that just contributed to the experience. It was just, like, great. Even though I wish they turned the volume up more. Like, I, I that's something I don't like now with, with film projection screenings is that mm-hmm. they're not turning the volume high enough because I think they want people to hear the flicker, you know, the, the mm. sound of the projector. Yeah. And it's like, come on, oh. you know, they never did that before, but it's a the nostalgia feel to it. But, you know... Right. It was perfect for Babylon and like perfect for a second screening and like at this point I already know it's gonna hold up. Like I, I really will I I it's one of those movies too that I, I've said it in my reviews. It's like you know, people are not wrong. Like people who are criticizing it for what it is and saying that it's dumb and you know, all these ridiculous things that Damien Chazelle is setting his career on fire, like yeah, I don't disagree, but I still enjoyed it. You know? 
And right. yeah, and like, you know, rewatching The Aviator, I realized too that it basically is like two Martin Scorsese movies like had a baby. It was <laughs> The Aviator mm-hmm. and Wolf of Wall Street. They have a baby and it becomes Babylon. <laughs> oh wow. And yeah, and you pretty much know like similar to what we mentioned with like Bardo in a previous episode, you'll know from the opening scene if you're going to be on board, opening sequence of this movie if you're going to okay. be on board and it involves an elephant shitting. Yeah. It's like, or yeah, having explosive diarrhea. And if you, if you, you can't take that, that's it. Like you're, you're out of the movie right. and you're, you're never going to be on board with it. No, nothing's going to convince you otherwise within it's like three hour run plus runtime. You know, it's almost as long as a uh, avatar. Um, but yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. Like it's just uh, one of those movies. I, I'm looking forward to buying a, a discount Blu-ray or 4K of it and cool. and watching it over and over again. Like it's Damn. uh, yeah, it just worked for me. And um, so the connection with Last Days of Humanity, which I should talk about more because nobody's gonna watch this movie. Like yeah. it was also I even another. Find it. Yeah, it's it's hard to find because um, I guess I found it under its Italian title. And it's a weird thing of how I found my way towards it because um, somebody had recommended to me like this weird like personal documentary by this guy named Enrico Ghezzi. He's an Italian filmmaker and he, he's been making these kind of like um, diaristic um, uh, documentaries. And uh, one of the ones that he made that just like piqued my interest was him like riding an airplane. Like it's like him like... Uh, I guess making a documentary about this airline and then he goes on this airplane ride and I was like, okay, this is like, uh, you know, interesting. I want to see this. So um, I wanted to look into like more of his movies and I was like, oh, he has a 2022 movie and it was this documentary. Um, And I saw the running time that it's over three hours long and I was like, okay, I got to watch this. And so I'll make the connection with Babylon. So aside from, you know, the you know, the whole, like, aspect of, like, last days of humanity, kind of, um, you know, the, all that excess. It's it um, it's also a movie that's composed of a lot of film clips. And this is the most maligned part of Babylon is at the end there's a montage of all these movies. Okay. <laughs> like, kind of like a, um, an Oscars, like, victory lap almost. Of, like, and it's, it's crazy because it's a period piece and, you know, it's set in the, the 20s and 30s. Um, and this guy goes to watch Singing in the Rain and then all of a sudden there's this montage that happens where it's like you see The Matrix and everybody mentions Avatar, the first Avatar. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just a crazy sequence with like, um, uh, what's the name of his uh, his regular composer, Justin Hurwitz, like that score playing mm-hmm. along it. But, you know, what leads into it is also incredible. It's like um, he shows the the chemical process of developing motion picture film where it's like basically it almost looks like tie dye where, you know, the chemicals are, you know, emulsifying the film. And it's just like, it, it, I was just exhilarated by it. And so Enrico Ghezzi's the last days of humanity. It's kind of sad to, once you find out like what the story behind it is, it's actually, um, so he has Parkinson's. Um, so he actually mm-hmm. had to make it with a collaborator and, he hasn't been doing like the the press for it or like the festival tour because I think his his Parkinson's has really like advanced. Um, so his collaborator, I'm blanking on his name now, but uh, he's been the one going around like with the movie, and it's it's a movie about memory. It's about like him 
like basically aging as a film fan um, and, you know, being a filmmaker himself, but kind of not even regarding himself on the same level as the filmmakers he admires. So the movie is almost like just a lot of like um, stream of consciousness of him stitching like all these film clips together with his his documentary work. And there's like this this amazing connection that he makes where uh, the one of the most like thrilling parts of the beginning is he he films his daughter through um, a keyhole uh, in 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 one of the rooms in the house, mm. and then she notices that he's filming her and she gets like so mad, and then it cuts to like this this gorgeous woman who looks like a model, and then you you kind of just eventually make that connection. Oh my god, like that's his daughter grown up. You know, and you you see her now from like when before, like she was so resistant to being filmed, you know, obviously because she's a kid. But now, like as, um, you know, as a fully grown woman, she's like, you know, she appreciates the camera, like preserving her in a way. Um, and yeah, so and there's a lot of montage. It's it it, it really moves at a clip too for th- uh, over three hour movie, you know, because, you know, it moves from all these different um I can't even uh, like off the top of my head like remember uh, most of the clips that that happened, but it's a lot. Like it's a whole collage, and then he has this like I mean, incredible moment too, where he just like has a um, kind of a confession about like what draws him to cinema, and you know he's a he's a big fan of Brisson. Um But yeah, the last days of humanity and Babylon, both like love letters to cinema last year that are incredible. Um, and yeah, I know Amanda, you saw Babylon as well. Yeah, I did. Um, I saw it in the movie theater, and then I rewatched it recently. And I think, I mean, I um, I did in- enjoy a lot of. I mean, it's clearly, I mean, it's a mess, and <laughs> I, I just, I, I really did like a lot of uh, people it was referencing, and and moments and and time it was referencing, and um, I think that love letter aspect of it, and I think that that's what had me interested more than anything, and. Um, I just kind of, I guess it's just me with me liking some of that stuff, wishing like, why didn't you just call Margot Robbie's character Clara Bow? And, right. you know, why didn't you just say that that was Anna Mae Wong? And why didn't you just say that that was John Gilbert? And I kind of thought it was a little odd that they literally just remade a sequence of singing in the rain as opposed to really depicting what it was like then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it was definitely it's definitely enjoyable. I think it's gonna kind of get more of an audience as as time goes by, um, as flawed as it is. And I think people that are interested in that period are gonna like it more than others. I think it kind of is uh, has a, a certain appeal and a niche like kind of audience. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of exhilarating too because there's a lot of just crazy batshit stuff that happens throughout the movie, which is definitely exciting. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I liked it for what it was definitely. Yeah, and I I'm just talking about like you know people who love the movie. Um, yeah, I I just feel alienated from them. Like it's just this, yeah. this thing of like I I I, yeah. I I can't relate to most of the people who champion it because I also feel like right. there, there's like this insincerity to some of that that stuff. Like uh, you know when people just yeah. champion certain bad movies or you know people the reputation exactly. of like having of being a bad movie and that that's what i get from a lot of people who are championing there's a lot of like bad actors i feel for yes yeah i can tell kind if you're you're missing like missing a larger point yeah if you're yeah. sincere about loving babylon or you're just like well you know people don't like right. this it's a mess like that's the reason why i like it not because it's like there there's there's a genuine love for it you know 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of like the scenes where, like, Brad Pitt's character, which is, I guess, the the John Gilbert, um, was having phone conversations with Gloria Swanson, mm. and but you didn't really you didn't hear Gloria Swanson, and I was like, what? I mean, just things like that though that I was like, this is cool and this is great, but at the same time, like, who's really going to know who he's talking to and who Gloria Swanson is, which is right. super depressing. And then B, at the same time, it was kind of like, well, then why didn't you just, to my point earlier, just say that he is, you know, John Gilbert or you know Douglas Fairbanks, whoever you wanted to make yeah. him be, um. So, I mean, there's a little, but it's, that was at the same time enjoyable to me because, like, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is referencing this and this is referencing that and this is cool because this is, you know, but, at, you know, I just, to your point, like, I think it's also an annoying when, when any sort of um, audience kind of gravitates for something and you're like, oh, crap. To, like, my point of Get Out, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I really like Get Out, but, like, we are thinking that is the only movie like this ever made now and that's kind of depressing. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Marcus Pin yeah. has, has mentioned that, too. Like, he's, he said, that, oh, yeah. yeah, that's also part of why he, he's reluctant to admit that he likes that movie now. Interesting. I missed yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> okay. he, he brings it up. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, so... um yeah, but uh, I really enjoyed both movies, and I think yeah, the I mean it would be a six-hour, almost seven-hour uh, double feature for these two mm-hmm. together because yeah, Last Days of Humanity is uh, three hours and twenty, and wow, <laughs> Babylon is uh, three hours and nine minutes, I believe. Wow. Yeah, but they it both... feels shorter than that though. I, yeah. I have to say it does feel way shorter than that. You don't feel its length. I don't yeah. think at least. No, yeah, there's never all. a part where the I think it the flies. pace like flags. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, even the yeah the people talk about the the Tobey Maguire sequence, which I also enjoyed a lot. Um, it's a wild. Essay. Yeah. Exactly. So um. Yeah. The, the, I guess there's also but people who are like picking on it. They're also saying that you know there's better movies that it it kind of evokes. Um, right. but at the same time, yeah, I, I, and that's the thing. I'm not even a fan of, of Dam- Damien Chazelle, you know, <laughs> like I don't really no, like his either. movies. Um, but this one somehow convinced yeah. me. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, w- I want to see more. Like if he, he yeah. goes along this line, let's see. Um, yeah. All right. Definitely. Okay. So I guess this is it. Num- oh, no. Number one with a bullet. Oh we God. finally made it. Four hours, <laughs> yeah, four later. hours later. Holy crap. With all our technical <laughs> difficulties, we got here. All right. Damn. No, no more cutting off. Yeah, I, I think uh, my uh, connection has behaved now <laughs> for the last hour. Um, oh, no. All right. Good. Uh, okay, so Amanda, what is your number one? Um, The Eternal Daughter, the Joanna yes. Hogg movie. Yay. Yay. Um, all right. I don't understand. Maybe maybe this is another example of like other movies I picked, but like um, I was kind of well. You know what? I mean, I guess I shouldn't be disappointed in the Academy anymore. They don't know what they're doing. But like, I <laughs> I was like, how the hell is Tilda Swinton not nominated for like Best Actress for this? Like yeah. she plays she plays two characters. She plays a daughter and a mother, and they're mm-hmm. um, on a um, a holiday together, returning to a hotel that um, the mother used to live in and used to be her house. And it and it, the movie, which is really interesting about it, is it feels like a little creepy, even though nothing really happens per se. It's just kind of the vibe and the environment. Um, and, it, and a lot of people compare it to uh, the Robert Wise uh, 60s movie, The Haunting, which yes. is kind of, I mean, The Haunting, a lot more happens in The Haunting. Um, but like, it definitely has that feel and that eeriness and that creepiness that The Haunting does. Um, and there's, and the ending, I'm not going to spoil, which definitely kind of fits in very well with it. But 
um, the movie itself is a vibe and her performance is amazing. Like she's playing um, somebody that I believe is her age and then somebody that is in her 70s and then they're having meals together. They're having conversations together. I mean, it's it's her and her mother uh, vacationing together. And there's a lot of weird things that kind of take place in the hotel if it's with the front desk or uh, looking out the window, things that kind of happen outside. Um, and um, it's just... I wouldn't say it's a movie for everyone, I, but it's 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 definitely, I guess, a vibe is the easiest way to, to say it. And it's uh, really odd to me that uh, Tilda Swinton isn't getting more attention for this um, yeah. because she's yeah. great in it and she does a lot in this. Um, I think her performance is one of the best of the year in this mm. movie. Um, she really, it, it's kind of incredible if you think about it. I mean, I know just with the 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 technology today it's easier to have somebody play more than one character in the same scene but she she doesn't especially with all the emotion involved with the the kind of their history as a mother and daughter and um a lot of the the damage that's there and and what they you know have they've grown together in their relationship and how it's evolved like it's all there and they're having conversations with each other and it's just her so it's it's um it's 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 a great movie and there's a, a dog and, and that you know has a relationship with her mother and mm-hmm. things that happen with the dog but there's a lot of like subtle things in, in the environment <clears throat> and like i said things that take place with the front desk and other characters that they interact with and maybe there's a shadow that you did or didn't see and um it's it's a really cool little movie I think it's it might be a love it or hate it thing if people have or haven't seen the souvenir and the souvenir part too but yeah. um it's she's Tilda Swinton's amazing in it and it's just kind of like I said it kind of blows me away that nobody's it doesn't seem like a lot of people are talking about her in this movie yeah I mean I, I feel like um actually uh what's this the problem I, I would actually place the blame squarely on A24 <laughs> you know That's true. for for a company how dare they only do everything everywhere all at once yeah, yeah. like is that what you're company, getting at yeah no. <laughs> but I mean they <laughs> <laughs> they they have a great marketing team, you know. Let's say that, like, you know, they built oh, yeah. a cult from their their studio, but for some reason, like, Big they're time. treating Joanna Hogg the same way like 20th Century Fox was treating Mike Judge, whereas like, okay, uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's like we'll make your movie, but like we're not gonna promote it. We're gonna only release it like in in select theaters, and then yeah, it's... just giving her the short shrift, which I just don't get. Like, why don't you market this as you know? They they love doing yeah. horror adjacent movies. Like I don't know why they yeah. didn't promote this more. And uh, yeah, the thing that I I really hate that happened was basically so they only showed it theatrically in L.A. and in New York. That was it. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't yep. be bothered to drive to L.A. to <laughs> to catch it when it was out. And then yep. um, by the time I finally got to New York, and I thought this would be a great movie to watch with my mom, it wasn't playing anymore. <laughs> Like, it was gone. You wanted like, to see this with your mom? Oh, my God. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, I think it would have risen. I mean, we ended up watching Babylon together instead, which oh, I don't know if it was a, a better choice. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's but a family like, movie right there. But, yeah, like, I yeah. think um, <laughs> I think it would have really resonated with her, especially because my mom is in New York now to be with her mom. Um, mm. So it's like, uh, you know, uh, I guess the three generations of us. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I we, I wouldn't have been able to bring my grandmother with us because she she can barely move right now. But like, um, yeah, the, <laughs> this wouldn't be fair to her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, I guess I should have uh, just brought the movie to. Uh, we should have rented it because that was it. Like, what? Um, yeah. A twenty four just dumped it 
um on like uh for rent streaming services and i think like i think i saw this on prime video honestly it's probably how i saw oh, this yeah, so i had to make yeah. a guess so that seems it got dumped right and it's it's a to real shame because it's one of the gems you know I, I i put it on my number five and i think it, it's it it's high on a lot of people's lists um, yes for, i've noticed that yeah i mean yeah it's obviously your number one and yeah um and yeah, it's just a shame because also yeah, I I, I love the souvenir part one and two. Uh, They're I, great. Yeah, and I love that actually. Speaking of a twenty four, they actually released an amazing like Blu ray set of the two movies. I know I bought that. Yeah, because it's like the only way you could get the two of them together. I right. think you can only buy like the first one on Amazon or something or wherever yeah. you buy the Blu ray. It's just the one separately, and you can only get two if it's those two together through them, which was yeah. obnoxious. I think right, exactly yeah. because um and also that that release that they did with the with the one disc it's just like a vanilla yeah. release it like yes. i guess it has like yep. uh commentary and that's it like it doesn't have anything yep. else on it whereas yeah they, exactly they really went all out with the set um mm-hmm. and i almost feel like they now have to release uh re-release the set with the eternal daughter as part of it because yeah. you can't separate yeah. it i mean it is a continuation no, of it and that's what i'm wondering for for people who who haven't seen the two souvenir movies if it's like harder for them to like find a way into it uh because they right. don't know of, of, of the history uh of, of the right. movie you know um and it's past well you, well that was my mm. situation i i haven't seen the souvenirs even though i want to and um because you guys had these on your list i watched mm. it yeah yeah mm. um and i found it really easy to get into okay oh that's good to hear cool to yeah. oh awesome all right um so although so yeah i i do have a question about so like uh i kind of missed why like why the receptionist was so shitty to her or what was like at the you know like at the beginning <laughs> like like it, does that ever get clarified she just wanted to get ready for her really. date no. <laughs> it's like oh, okay. yeah the, yeah the, the, i okay. think yeah. yeah go ahead i'm sorry no no it's just weird because it's like the hotel is empty but she keeps saying like they're full and yeah. you know, obviously, it, it mattered a lot for um for Julie, uh, Tilda Swinton playing the daughter, that uh she you know that don't she... spoil it. <laughs> is that a spoiler? I don't know if it is. I mean... Well, no, because because I don't want to spoil it. Okay, but yeah, all right, it's yeah. a lot for the daughter. Yeah, yeah, because she wanted that specific room, right, with the view. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So, like, I, I understand that feeling, and then just being frustrated of, of like, you know, uh, staff like not mm-hmm. even caring uh, about this thing that matters to you, you know, and um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> okay. yeah. So, well, I mean, I don't think really it's a spoiler to say that she's basically playing. Um, Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just let Steve watch the souvenir movies, and then he'll make yeah. the connection. Yeah. yeah okay. okay. Um, All right. But yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I I I feel like this girl doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want to be working at that hotel. No. Okay. But it's no. I wouldn't either if I were her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's this haunted <laughs> hotel. Um. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But it's also um. Doesn't she kind of turn around? later on and yeah in that's why yeah, yeah uh-huh. that's why I'm, I'm a little like yeah towards the end she's more open to everything so i'm just like okay why is it so crazy at the beginning and then getting into the loud dance party car like every night <laughs> yeah. like like 
like what's happening she's probably getting but, uh, like tips like i know home alone too or like macaulay culkin's like giving her gum or something so <laughs> 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 you, <laughs> yeah. despite the ending that i'm not gonna spoil so cool. i mean yeah like clearly we're taking care of lunatics at the hotel <laughs> right so yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, it, it's possible yeah. too that yeah because we never see the other guests um, Correct. Yeah, we don't have no idea what she's been dealing with up until that point because they arrive pretty late at night too. Um, yes. Yeah. That's a good point. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it, and the people that are there in the movie the whole time, you know, both of them, like yeah. <laughs> that dynamic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. really cool atmosphere. Like yeah. you were saying, just like yeah. Yeah, really, really awesome. And something movie. totally new for Joanna Hogg, you know, for people who are familiar with her work. Um, I think since she's made this transition to film, which is funny, she she started in digital, and then because of the souvenir film, she started shooting on film, uh, which she wasn't used to previously because it was like you know she she was used to like shooting super long takes, you know, and letting the performers like kind of. Um, uh, get a feel for each other as they're shooting whereas like you know with film you had to like stop with the with the loading but she really leans into it here because it's like mm-hmm. she creates this atmosphere that I don't think you really get from her previous work like the the right. whole kind of haunted gothic you know um, British fog over the countryside feel you know mm-hmm. I, she's, she's never done that before so it's a new avenue for her but yeah it's I understand like how people have trouble with it aside from it not getting a proper release it's just like a very small movie it's like a mm-hmm. chamber piece and yeah and i again even though you said steve you you didn't have trouble getting into it i feel like um uh the yeah uh, certain audiences might not feel as sure. much if they haven't seen the souvenir movies so right all right okay so steve What's your number one? Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay. Highway to the Emotional Zone. <laughs> yes. I got Top Gun Maverick. Wow. Yes. Um, this thing, so this kind of goes back to an earlier comment you had about the the situation you were in when you saw the movie. It's mm. like, like sometimes the situation that you're in can turn it to the negative. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, I, I saw it on an airplane. I was... Um, I've, I've I've actually seen two movies on airplanes that this in 2022 and both have both made it into, into the top 10. <laughs> I, I think this is a nice. very apt uh, airplane movie though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is. So it's so, like, yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm on the airplane, Chinese guy. I sleep on my shoulder. <laughs> I'm sipping on coffee and I'm, and I, but, but I'm just like locked in and I'm just like, you know what? I'm Maverick right now. I'm going Mach 10. I'm on this mission showing these young folks what's up. Yeah. And it was awesome, and I nice. still think about that uh, that that memory. It's a memory that I'll have for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it, the movie delivered. Like I, mm-hmm. I got emotional. Like like I, I have a hard time accessing any kind of emotion, and this thing helped kind of unlock some of it. Wow. You know, like the scene with Val Kilmer. You got um, when 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 Mav first navigates that canyon course to show the recruits that it's possible. I remember feeling a little something mm-hmm. and it's cool to see Jay Con in there. She's still super charming and cute. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it just, you know, it's well shot. It delivers. And um, I think this was the year that I got back into like the big dumb action film. And um, this is uh right up there. Yeah. 
Nice. And uh, you you also saw this, Amanda? I did. Yeah, I really liked it. I think. I mean, I didn't care. I'm, I mean, maybe I'm a weirdo. I don't know what the conversation is on this, but I didn't really care for the original movie, and I thought the movie was, <laughs> yeah. was a freaking ton of fun. So I thought it was it was great. So yeah. Yeah, the more I think of it, like I would rather revisit Maverick over the original Top Gun. Oh yeah, <laughs> big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, yeah, I, I also just love the reading of the film that it's like possibly a death dream. That yes, <laughs> yeah, that Maverick yeah. actually didn't make it. Like when he was trying to reach Mach ten, he <laughs> actually died, and then this was it. Like that's why it's such a ridiculous premise because you know obviously you can just get a drone to do this thing like they don't it's need like to a death do star right. yeah. The movie. yeah and like why is That's this so thing funny. like in a canyon where you have to shoot up really quickly like you know yeah like... yeah good point the geography is but again it's like if you're a geography person idiot like me like i just like love okay <laughs> these are the constraints love it here we go and it's like the vague enemy we have no idea who yes. they are, what country this is. You know, it's like, uh, yeah. yeah. So the death dream theory, I think, really holds true to it. And, okay. you know, um, but yeah, I, like that. I, like that. I yeah. mean, he could he could have even died when he jumped out of that second story of the house. You know, I, I feel like he could... <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably did, honestly. Yeah, That's a yeah. real story. Yeah. That's the, the <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise cut. is just being reanimated for each movie. He's actually died several times, but... It's all that. It's possible. What yeah. he's doing for Mission Impossible. Yeah. So. Yeah. All that Scientology, <laughs> like um, goop that they're like injecting into him to keep him alive. Yeah. <laughs> it finally fell out. Yeah. Well, yeah. How much money he's spending to be in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, talking about like IMAX movies, like yeah, I definitely had a great time in the theater. But yeah, I don't know what it is about this movie that is just like. Why is it not in my honorable mentions? Why isn't it not in my top 10? It wasn't mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know what it is. Maybe I feel like it's disposable in a way. Um, You know, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll see how it holds up. But, you know, as I said, I love Monica Barbaro. And the reason why I mentioned mm-hmm. it is because she's so dressed down in this movie. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you see her in anything else, and I'm, I'm sure probably that's true, um, Amanda, for your pick, um, The Cathedral. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Like, yeah. But in this movie, I yeah. guess it's, she's got the hair, like, really tied down. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's obviously wearing, like, military garb. Uh, I guess there's that mm-hmm. one moment where, you know, the, the callback to the the volleyball game where they're playing yes. football on the beach. But even that, like, she still kind of feels like she's, you know, very tomboyish. And, like, you know, um, it, it really dre- dresses down her glamour. Because I think she has another movie coming out where she's... um. She's kind of like a movie star, I think. And yeah, like I, I almost mistook her for the, the actress who plays um, uh, Deadpool's wife. They kind of look alike, you know. Um, yeah, I think the, 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 the Firefly actress? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I confuse them because, yeah, she just has that look. But I guess, yeah, they didn't want to take away from that um, in, in Maverick. In yeah, the... yeah, she has a movie coming out called At Midnight. <laughs> Which looks like so cheesy. Like it looks like. Um, it sounds cheesy. Yeah. Oh, it's a Paramount Plus movie. <laughs> oh God! It's already this, a Paramount Plus. This yeah, yeah. This subscription's really working out for me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You got you got your list already yeah. set for you, Mar- yeah. Monica Barber. But yeah, it, I I I I don't know why that detail stood out to me the most. That is like, oh, Monica Barber was really 
dressed down in a Top Gun Maverick. That's like my biggest takeaway from it. But That's your biggest issue with it. That's <laughs> yeah. like your whole review. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you know what I mean. God, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. yeah. Still looks amazing. Like two and a half stars. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I love that. I I think like San Diego is not used enough as a location in movies. Like I really think you know it's an underrated movie mm. location. So. You know, you yes. gotta love movies that are set in San Diego. Yeah. All right. So I guess it's my number one. And I yeah. I go from one extreme to another. So basically from two two three hour movies in my number two, uh, my number one is only fifteen minutes long. <laughs> <gasps> yes, it's a short film. I saw this. Yes, called A Short Story uh, by B Gun. Um, wow. and, uh, I had mentioned this like on an episode where Bill was a guest, not the last one, but the previous one he showed up where I was like saying, oh, you know, I'm not really a fan of like filmmakers who are younger than me. And actually B gun is <laughs> one of those guys who's actually younger than me. And I love his work. I mean, I wasn't mm-hmm. such a big fan of, um, his second feature, uh, which a lot of people love. Um, uh, I think it's called, um, I'm, I may be mixing it up with the Celine novel, but it's like Long Day's Journey into Night. Yeah. Um, which has like, it does have an incredible like 3D sequence in the middle of the movie, uh, which I don't know how it carries over in like, you know, streaming and home media. But um, but yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. But his first film, Kylie Blues, was incredible. And mm-hmm. the other short films that he's done in the interim, he that that's another thing that I really like, that he continues to make shorts. And um, cool. this is his most expansive short. Like, I think it's even more expansive than any of his feature films, you know. And um, uh, I, I, I thought of late in the game, like, I, I had to send this to you guys. And I didn't say that. It was like, okay, this is going to be my number one. But, like, I thought, yeah, I got to send it to you. You know, it's only 15 minutes. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just, like, the most exhilarating experience with a movie I had all year last year mm-hmm. you know it was just like there's something about it like uh, even if you took away the short story of the title like i think just visually it it there's mm. something that carries it through and i mean i think the first time i watched it i didn't i wasn't even following what the story was i was just like this is great like we're we're in like somebody's apartment and now it's a train car like mm-hmm. <laughs> these, these kind of individual yeah. moments that are happening and then uh, you know i was only able to piece it together the second time around which is like this is a short story about a cat, <laughs> a black cat who befriends um, a scarecrow who a wants girl. to die, basically. Right. And the black right. cat is like, ask the scarecrow, um, you know, what's the purpose of life, or what? What is like, um, what? The most, yeah, what's the most precious, precious thing in life? Yeah. And the uh, the scarecrow says, I can't answer that, but there's these three weirdos that you can probably go to. And then, yeah, the movie moves in this, like, surreal, like, world of, like, these three weirdos that the cat encounters, which is, um, you know, I, I love the in- inventiveness of it. So the cat takes the um, the the outfit of the scarecrow, and it's now basically, I believe, a kid <laughs> dressed up yeah, in the scarecrow so. outfit as a cat <laughs> walking on, on two feet. Um, uh, and then, yeah, meeting these three weirdos, which is, like... Uh, an android, um, a, uh, I guess a woman who likes noodles. And then the third one is like a guy who's known as the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, each sequence that this cat encounters is just magical 
to me, you know. And yeah, I think B Gun is just pulling off like all these like visual, like um, uh, just amazing like visual sequences. Mm-hmm. Playing with perspective, like the meeting with the devil. I love the whole thing of just like you know, you think you're you're in the audience with like these fold out chairs, and then he reaches in, and then he suddenly looks like a giant, and all these fold out chairs are, you know, like mm-hmm. these miniature fold-out chairs and yeah uh, and then the ending was just so moving you know yeah and then also that whole theme that whole scene is shot in reverse right oh yes you're right and even the the burning of the the scarecrow i believe is also shot in reverse um it it looked that way definitely yeah so yep that's my number one movie of yeah 2022 i definitely like that that short uh, my, my thoughts were I wish and I, I think I already mentioned it that I wish Bardo was just a series of shorts yes exactly uh-huh. um, yeah but um, also uh, I like that at first I, I thought it was going to be this like low budget lo-fi you know camera going through the grass kind of vibe and then all of a sudden you see all these really amazing visual things and the android and the and the technological aspects of it was also there you know it's like it's not just a camera in the grass short you know right yeah it it, like it that's the also amazing thing because you know he could have just easily just let the narration carry everything and then imply things but he actually shows it you know Uh Um and you know one of the things that he he's also like one of these filmmakers who's like a big cinephile and he openly admits because you know China obviously pirates a lot of movies mm-hmm. that yeah, oh, yeah. that's how he got his education mm-hmm. you know is like mm-hmm. by watching a lot of pirated movies cool. and you know he he he's just like I mean he, there's no other filmmaker like him you know like right. nobody is making movies like B Gun is you know totally. Great number one. Yep. And did you uh-huh. get a chance to see this, Amanda? I did. Yeah, oh, okay. I watched it. I watched it at some point today. So definitely. I mean, I think I. I mean, I really, I really liked the. Um, I think all of just kind of the 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 reverse, just playing things in reverse, and kind of the the cat interacting with the. I think four, if you include the girl at the end, yes, four different characters. But I just the losing memory noodles there was just a lot of really i think creative uh, <laughs> moments that i really really enjoyed and it felt it could i mean i felt like it could have been a, a larger feature film but there was something charming about it being yeah. what, right like 14 minutes totally. long i thought it was i thought it was awesome cool. yeah it was definitely definitely incredible a fun, a fun thing to watch yeah i can't wait for his next feature yeah i'm definitely gonna yeah. be looking out for for that all right, guys, we made it oh, <laughs> all the way. <laughs> what an episode. Oh, man. And yeah. I, I it's late here, so I'm assuming it's even later for it's you guys in, on the East Coast. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, thank you for uh, for sticking <laughs> it out. Uh, and thank, thank you, Amanda, you. for, oh, awesome um, for joining us. Yeah. Amanda. yeah. I had a wonderful time with you both. So yeah, absolutely. And it. you have an Our open pleasure. invite to, to come back um, and maybe oh, even cool. next year. Um, totally. I will. No. I will just say though. Okay, so <laughs> well, maybe we can start earlier. We'll see, uh, yeah. depending on how long it is. But uh, sure. I, yes. I guess this is kind of a an announcement for me <laughs> in terms of. Oh. Um, uh, I guess this is the last like top ten I will do, which is basically like a top ten oh. of the previous year. Um, I, I I definitely feel like yeah, there was definitely times where I was just like trying to catch up. 
and like it, it just it felt like homework uh, at certain points yeah. and i realized like you know um even with you steve like you have trouble sometimes catching the the, the newest releases like mm-hmm. it should yeah. be more and i also just want a top 10 that's uh, i mean i not to say that all of these are keepers like some of them are but like i want all the 10 to be like all bangers sure so yes. Uh, I think the format that I'm gonna follow with my top ten and Amanda, if you come back, like you know, you can yeah. still do like your 2023 list if you want to. Um, but uh, sure. I think mine will basically be more composed of like just great movies that I saw that year, regardless of of when it came from. So mm-hmm. it would be more like a discovery oh, gotcha. list, like first time watches discovery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I think that's okay. that's more what I'll lean to, and you know, that also like. Uh, helps me not agonize as much with the the IMDb years, you know, versus yes. the US release years, you know, kind of right. thing. Totally. And you know, it's like we don't have to keep up. We're not getting paid to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's no reason for us no. to to be chronicling the 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 very newest releases. Yeah. And and then yeah, I think I'll take my time because there, there's definitely certain movies that I yeah I I realize like maybe I might like this and this will eventually make my list. But like I. I'm just not in the mood right now. It's not the right time. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, some 2022 movies might make my 2023 list. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, funny. Like, I feel like that was my big takeaway. Like my big discovery mm-hmm. from this last year was I was in the mood for some light distraction for some action mm-hmm. films. And a lot of the like ones where I looked at it, and I'm like, Ooh, that looks like kind of a heavy emotional one. I avoided. So okay. I think, I think I need to like, it's not that I don't like those movies. I definitely went through periods where that's all I watched. So I think yeah. it's kind of it's kind of about trying to get back into that in um, for 2023. Is uh, and then yeah, and then to catch up on some of these ones because I, I know Amanda highlighted so many good yeah. family orient <laughs> or you know family centered emotional journeys mm. that aren't yeah. that are um, international just all just yeah. just all over the place and so it's like and all those and all they all sound great it's just about are you are you in that mood you know yeah exactly exactly it's very much about the mood you have to be in that yeah. mood to watch you know whatever it is so i definitely agree with that cool all right then um and i guess cool. before we let you go amanda i have to ask yes. are there any 2023 movies you're looking forward to <laughs> Uh, I need to see Infinity Pool. I keep putting that yes. off, so I know that's okay. already streaming. So it. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, try and <laughs> um, find the 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 un or the recut version, not the R-rated yep. version. Yeah, the unrated That'll version. Be, I guess. Cool. <laughs> that's my plan. My first 2023 movie to see because uh, I missed it in theaters. Um, but there's a ton. Like, hmm. so I mean, I. I'm, I'm hesitant to to want to see more um, MCU movies and all sorts of stuff just based on the the way of things. And I'd rather kind of try to support um, movies that really need it, especially with so many different theaters that are smaller closing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'll kind of be my year is just trying to support things so they hopefully stay afloat with the ten dollars I give them. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that that that's pretty much it for me. And Infinity Pool, of course. I need to see. All right. So. Cool. Okay, yeah. and I yeah, I just have um, three two that I want to mention. I uh, yeah, I mentioned the killer, the new David Fincher yeah. movie. Hopefully, uh, that mm. comes out this year. <laughs> I think it's scheduled for November. And then uh, yeah. Yorgos Lanthimos has two movies coming out this year. Um, uh, oh wow, really? Yeah, I, I missed that. Yeah, Poor Things and the movie. The other movie is called And A N D. 
<laughs> like just oh wow yeah and that one oh. has a hong chow in it so uh i'm lo- i'm looking forward to both of those movies and then I- i'm actually nice. curious about asteroid city um one of two mm-hmm. wes anderson movies coming out this year as well yeah. so nice all right so amanda uh where can our listeners find you online um, I am on Twitter at WMassLiberty. I think that's probably the best option. Um, there's a Letterboxd uh, link on there too, um, but I talk about pretty much anything. Um, so uh, happy to have a conversation with uh, anyone on there. That's pretty much it. Awesome. Yeah, definitely give her a follow. Absolutely. And Steve, you follow. Yes. yes. <laughs> and you can follow us. I think that's that's where you're, you're headed there, Carlo. Yep. We're on Twitter, Movie Food Pod. You can follow Carlo's great Twitter at Carlo Kino with two Ks. Follow me at Steve Positron. Support the show. Keep us keep the lights on uh, at our Patreon. Patreon.com slash movie food. Carlo's got a letterboxed reviewing and liking movies at, at Astrofish, F-I-S-C-H. And yes. you can still check out my EP. My EP is still out there on, on Spotify, Lost in Map City. The uh, artist is Positron. And I believe that is it. Ah, oh, we made it. All right. Thank you so much, Amanda. We really appreciate oh, you, you being such a good sport. And yes, yeah, we're, we're serious about it. You're, you're welcome to come back anytime. Even if like there's a movie you feel Sweet. you want to discuss on a podcast, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, feel free to Aww. come on our show. Yeah. Well, thank you both. I had a great time. So, uh, thank you. All right. We'll talk soon. All right.